Yo, yo, yo. Don't touch that dial, folks. You are indeed listening to the right show. It's just a bizarro week in these parts. Because just after days of celebrating America's independence, what better way to kick things off than straight from the Nickel City? Welcome to welcome one and all to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm the Prime Minister of Mispronunciations, Brandon Murray. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode 235 of Weird Out Loud. Weird Out Loud. Yes. I, I was actually going to tell <laughs> you that we back. should pretend that Eric quit. We, we should have had like a late April full. Uh, Brandon is joining me for the intro because Eric is at a wedding. Uh, he ended up recording a bunch of things, but I forgot to record the intro with him before he yeah. left. This happens all the time. We end up being able to record it later, uh, but he's at a wedding. And this whole thing where if you do go on the Patreon, uh, you do get to hear the show early. That early access does not allow a lot of a window of opportunity to record things late. So me yep. and you are doing this intro and you'll be joining me later to talk a little Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, but hey, everybody, back. welcome to episode 235, 235 weeks straight of this utter nonsense. Oui. Boy, I'm getting <laughs> tired. And if you, you want like that, to go, makes me feel oh, yeah. older than I am. Yeah, really. It's, it's been forever since we started this. Uh, I would like to say that we didn't have a plan then and we have less of a plan now. But if you want to go <laughs> and check out some of the places that we are around, we do have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. It's going to be weird for me to say this stuff because when I hear you, I'm used to talking about all the Marvel, Marvel things. And usually yeah. I stumble then. <laughs> Because I'm thinking of other things We also have a Twitter It is Weird a Science DC And if you want to go and check out us On where, you know, iTunes All those things where you listen to this If you want to leave a rating and review Whatever, that'd be cool, right? I also want to tell everybody Take That it. I started to make some videos so we have a youtube channel we have all this time but i've never mentioned it because i never did anything with it basically it would go where i would upload our podcast to podbean and it would automatically upload that with a static image to youtube and i was like i'm not pushing that that's the lazy man's deal but i ended up doing some reviews i did two reviews i ended up doing teen titans number 31 and flash number 73 and these first couple reviews while I kind of dip my toe in and figure out how to make videos and things like that are from you know, stuff that was on the podcast, though there's cutaways and there's some funny pictures and stuff. I tried to be a little humorous when whenever we bring up like a pop culture reference or something, I'll try to put that on there and have some fun with it. Eventually, I'm going to do some separate reviews just on the YouTube channel. And they may be like uh, one of my next ones that I'm thinking of doing is Batgirl, the recent Batgirl that came out this week. Yeah. Me and Eric have a recorded review on this podcast tonight, but I may do a condensed version myself of just me and a video and stuff like that and then talk about some other books now later you'll get to hear me talk about the tom king up in the sky number one that was one of the books that was part of that walmart deal where you had you know the walmart giant 100 page issues now they're releasing those in the comic store next next week you're getting batman universe the batman story by brian michael vendis i wasn't planning on having that on this podcast the up up in, up in the sky, the, the Tom King Superman, I was going to make it, you know, for a video and have it on. But the problem is it takes me about six hours to do a 20 minute video. <laughs> and I ended up talking about that stupid book for 48 minutes. And that was me going into it 
thinking I was going to keep it light and go for Be 12 minutes. And, yeah. and I ended up just going off, just yelling and screaming and so stuff like all that. All those Walmart books are like uh, must-see TV. They're new to me. I haven't, I haven't yeah. read any and, of and them. And they're, they're decent enough. But you'll, you'll get to hear me talk about Up in the Sky later. And, and when you do, this is why when it gets to the end, and if you can remember this by the time you get, because this is actually going to be one of the longer podcasts that we've had in a while. When you get to the part where I'm talking Up in the Sky, just notice at the end when I give the score and then the whole thing cuts off because in the original recording of this i started then talking about the youtube channel and how videos and pleased and it didn't make sense when it's going to be on the podcast so i ended up sure and of course i'm too lazy to do another outro so i ended up doing that but yeah go and check it out it's at weird science dc comics you can look up on youtube you can go and subscribe i'm going to try to put a bunch of things i might even put some of the parody songs i did with little videos and things like that until i get copyright infringement you know mails and things and i don't have to bring them down but before then they'll be up and you can have some fun with them i even have a song later on the podcast a new one but we also have what i kind of mentioned a patreon account it is at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and support us for this podcast even the videos now our marvel podcast that i do with some jerk from this, buffalo you know twice yep. a week for crying out yep. loud uh, also Every though day. on the patreon if you do subscribe there you will have an avalanche of shows we do a ton of shows i'd like to say a ton of shows i think that we do some of the hardest work that uh you know out there we used to say we were the hardest workers in podcast land because we'd have a 12 hour podcast and yeah. some people are like man you only have a six hour podcast but the problem is i think that if you add it all up including the patreon stuff we probably now have 18 hours yeah. a week so we do more out, yeah. it, it kills me but yeah you can go over to oh, patreon.com slash weird science this week's uh, DC Comics Spotlight, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Group, Beep Boop, is <laughs> Adventures of Super Sons number 12 and Deceased number 3. So those will not be on the show tonight. The only place you can get them is going and subscribing to Patreon. If you go now and subscribe, you will not be charged right away. And in fact, if you end up going there and not liking it, you can bail by August 1st and you will never be charged. That's how we do it. That's how we will always do it unless Eric has his way. Every every week, he yells at me, why do you keep doing this and not charge up front? I'm like, I'm not going to charge people up front. To, you know, then they get there and they're like, boy, those guys ripped me off. I, I hope that yeah. wouldn't be the case. I, but, I think they, oh. they would be quicker to cancel if, you know, uh, they were upset about just the littlest thing. You know, they yeah. don't get the free sample to test yeah, it out. So, yeah. I, I support and, and it. Sometimes. Yeah, Brandon's a badass over here. He yeah, likes it. So, yeah, it. there's a bunch of stuff. I, you need something to listen to on Saturday while you're working. Yeah. Half the time, oh, yeah. you're working on Saturdays at your old FedEx area, and yeah. you end up messaging me like, man, this is the worst day. And that means I'm like, all right, Brandon, you jerk. I guess yeah. I got to record Feed me something. Content. I'm telling you, yep. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm doing the news <laughs> now. And I do the news deal. Then I'm like, hey, check this. I'm sending you Dropbox links of things that Song. aren't even. Out yeah, rough samples songs. of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to <laughs> keep you entertained at work. But yeah, uh, we mentioned them, and now we're gonna do. I know that you're not there smoking like Eric, but you can you can kind nope. of stand like a badass up there because it is now time for the badass roll call. 
Here we go. All right. You, you sit there like oh, Eric boy. and just throw shade at me this whole time and yell at me. We have Dalton. I got Eat a em. toy here I can pick up and play you with. You can do that. We have Dalton, Christian Fouts, <laughs> Ken Halleck, Francisco L. Rock III, Lady Abby, John Jack, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T-Funk, Josh Vermillion, Algin Stosia. We have Batman Beyond a Mark, David Fink, Manship. He's probably Frisbee golfing Manship. right now. We have Brandy Murray. <laughs> Who did share? Who? Bobby Payne, Reggie Hank. Reggie was talking. He's pumped up. He's back in the middle of August, he told me. So nice. he's fired up. And I say this, I just hit something, and now I messed up my whole thing. I can't do this right. Be a superhero <laughs> and own business podcast by Ron Saunders. Check him out. Dave J. Andrew Belfast. Comic Boom Rocky. Check his YouTube channel out as well. D-Men 3000. All New Dave. Carlos. Ian. Chester McJerk. Brian King, Jolly Drew, my man Pete from NYC will be on the podcast later. Paulie P, right said Fred, who is too sexy for Eric G. Cellar Dweller, he's missing. We have APB out for him. <laughs> Louise, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, and... Ruben, there you go. Perfect timing. See, when Ruben. I clicked on Reggie, I'm hitting Reggie, and I clicked on his and opened up his page. <laughs> like, what the heck am I doing? But yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody on the Patreon. But that's a salute to you guys, the bad asses who uh, pick things. And I love when the Marvel side of things come up because a lot of the bad asses really like to screw it to you. So I, I don't yeah, know that butts. you yeah, should they, be they giving them a good. salute. They really like sticking. <laughs> so I did say. That And this is kind of Marvel talk, though. But, hey, forgive me. Uh, we had been having a lot of Star Wars books. And Brandon hates Star Wars. So we've been having yeah, a lot of Star Wars books that they pick over on the Marvel side of things on the Patreon. We have a Patreon spotlight with two Marvel books as well. And this was the week I'm like, okay, I'm going to ba- bail on the Star Wars for Brandon. I love it, but you don't like it. And this is the week yeah. I've been waiting for because the regular Star Wars book it was coming up to change over to Greg Pak yep. writing it. Relaunch it was this thing. week. Yep. It's this week. And then they, <laughs> just reading the solicit, it's 100% for me. Takes yeah. place during like the Empire Strikes Back time. I'm like, you jerk. I was waiting for that, but that's not for this podcast. But we're going to go off. We have a, a longer podcast and a lot of people contributing to this. So I want to thank them ahead of time. But we're going to go off to start off with me and Eric talking some books. Now we have waited for far long enough For the part of the podcast we love The meat and the cheese that we crave Oh Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more And we want to hear all of your scores Jim's reviews. We can 
right, and here we are with the books, the start of the meat and cheese num, of num, the num. podcast. Am I allowed to say that now, ex-vegan Eric Shea? I was never vegan. Am I allowed vegan. to bring that up? Uh, really? Is that yeah. your final answer? You were never uh, a vegan. That's your final answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm locking you in at that, Eric. <laughs> you thought I forgot about that, didn't you? No, no you, you would hoping. never think I forgot about that. Really? Well, breaking news, Eric. I didn't forget. Justice League number 27 is what we're going to start with. But before, now I'm all ahead of myself. I ended up yeah. going to get my medicine today. And I went in and I told Tanya always, hey, and and got this it. is, well, no. Well, yeah, but yeah. no. Yeah, yeah no, it. yes. Um, I end up going over there and this is the thing. It's like almost like going and getting the weight loss book and a cheeseburger because basically I'm getting a heart medicine for my blood pressure, but then also getting Adderall that pretty much hypes me up. So basically, you know, I'm even keel. I'm even Steven by the end of that. But I go and all week I said to Tanya, oh, you have really, (laughs) you Axl Rose, you're going (laughs) to die. I I ended up saying because of the holidays, it always ends up messing. At least you're not Vince it always messes Agreed. up all of the things when there's a holiday. You know, if you get medicine like that, especially my doctor now, these doctors, they're so high on their horse, Eric. You have to call in like five days before your medicine is due. You have to call in and call in a refill so that they'll put the re- and they still barely do it. They always forget. But because of the holiday, I was really worried. So uh, being the lazy man I am, but also the man who's grumpy and yelling, I tell Tanya to call it in. She has a a rapport with the doctor, I'd like to say. So I said to her all week, did you call? Yeah, I called. Are you sure? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm I'm running out. I'm going to be I'm running out on the fourth, which is a holiday, which sucks. You know, all that sort of nonsense. But so she said she called and they're like, yeah, it's there, but it can't be filled to the fifth. All this nonsense. I go over there today. They don't have the Adderall. And, and I'm like, well, well, I was told it was what here. Happened? And, and they're like, no, no, it was never here. I'm like, really? And then they're like, let's, let's look in the computer, shall we? Uh, yeah, huh. we shall. And Is they that go your final over, answer? Did they yeah, lock really? you in? Am I going to lock you in on that? I, I said to the fella. And he, he types it in. And as you know, Eric, we have two Rite Aids in town. So he types in. He goes, oh. They must have called it into the other Rite Aid. They write it down. I'm like, that's weird. I don't go to that Rite Aid. I actually got in a fight with the lady at that Rite Aid and have and I tried going to avoid because it. of that. Yeah, 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 I tried to avoid it because she was basically saying that Tanya didn't she need her medicine the one time. I was going to yeah. call the police, and I slipped out. And maybe she should have called the cops at the end. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, oh, really? That's weird. And he's like, oh yeah, sometimes they do that. Da, da, da. So I'm like, Who's all they? right. So, I don't know. Some <laughs> phantom pharmacist. I don't. It's a new character I'm working on for my new the comic. Phantom the phantom pharmacist. phantom pharmacist. Looks like I'm going to have to drug you down. That's what he says. What? He's, it, it hasn't worked out past the, the pitch phase yet. <laughs> you got to get that down before we go it any re- further. Looks like you're ready for a prescription for pain. Pain. How about that, right? Is that better? <laughs> so I end up having to go downtown and I go and I get it and, and it's weird because as I've shown you these new pills that I got this new prescription they're milky white there and I look these things are like purple ah uh, whatever so I see them the lady like kind of and it's almost like she's doing a magic trick because she comes up I'm like I'm here for Werner okay let me see she gets the bag out the prescription bag type thing she's like is does this look like it's right and she's putting them in and out I'm oh, like what, what is this sleight of hand are, are you gonna pull out three card Monty I, I mean the weird thing is I went you on my phone you the right cup you yeah, get the right medicine yeah really I actually went on my phone found out that the Statue of Liberty had disappeared while she was doing this I didn't know what was going on so I'm like I have to get right. Monty 
RMC on here because she took your chain. Really? Really? I'm like, David Copperfield, just give me my medicine for crying out loud. So she's, but I noticed, okay, with the sleight of hand here, it was a little purple. And that's weird. So I I do my whole deal. I use our card that we do. And I, I go out to the car and I look. I'm like, what's going on? Because if you would know, Eric, I have a certain milligram of medicine. Usually people do. That would be something that a medicine would have. Uh, Yeah, right. I see you there. Basically, you say you don't take pills because it looks like you're drinking them down. Yeah, (laughs) really. Uh, So I look and it's a pharmacy. It's 10 milligrams more than the five milligram up that they gave me the last time i'm like really so and they're I'm, giving I'm, you some more for free no, is that I'm what it is to, you're winning know. in the end I, I i get the idea that the doctor was just like yeah that guy seemed sleepy when he came in the last time let's well, check you him up sleepy he kept telling me i don't think there's enough in this anymore yeah, yeah, i think yeah. they're robbing me so well, maybe i went this is, i went up this is I all went for up, you jim dude Dude, I went up Dude. to 25 milligrams. That's, that's, yeah. you know, whatever that might I don't be. Know Some people means. were on, I, I really don't either. These I just know that's what you I don't have. Know numbers. Yeah, now it's like 40, it, it's insane. So then I came home and Tanya, I said, something's weird. They messed this up. And she's like, 40 million, you can't take that. I'm damn right. I'm going to take it. I said, really? I, now the thing is, it's opened up so many new gates. Look, Jim, don't look a drug mule in the mouth. Yeah, I told you before with the whole deal is I cannot go to sleep till like 4 a.m. Fuck that sleep now. It's over, Eric. I'm locking just that take, in. Just take I'm your in. medicine when you're supposed to, goddammit. Yeah, well, now I better because yeah. I, I, you know, did. Take it when I, you wake I, up in the morning now. I, there you, you know, go. I, t- I took it at 5.15 tonight. And, and as you know, normally, like- normally th- this sort of thing takes a while to kick in. No, this is supercharged. I'm on the super Adderall right now. This is going to be good. That's Buckle called speed. Up, buckaroos. This is going to be I And yeah, I know. And this is one of the things, too. I would gauge it on this, but it's so hot in this room that I can't get. I am sweating uh, like like you. Like oh, no. you in January. Maybe oh, I'll no. lose some weight. This will be my new no, weight loss. No, that doesn't work for me. No, it doesn't either for me either. But this is uh, the meat and cheese of the podcast. Uh, If you want to go and read the reviews for all these books done by me, Eric, and a bunch of others in the Get Fresh group, beep, boom, go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com. We'll have most of these on the site. There is one glaring omission that we'll get at the end of the podcast. But is it a glaring omission, Eric? Not on my watch. No, it will not be. Uh, Also, you'll find a Green Lantern review that old Jimmy boy realized he had to do again at midnight where I'm like, when is Eric going to do this? Oh no. I told him I would each, each time this book comes <laughs> you out. Know I get mine done on a timely matter. Yeah, no, I I'm doing so many other things when these things, I do not start my reviews now until probably you 11, having karaoke 11 PM. Theater in your house for like yeah, four I hours. have karaoke theater. I end up doing previews. I end up dancing a little. I, I do the problems. previews, but even if I send you messages and shit, and if you look to see if you'll still try to do them. So I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore because yeah. you'll still try to do them. Yeah, I know. I will. I'll try to. I'll get my work done eventually for the most part. But the the problem is that just shows you, and I talked about on the Patreon spotlight, is the idea that these books are bringing me down. Boy, I make it so that I have to get to this point where I have to do it or I won't get them done. Then I kick in. Deadline Dan over here. Really? Deadline Donnie. I am. What's that? I got to get it done by 12. And it's eleven fifteen. Looks like I sound like that. Looks like I got forty five minutes ahead of me. 
<laughs> Looks like somebody's getting a stamp and mailing this shit in right now. That's my deadline, Donnie. What? I got a half hour to do three reviews? Yep. Looks like the people ain't getting a good review from me this week. But one of the ones this I week. would think that, yeah, really. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I hate, really. This is the thing is, do, do you know anybody who's trying to give away things as much as I'm trying to give away these reviews? No. I'm telling you, I see people walking down the street that just look like they, they may have a Superman shirt on. I'm begging them to do female furies. It makes no sense. They don't Believe know what alone, I'm dude. saying. My, bro- my girlfriend bought it for me. Hey, dude, listen. I can't start that. It's 11.15 at night. What do you want me to be? A deadline Donnie? Like, you talk just like him. Why aren't you a dead? Uh, uh, me, myself, is this is me. What's that? 11.15. Looks like I better put on my trucker hat and become deadline Dustin. And then I punch myself in the face because I hate that kid. All right, Eric, here we go. This is going to be a fun <laughs> podcast ahead of us. We're, we're recording a lot tonight, too. Or basically the normal deal. Yeah. Uh, the mail tonight will not be including Eric Shea. He has a wedding to go <gasps> oh, off no. to, much to Jess's chagrin. It's not her own. And uh, I'll be doing the mail by my own lonesome, as well as some special guests one bigger than the next. Have you really ever, worried about this wedding? Have you ever heard of Ed McMahon, Eric? Have, I have. have. You, yeah, he's not on the podcast, but but oh. some other people will be. Do you know the name Johnny Carson? Does that does I that do. ring a bell? How about George Harrison? These I people, do. I believe, are all dead. Eric, Ed McMahon, oh. he dead? I think he dead. Yeah. Right? Sounds right. about right. Maybe he's one of those guys. I hate when you find out, like, Lee Iacocca died this week. And what's this become? The pop culture podcast? Lee Iacocca died this week. Of 30 and years I, ago? I hate the the idea where you haven't heard of the guy in the last, like, 10, 15 years who you had assumed he was already dead. It's yeah. because they had some debilitating, you know, disease. They had Alzheimer's or something. Then I get real sad. Like, this guy was one of the biggest guys in the world. One of the most influential men of our, you know, our lifetime. And for the last bunch of years, he's just been by himself. And I, I think he had like that's CP what happens. or something. No matter what, you end up yeah. by yourself and die alone. It doesn't matter if you're a king or a pauper, Eric. When the Grim Reaper comes and knocking, you can't lock the door. That's what they say. It matters to me. I don't want to be a pauper anymore. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, just like Barbara Gordon. Justice League number 27 is what we're starting with. Written by right. James Tynan Fourth. We're getting there. We're going to get there. I love when the show notes go and we have the intro. And I know the intro is like only like three minutes, but then the books don't start for like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I went a little off. That's not our plan, Eric. That's not part of the game plan in the plan. book I got. Yeah, the game plan. Written by James Tyne in the fourth art by Javier Fernandez. Bruno Redondo, one of our friends, and we are fans of him. Hi, <laughs> fi And Tom Napolitano. I hope that my... Craziness is infectious, Eric. And what I mean by that is I think I have hepatitis and I want to pass it along. I want to share it with friends. James Tynan gives us a pretty good issue that sets up some major stakes and even gave me a few chuckles as well. Oh, I'm telling you. James Tynan did that? Yeah. When we get into this, I'm going to tell you where you uh, said this week. I forget what it was. You'll have to remind me. What book you said that you want to. No, you said that you want to have a book that continues off with a crazy character from one of the books that we talked about. The Puppeteer. Okay. Yes. The Puppeteer. 
I came want back to, without a soul in my mind. He's an abomination I, yeah, like wait, Shane. I'll tell you the book I want when we get to it. Well, I think one part of the issue was a bit rushed. Gets things moving forward, which is a problem with a ton of books nowadays, so I didn't mind it as much. By the way, this issue is an offer issue, but whose offer, Eric? Whose offers? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it could be a monitor offer as well. They're kind of playing around with it a little, it's if you ask me. Offers. It starts off with, uh, we ended last issue. Remember where you might be Lionel Luther if you end oh, up yeah. capturing Martian Manhunter and torturing him with experiments. Well, in fact, it's not Lionel Luther. So our whole it's joke is in idea. our face. Exactly. The whole idea that we had the joke of Lionel Luther showing up at the end of last issue, we had a lot of fun, but Martian Manhunter was on the hunt for Lex Luthor. Stories all over the world about Lex Luthor, a man in a cloak, all around yeah. a mysterious man, and it turns out they were all false, except for one. And Martian Manhunter got on that, and we found out it was just Lionel Luthor in a hoodie, only to find out now it's a Lionel Luthor in a hoodie who's actually a robot, a Professor yeah. Eyeball. I'm like, that's such yeah. a weird idea. How it did is they a very know that idea. Martian Manhunter was going around looking for this in order to know. like you know string him into this trap? They, I guess, they used with a the lot of psychic uh, you know call outs with that idea of the guy on the the street and things. But yeah, to set it up that it was Lionel Luther, but yet it isn't like that. And really, when I came into this issue, I was kind of thinking in my mind for the past two weeks of the idea of like, okay, Lionel Luther, what the hell do you think you're going to do against Martian Manhunter? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Lionel yeah, what Luther are you doing and a alive. Yeah, and alive anyway. But even if he was, and the way things are going and with Lex and things like that, that actually was something that I'm like, well, we'll, we'll be told something crazy. But the right. idea of it, it was, it would almost be like, in my mind, uh, The Simpsons, when Marge became the cop where she's ch- ch- chasing Snake. And they yeah. end up getting to the alley where Snake gets cornered and turns around and realizes, wait a minute, you're chasing me. I'm Snake. You're Marge. I'm going to get you. And she ends up getting, doing that whole thing with the, uh, you know, adrenaline kicks in. But I'm thinking of the idea if it is Lionel. He's like, all right, I have this whole plan. I'm going to get that. Mar- now, oh, no. What do I do now? Because it's Martian Manhunter. I'm face. just Lionel Luther, a guy who <laughs> lost his memories and is a drunk. Uh, but it isn't it isn't him anyway. It ends up being a robot, as you say. And, and, and that, a not just a robot, a terrifying yeah. robot, because the whole reveal is his face splitting down the center, oh, yeah. opening up like a freaking clam, and they're seeing the, like, the robotic skull underneath. I'm like, why would you freaking make a robot that's this terrifying, Ivo? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, why would you do this? And if you weren't reading this and you want to know what it looks like, again, I'll, I'll use a issue that we have in hand, but to describe it, I'll use a very obscure reference. <laughs> Eric, it looks like Roddy, Roddy Piper put on the glasses in They Live. That's what the alien look like so that you robot that. there. I want to say it's one of the uh, offshoot models of the RoboCop 2 program okay. that didn't work out. Yeah, you're gonna is that your final answer? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't Lock work me out. In. But yeah, I, I okay. Well, I wasn't going to, Eric, but if you insist, final I will answer. let you in. Final answer. Two. RoboCop 2, and you're wrong. You should have asked uh. the audience. Uh, yeah, so even with this, with Martian Manhunter, he's having these dreams again. He's remembering as a kid where he was being experimented on, where Luther- Quato there saying, open your mind, maybe. John. Open and, your well, mind. And the whole deal with Lex was the guy who ended up saving him then, the kid. And he's like, this has been his thing anyway, yeah. his trigger. So there's a big connection to Lex. Then he kind of melds out of there, becomes the console. He just attacks this robot and ends up seeing it's a robot. It's not Lionel Luther, and even says, and he with this whole deal. I like the idea that it makes sense then 
that this isn't a psychic barrier that's making him not be able to read him. Though I wish that yeah. Martian Manhunter would be able to tell a robot from a human when he's trying to read his mind, but it's that he can't because he has it's a robot. No mind. That's what I'm saying. And it's weird that Martian Manhunter wouldn't have been able to sense that, but uh, we'll go with that. Now, with that, though, it is Professor Ivo, and there's a couple panels in a row that, that I really like. Like, basically, like, okay, it's a robot. Huh, maybe you'll like some of this heat vision we stole from the... And I'm <laughs> like, oh, no. Scarecrow. I'm like, holy crap, it's a mazo. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. It is cool. really cool. The thing is, they throw Amazo out there, which gets me really excited. You know, you have the Ivo, then the Amazo connection to that. And then when you have an army of Amazo show up, yeah. though, but they are just the weakest Amazos that have well, ever I don't been mind built. That. I'm like, why I, would you do I that? I don't Give mind that because, Amazo. well, you want the proper Amazo, but the whole point of this is, is that Ivo has going and got an offer yeah. from, there's the He's first on offer. Apex I should problems. have the dings. Yeah. Uh, he has the first offer because he gets to get luther steel but he's melding that into his amazo program as well in my mind to make not only just the apex predator but also the ultimate amazos when he says like i was trying to make these robots and whatever and little did i know that these legionnaires with lionel they had this whole organic thing going on oh my god i didn't even think of that and i think that's a really cool way of him going there and it makes sense to me where ivo amazo keeps getting destroyed i mean even when the amazo's the best and brings down the just league eventually he loses this would be a, a really good talk and if, if this yeah really but if this <laughs> is what the offers will give me throughout where they make that much sense to me and in, in the end showing that luther even had ulterior motives uh that ivo wants to up his game here that is cool. That yeah, actually is cool. isn't just like, it's just hey, I'll give you a gun and you can go we shoot have, somebody. We have Ivo upping his game when we haven't really had any proper Ivo no. in years or real no, amazing. It, like, I wanted to have that. Now where he's changing his game out of nowhere, I'm like, I know. Eh, so much for well, that. And, but with that, again, this now is where, this work this out, is where I'm in full amazos. defense mode. I'm going to be in full defense mode. Why? I think that they're, well, I'm sa- I think that they're playing around with the idea. We haven't seen him because he's, he hasn't had anything in these couple of years. Luther has kickstarted started his stuff again he may have quit he might have been depressed he, start his a, heart. Eh, he was a drinker himself i need somebody to do that and he so this is in my mind why we're seeing him now because this is up this game and i thought yeah. that was a really cool way of doing that then we go off to the you know the, the league uh you know sans martian manhunter obviously right. uh also with the world forger you know this whole new league and uh they're going to find the monitor, the monitor. in nil and when they go there, I get a little Not thrown no off. Bug. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get a little thrown off here because he, they start we throwing have a concepts lot to do out. in a small amount of time to yeah. try to get everybody caught up for whoever may be reading past, present, and like even going to the future for what DC Comics may be doing because yeah. we have the monitor. And the last thing we saw, even talking about the final crisis with Superman brings up where we had all of these different monitors until Nick's Wotan was the last one at the end. But we have to have the proper first monitor here, the idea Mar that they can Nouveau. be recreated. Yeah, Mar Nouveau. Not Club Nouveau, idea- Eric. Not no, Club no. Nouveau. I just want to make not? that. Yeah. Why can't we ever it go to been Club awesome. Nouveau? I'd be dancing but, then. But – uh. The whole idea that we have to go through the crises then, yeah. all the different things that the monitor has been a part of, even when it was like, – to try to make sense of everything. And it's just a little bit too much too soon in my mind because we have a lot to cover because now we have the monitor out here. We have to find the anti-monitor, which will be the what we suspect the big thing going forward. The monitor, it's, it's kind of like he's there. 
he agrees. Let's move on. It's kind of a, like a uh, disappointment in my eyes yeah. for going to the monitor here. But talking about the crises, it bothers me because like you don't even know what you lost because there were infinite worlds. Yeah. And then after the crisis, there was one world. And then later on, there was 52 worlds and all these different things. And like Barry, Barry Allen. He doesn't eat like, you know, you know what you've lost. And he looks at Barry. Like, he doesn't know what he lost. What are you playing with them? Because we talked earlier in the series about yeah. how Barry knows he died during the crisis yep. when John was off blowing up a world. Yep. And, that and that's was why they in had that this talk. book. So when we exactly. talk about other so, things, you can't you can't go other books and blame this and that. No, Brian Michael Bendis shows up in his book. There were eight crises. If somebody else says whatever, seven. but in their own book. You have to maintain that deal. Well, that's pretty. And it seems like Barry doesn't know us. what he's talking about. Yeah, and the they idea had when mentioned died it a couple this. times of when he died. Now, the thing that gets me is I wouldn't mind if we go in here and you do have the World Forger, you do have uh, Mar Nouveau, and I wouldn't mind if they start saying to the league, hey, you know, this is just the next crisis along. You know, we're used to this. This is kind of the deal. And, and the, the league saying, what are you talking about? Even if they said, you know what? I kind of get a hint that this isn't new. What are you talking about? And then Marnuvo goes, let me show you. Gets out the whiteboard, explains because played. him and the World Forger, they're beyond that. They know yeah. all these crises. Beyond Flashpoint. So if, yeah, if they end up spelling it out to the heroes fully, like, hey, there was this, and I'd love it too. It, it would be basically uh, in American Dad when Avery is explaining, uh, uh, what's it called? What's the movie? Avatar. That oh, it would right. just, you'd have a time jump of like where they're just said they're all smoking, then like, really? That happened? But with that, I don't like when they show up before and have just Superman. This is where the monitors live before the final crisis. Oh, really? Oh, really? There, I, I like the idea too, the final crisis. Like, we know these things because this is what the story's been called. The idea that they've been, the crises individually have been nicknamed by our heroes. Like, oh, this was the end all be all yeah. crisis, the final crisis. I'm like, yeah. I sort of like, if I ever start writing for DC Comics, I'm going to do a crisis event, the end all be all crisis. Yeah. I, I said that. I hate when they <laughs> reference the name of something that is actually just the title of the book. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's oh, the man. Fa- that's like when that flashpoint happened. Why would yeah. you call it flashpoint? Yeah. Point. Why would they call it a flashpoint? So if this would have been the monitor even know and the happened. world forger explaining this to them and saying, listen, this is not going to make much sense to you. But this happens a lot. Like it happened here, it happened here. And like, were we there too? It's at the end of the, the uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you were there. And so were you. And you well, can just guys, go through that. Let me tell that. you a little thing about something called a, a zero hour, yeah. an infinite crisis. <laughs> Bring any bells, guys. And then, hey. Also, I want to tell you, a couple failed crises. There was this thing, heroes in crisis about a sanctuary. Everybody starts looking count. at Batman. They're giving him that mm, ixnay. Does anybody on the remember ISIS Convergence? A? No. Yeah, really. Good. Yeah, good. Don't remember it. You see some guy at the monitor in the back. He's working the computer. Hey, man, that's a diss. Shut up, Telos, and get back to work. He's there. He's just doing stupid deals. And and so with this, though, another thing that gets me, it's such, this is an extreme. This is an Eric Shea extreme (gasps) nitpick. This is even more of a nitpick than you'll ever have. The monitors, the monitor and the world forger to me, 
I hate that they reference things by years because to me, that wouldn't make sense to them. They are beyond that. And these these years that they're saying is in a universe that changes all the time and things. He's like billions of years ago, the judges of the source, they sent us help. And I'm telling you, it's such a weird thing. But I think that they would be beyond a time reference like that because of all the changes that happen and stuff like that, that I, I didn't like that. But that, Look, that's I ain't going to tell a monitor or a world forger their business here. So I'm going to hey. let this one slide. Well, you better tell them their business because they keep done messing up. But so you have this here and you have Mar Nouveau there and he's trying to, you know, he wants to put things back. He's like mad. He is upset that, man, I ended up screwing up in a couple of these, this infinite crisis thing. Boy, I really messed up there and, and all these other things. And he's the multiverse is worth saving. Damn you. I won't <laughs> let it die. He's yelling. What are you going to do and there? Monitor? This is this is the best. He's like, I won't let it die. That Then Batman comes up with the great line. Then don't. And then, excuse me, fight with us. Save the multiverse. And this is where he World's starts great talking. No. Yeah, World's really. greatest speaker, Great. yes. World, he's, the, he's Bill Belichick at halftime. Uh, he ends up there, you know, then when don't. when I last thought tried. about it that so, way. So now it is where he's like, fight us, save the multiverse. And he's like, now you get the real, you know, jux of it is the idea that uh, – he messed up before, and he's worried he's going to mess yeah. up again. And the then that's failed yeah. during Final Crisis and all over the yeah. place. That's when he says, "Barry Allen, you most of all, you still feel the echoes. You know, you died. You remember that? The what? I don't. Oh no, he's so emotional. This <laughs> one too. They don't remember you. All they've lost, brother. He's yelling, and he says, "How can I trust them to stop our mother?" And Superman's just like, just. Together, just hope. Hope is what always brings us through. We're going to bring this. We're going to win. We're going to beat your mother. And at this point in my mind, the monitor is so off of the range of joining. He he is not going to join. He's going to let them do their lip service and, and leave. And then the World Forger steps up and says, I tried to forge a whole new multiverse to replace this one. It didn't work. So now I'm going to give this a shot. What do you think, brother? Will you join? Well, if you put it that way, that, that's all he says. He, he says, yeah, I failed, and I'm going to give this a well, shot. God. He can have all these apes talking to him left and right about what they're going to do. It's up to the sixth dimensional brother to really get through. Out my, my coffee, these <laughs> apes. He's like, look at these fools. They're not even blue like the world forger. Uh, yeah, that's all he says. I'm going to try because I failed. I'm going to give this a shot. You know well, what? I just like you're he says, down. I'm down. If you put it Word. that way, that, that, what way? He just said, I'm going to you know, try. He tried to make a multiverse. I'm it telling didn't you, work. this, this well, is us. That way. This is us. We're, we're at the Get Fresh Crew. We're going to be a hockey boop, boop. team now. We go oh. in. And this this had happened a lot of times when I played hockey. You know, you, you're in the you second period. No, you have the intermission. Oh. Second period's over. And yeah, you're losing six to one. And it, really, in hockey, that, that's tough. But you go into the locker room. And you start, you know, people are already, I hate it. Like, oh, man, I'm giving up. I can't wait till tonight. Wonder what movie I'm going to watch. Team was a bunch of losers. And then I start screaming. That's when I go nuts. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and make sure they know even if we lose. But this is the thing. If they're like, man, we lost. I'm done. How about if we don't lose? You know what? If you put it that way, I'm in. 
So I never thought go. about that We're possibility. Like, I never thought of that. You're thinking outside the box. But yeah, he's in, but he the says, penalty hey. box. Yeah, really? I, I thought a lot in the penalty box. And I go, hey, uh, what's going on? Uh, we got to get the anti-monitor then. If I'm going to join up, we got to get the anti-monitor, which means we got to go to the anti-monitor universe. Oh, I hate and that And that place. means the anti-monitor on cord. And boy, things got dark. And when you see this panel, I'm like, what is going on? If he's talking to, say, Batman, Batman's like, well, why are you looking? Look at me like that, dude. Look, nothing good Look comes from Quad, man. It's just like, I'm in. This sounds awesome. But we'll have to get the Antimonitor. We'll find him. And it's it's Yoda. I'm telling you, it's, you it's like if we be. had to do something. If you were it's trying to crazy. talk me into something, I'm like, okay, I'm down with you, Jim. But the thing is, we're going to have to go to Camden. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, then I'm out. I'm yeah. Out. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, this uh, goes from... You were so trying you to have, talk me into going to an aquarium. Now we're all yeah, out because we realize no. the closest one's The canned. one time we went to the aquarium, one of the best times to go to places like that are on holidays because not everybody celebrates all the holidays. Fourth of July is a great example that we are just past in the in the States. But even like a Christmas, you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. So when you go to, they, they always have to have those places open because of that. So they can't be looked at as being pieces of crap, you know? So we, we ended up going to the Camden Aquarium and, and Tanya's like, well, it's on Christmas day. You know, this will be good. Can everybody will be giving out gifts? Everybody will be happy. We, we actually witnessed what appeared to be a shooting. And yeah. then also somebody pulled over where they were three guys on the ground laying with guns drawn on. On them as well. I'm like, uh-huh, oh, uh-huh. Merry Christmas, Camden. Camden. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. When a gunshot goes off, Santa didn't come somebody to some of these in houses. Camden gets its wings, Eric. Somebody's getting cold out. this year. Yeah, Camden. somebody is, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you go off then, and Martian Manhunter now is, is on a gurney. He's yeah, being he's experimented on. You have uh, Professor Ivo. He's going to continue Lionel's old apex predator work. This is where he explains the it. The combination of man and Martian. Yes, man and Martian. This might even be better than all of his amazos put together. And now we have the book that I want, Eric, because out of nowhere, Professor Ivo is he's admiring the Legionnaire and Luther's uh, Lionel's work. Truly visionary work, he says. And then he turns and yells, I think I called you a mezo. You're nothing but a disappointment. Just oh, no. I want to have the book where that mezo. He, he puts that F mezo. The, the stuff down and goes off to his room and has a good cry, watches a romantic comedy, Eric. I, I want to know what this mezo would do after this shade being thrown at him. And you really well, you, seem- have a, you you gain a crippling depression and are obsessed with toys and action figures in your 30s. Yes. That's what it is. You were a Mazo once. Now, didn't that did this no, not did this not seem to be the setup of then a Mazo turning on Professor Ivo eventually to free Marsha Manhunter? Like one of those where he's getting a lot of shade. Mazo is not all that sentient like that, so I didn't worry about that at well, all. Uh, to to he's throw there out more to references, have crap talked about him. To throw out more references, Eric, that nobody will get. It's it's Richard Dawson and Running Man, where he keeps yelling at this bodyguard with the steroids. <laughs> That's all it is. That's what I wanted. Uh, yeah, but the whole deal is, you know, Lou, Lou, uh, Lionel had this whole thing. He wanted to make the Apex Predator. And now Ivo's going to do this. He's going to abandon his Amazo work. You have Martian Manhunter there listening to all this. And pretty much in my mind, he's just like, 
this will never end with me. I mean, this no. keeps happening. And you then know he's me, like, the final yeah. Martian. And this is where, again, I think this is a clever deal where James Tyne and I, I always say he's got the yakety yak, but boy, he came Don't through for that. me. And if you want to talk about like my dislike of a lot of the stuff going in the JLD and people saying that I just don't like Tynan. This is where I see Tynan where I'm not seeing a lot of narration boxes. I'm seeing a lot of uh, you know, a lot of dialogue that means something and this next part I thought was really good because he's like, Marshman, oh Ivo, you're working for the Legion of Doom. And he's like, oh Luther approached me with Brainiac hoping I could bring him back from his injury to a skull. Yeah. And we had wondered so we had what had happened. back to when, you know, when Brainiac like, was brought that, back to that's life. That's awesome. That is really good. And he said, it took me months, but I succeeded. Of course, I had no interest in those colorful antics. I'm a scientist. But as payment, payment, he gave me Lionel and the Legionnaires, you know, all their research in this lab. And all the stuff that I have is the offer that he gave me. And, yeah, I'm going to make this Apex Predator. And I do like it the one point, too. It's like, oh, man, you know, Luther, this and that. He's like, Luther's dead. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But as this is going on as well, Kendra then comes flying in. We had known that Kendra oh, awesome. was wondering about where Marsha Manhunter had been. This is probably getting way too long for her to just It was his time to, to take Shane for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It seems like this is where, you know, it is every husband's freaking nightmare of when he's out with the guys. Now, the guys are Ivo doing experiments when, on when him and dissecting him. But you were out with the guys. I was out with the guys? You mean at work isn't out with the guys, me and no. you? No. Then never. I don't remember. It's it's been since before me and you worked together. So that shows you how long it's been. Why, why I used, can't we be the guys no, out that, together? No, why can't we, we do can. this? We're at work. That's oh. where it is. We we could we always claim that we're going to sneak out and watch a movie, hold hands. Uh, no, I used to go watch Eagles we make games weird at my buddy Jay's and stuff like that. But I don't like doing that anyway. So and I and I don't drink. What do guys my age do if they don't drink except go they and cheat on their wives? Their wives. So, yeah, that's why I'm not allowed to go oh. out with the guys. Uh, uh, but yeah, she comes uh, in, like you said, real badass and frees them. Then you see that there's these half-baked amazos. They're not completely, you know, and it even the, seems like Martian Manhunter sad. even more worthless amazos. Yeah, because yeah. Though, I'm sad here because I was really hoping to get some amazo action. Like right here we have the F mazos as far as I'm concerned yeah, because yeah. one hit kill is pretty much on these boys. Yep, yeah. And they're the one-punch amazos. But he even says with that, they were kind of prototypes. I don't know yeah. if these were going to be infused with the ape. I don't know. He he seems, in my mind, too, it would be funny if you had more of what I want from my amazo book of the idea that ever since he got this research, he's really neglected them. They're like my <laughs> kids here at the house. <laughs> they they feel neglected. They want some attention. But, yeah, they end up. And that there's going to be a big fight. You go then, and there's where... We get Shane. We go back to the Hall of Justice. Mara is there. She's got to go off. Ooh, and it's, it, to me, it's, it's very much showing you, number one, that Shane is being tossed around. He is the latchkey kid times five. It's Eric <sighs> Shea growing up. Makes you very yeah. sad. Uh, you know, you have 17 uncles. That you're told about, you know, you know, that deal that I told you that you said you never really had. Never that, happened. But a lot of people have that. When their mom starts dating guys or, you know, doing that, they become uncles. Um, but, yeah, you go there and Shane feels kind of left out and doesn't know what he's all about. And he's looking doesn't know for his place in the world. He's or looking he's for even a place. Real. Yeah. And he's looking for a purpose. Now, this is where I messaged you today. And, and this is not a profound statement, though. I thought that I actually I'm like, why didn't I think of this before? And maybe other people. Yeah. 
people have, but you have Shane. Now, we just went out of Ivo doing Lionel and the Legionnaires, you know, experiments. And their whole research and experiments is to try to make a meld of a Martian and a human to make an apex predator. Well, that's what Shane is. He sure is, is exactly that. He is what they have been trying to do. And as we saw in the sixth dimension, years. he has immense power that kind yes. of took Martian Manhunter aback when he unleashed yep. it. So really, we have right here in Shane, which we were trying to figure out why Tynan and Snyder would have even brought Shane. And I thought it was one of those, they don't want to be accused of killing a kid, even though it wouldn't have been like that. But you have this. Now, I was talking to a, a big fan of Hawkgirl on Twitter. And in my review, I, I kind of made the joke that we've been making on the podcast about Shane being a monstrosity, that he has yeah. actual wings when Kendra doesn't. And the whole deal is, she, uh, he or she on, I, I can't say that I know the gender, but a fan of Hawkgirl said that, well, Kendra does have wings. They're those nth metal wings that are infused. And I said, that kind of, you know, does that change the DNA of having kids? But then at the end, Possibly. I said, you're in the sixth dimension. You know, what goes yeah. there? You could, and I said, you even said, you could have a beak and we're crying out loud, whatever they well, wanted the thing, to make. We've been talking about the whole thing. The idea is, you know, we when we were discussing it, it all came down to the idea. Maybe he just wanted to look more like his mother. So actually shape-shifting himself some yeah. way to have that look to you know be the dip, like yeah. the com- combination of both so, mother and, and father and that doesn't point. that's just a joke but to yeah. me it's almost like they're there now to try to give a slight a hand and so we we aren't really pushed in the face of the idea that he is martian and yeah, human you because see you wings, see the you wings like a yeah and you just keep thinking that when indeed it does Thanagarian. seem no kendra is not so it does seem as if this whole thing that Perpetual wanted to make all this time, this whole thing that, the you know, they Forger need to even ready. World Forger once and they need to make against Perpetual. All that, it's Shane. He's right here. So is this going to be where he's going to become that? I wish the World Forger would realize this at this point because he knows what his so mom's weird. up to. Yeah, and it's so weird. And that's where I start thinking, wait a second here. That World Forger got on board this trolley real oh, quick at the end. Because even you and I were talking before this whole thing, too. Like, you know, John, for the most part, he's one of the last green Martians, if not yeah. whatever we're doing at this point. You still have Miss Martian out there, but she's a white Martian in disguise at this point. We don't know how the white Martians differentiate from the green Martians for what they want with the Apex Predator. seems yeah. like they really want green for all the attempts on John's life at this point. So right now, though, we have a small amount of Martians left of them yeah. to play with. Right here we have, you know, John's son, the freaking Shane. So he, his guy's going to become in peril at some point yes. or he's going to become a in weapon peril, that we don't want to deal or with. Or where I would go because he's a kid. And really in this, I've I had people message me and talk. First off, you don't get enough Starmen in this book and it's a nice moment with him. Or but I had a lot of people saying – boy i really felt bad for shane and he's such a cute little kid i think this is a character i can get behind where of course then i right away he's dying and i do think that what's going to end up happening this whole end be all thing that ends it will be shane sacrificing himself to make everything right whatever right is at that point but i do think that along the way we may have an idea where we once we're told that Martian Manhunter, you're the key. Your Martianness is the key. And then he's going to get kidnapped. He's going to be captured by, you know, Luther and Perpetua. But then they'll, oh, no, we don't have any other green Martian. And then he'll be sitting in the corner. They'll all turn and look at him. But I do think that this showed me uh, that he is going to be the key to this, that everything yes. they're trying to get, he's already that. And that's Even a great thing his- to point out there. Yeah, even with his bat ears. Usually I don't come up with things like this. I'm not the one who no, named the signal really a year I, ahead. 
I'm sitting here thinking they're like you're worried about Shane, and we're thinking further into that. I'm just sitting here wondering how they messed with Hypertime with the Adam and freaking unleashed dinosaurs when Hypertime shut down at this point. I know, yeah, he's got all this stuff, and I, I kind of grimaced at that too because Hypertime is supposed to be shut down. Um, but yeah, there's it's a good moment though with Starman who is oh, there yeah, really because Shane he he's in a little crisis of himself, and he's just the a idea that he boy. pinches his arm because he doesn't know. I know. Like, I don't know if I exist. Starman pinches him. Pinches like, him. Who is that for? Like, Next just thing you to know, see if you existed. Pretty sure. Starman, yeah, Starman's got to go talk to HR now. Because he's getting arrested. Right. Yeah, he's arrested. <laughs> he's like, whoa, back off, Michael Jackson. Uh, so, yeah, See, the end thing up, is, though, he's from the past. That was okay in his that's time. That's true. That's how you're going to play that? All right. Uh, yeah, so you have a, a cool moment where, yeah, Will is a good guy. And he's like, hey, you know what? You're, what? you're possibility. You are possibility existing. And possibility matters. And you know what? I could use a little possibility right now. I'm like, I don't know if you're talking in code, Will, but you better what not. What are you doing here, Will? And he's like, okay. And I'm like, when, when you see that, you cannot be anybody who even, even if you don't like this book that much, when you see Shane smiling right there, it warms your heart. It's it's such sure a does. great progression there. Look it's at one that of my smiling things. abomination. He's so kind of look, look at that monster smiling there thinking he's a, a real kid. I'm a boy. And then you just go back, and it's more of the fight with Kendra Marshman. They're just pretty much kicking butt. Pretty oh, much, they're, they're ripping Mesos apart. Yeah, there, there's not that much to this. They do mention again, like, what was that computer saying? Something about an apex predator? Yeah, yeah, they've been tugging that stuff for a long time. Nonsense. So right there, you get the two parents of what will probably be that anyway. And uh, yeah, even that too. It's like, yeah, you better get back. We got some chores for you to do, John. And as this goes, it, I can tell, like you said, you were a little disappointed pointed by all this and and i can see why because then you even get the monstrosity martian manhunter going yelling and all these things oh then when, on, he, when he shapeshifts it, into a monster yeah, to go after yeah. ivo there and, and it's Ivo's, so oh, cool no, but just then, a robot but then ivo becomes <laughs> he's just a robot so it is it, it's kind of anticlimactic what it's going on but i do again love this in a way where martian manhunter Still again this to create this abominations is, another day and and this martian manhunter this this justice league book i'm telling you it's a disguise thing of running man because now he grabs ivo and starts yelling at ivo's head because he knows richard dawson is, is watching from beyond and he's going to shove it down your goddamn throat it's what he's going to do and he just yells and i love sub zero is now plane zero <laughs> just yelling in there uh, he ends up there uh where hey, i like Christmas kendra a hey, christmas he ends up and says that kendra's like he's not there he can't he, no no he can hear me tell me where luther is where's luther where's luther they end up going out the whole place is burning at down. your mom's house yeah yeah and they, they yeah, really and luther his little uh-huh. leech, i love i love the <laughs> your mom uh uh oh my mom's dead even better uh, uh. But yeah, I love that. No wonder you have she the didn't offers. put up a fight. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the offers are going out. And I, I would think that Lex is a pretty smart guy. You got to get these drones looking like something other than your legion of doom, <laughs> the legion of doom headquarters drones are you amazing don't need, you don't need that but it is you gotta cool. advertise it's so cool but yeah you're advertising that if you didn't know that in that swamp in that lava pit was the legion yeah. of doom now you will before you just go hey what's that crazy building there hey uh, they know what the, it looks like yeah yeah well there you go it's there and it shows i just up. want superman to realize what he's he said now drones that look like this he just starts flying around at high speed just, just yeah. visioning everything. Everything this is what I'm saying. There's no offers it's given. It's crazy. 
That's now the trigger word. But yeah, he ends up there and you do get the offer. But the best part of this to me is in my mind where he starts and he's like, you've been watching me, haven't you, Luther? And this is the whole idea of before even Luther's dead. We all know that. Well, Martian Manhunter's held on to the belief that there's no way he's dead. And this this proves it to him. But he's like, yeah, you've been watching, haven't you? And he's like, yeah, I appreciate you clean up this little mess for me. And then I'm like, holy crap, this whole offer and this whole way to get Martian Manhunter, all it was was so that Martian Manhunter would flip out and burn it to the ground and get rid of all the crap that Lionel did that Lex hated and Ivo. It's brilliant. I'm telling you, I think that he probably still owed Ivo something else for fixing Brainiac. His slate's clean now. He he don't got no money anymore anyway. I just really wish so with Lex Luthor doing all this, like getting rid of all his money, giving out that he would have saved some for himself so he could have a decent pair of clothes and just not have to have a raggedy cloak now. (laughs) He's just there with a raggedy cloak. He likes the raggedy (laughs) cloak. But yeah, he ends up giving the offer. And the offer is a sexy offer, Eric. He's going to give Martian Manhunter himself. All of himself. And and Martian Manhunter is like, look at the, the look. On Martian Man, like, ew, baby, get, get some clothes on. Holy moly. And he does look a little like the World Forger a little. He has that weird deal of coming out. He looks – I. it's weird to say. It's just a hologram, but he looks. But Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, even to, every time we see him, though, he has that kind of tint to a weird off-white kind of bluish deal yeah. that he has now that he's been reborn. We don't yeah. know what this means yet because even when we saw it before with Javi Fernandez's art, you couldn't get a quite – the idea of what you were looking yeah. at, what was changed about Lex Luthor. So that's something I look forward to go like looking forward to going forward Man. is seeing what this change of Lex is. Did he become an apex predator and all this whole yeah, thing? And I, I want to point out, Martian? I want to point out again, uh, or not again, but to the deal when you went off to Mara and uh, Shane and then had Will, that's the Bruno Redondo part. That's when he jumped on. Who looks fantastic. He, sure he's does. such a good artist. I wish he was on more bigger books and more, you know, full books. Um, but yeah, when Lex comes and he offers that, there's another thing that I just wanted to bring up before we finished. Uh, when you had Mar Nouveau talking about, you know, the last time I tried, Infinite Worlds died when he was talking about these crises. He ends up saying, I, I don't even have the things I had then. I failed before and my I lost shit, my, my harbinger and my harbinger. And it was a weird deal because for some reason, at the moment that he said that, I actually... In my mind, it didn't click and thought Harbinger was his crazy ship, that crazy ship. Yeah, but then I realized, no, 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 his har- no, Harbinger was Leela. Yeah, Leela Michaels. And uh, yeah, the whole thing, she was an orphan. She got saved by the monitor. He ended up changing her. And this is the thing that, that struck me when I was reading this because he mentions Harbinger. And during Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Leela was assumed, she assumed the identity of Harbinger. And after entering a womb like chamber, right. was energized that allowed her to create a series of doppelgangers in new costumes, in her new costume. And these doppelgangers went out to recruit uh, recruit heroes, heroes yeah. and villains with offers and it ended it's the up reverse being reverse crisis. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I think that this shows with the whole idea of this that and perpetual we haven't seen much. So she's no. in the background. I do think that what she has made is her own harbinger out of Lex. In I Lex think Luther, that Lex yeah. is perpetual's harbinger and it is very similar 
to that whole idea of what happened uh, at the uh, crisis on infinite earth going on. And that, that would tie in well with all the rest of the things going on and the monitor and things like that. Uh, so I think that that's another thing. So you're saying uh, again, I have to go that, back and reread crisis on infinite earth again. Maybe I was thinking of it, but we'll see. We'll I've been see. trying to do but, it for a while. That's the whole thing. Yeah, though. I know. It's like, a lot of it's tough though, even though it's one of yeah, those big is. stories that everybody talks about. It's changed DC comics and stuff. Like it's, it's tough at times though. It's rough. Yeah. So, and, and some people may think of this as, and I, I may not be right, no. but some people may think of that think as pretty so. cool. Yeah. Uh, but other people seem to, that's their trigger of, uh, of Scott Snyder, especially of the idea, oh, you're just going to rehash that or redo that. So uh, even if it's a twist, they get mad. But I'm uh, I'm interested. I'm well, interested technically, in how if this, this is goes. Perpetua, the, the first being of this whole thing, if that's her thing, didn't the monitor take it off of her first then? Oh, my. She's that just taking true. it back. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, she is. She's taking it back. She's taking it to the streets. Uh, what would you give this? I would give this issue a 7.5 out of 10. Why I liked all the stuff that we had going forward with the explanation of the apex predator, Jean, and all that. The stuff with uh, Professor Ivo and Amazo kind of let me down a little bit because I was – when you say these things, I get excited and I'm not really doing anything with them. Like, uh, that's just kind of there for show for that wow factor that we talked yeah. about. But overall – I like the stuff with Shane, even though he's abomination. You actually coming in and saying the whole thing actually up my score a point five for the idea that you know. It's funny, here my is score the went up. A, mine went up a point five as well. Yeah. Uh, mine goes up to an eight, though. I was a seven five on the site. I'm going up to an eight. It's cool uh, idea. Just the more I read it, uh, you know, uh, this happens a lot, and it'll happen in the next book actually, uh, where the more I read a book and kind of start to you know think about it more, obviously I, I get a better grip. Sometimes actually that backfires, and I hate it more. Uh, but for the most part, I start to like it a little more. I read all these books tonight a lot of times, uh, but I'm going to go up to an eight. I, I'm very intrigued with what's going on and why I like this more than say, or just as much as say the six dimension stuff, which I like the six dimension stuff though. It, it was more potential of the story that I liked. It was cool. It was different. It was like out there and things like that. But in the end, it, it kind of just fizzled out. a world of out. pure imagination. But it, yeah, really. We, we were in the factory, uh, you know, eating everlasting gobstoppers. Um, but at the end, that everlasting gobstopper, you didn't realize that last layer, it was snot flavored. You don't want oh, that. And so no. at the end of it, Wonka, it kind of did, did fizzle out near the end and kind of like, eh. and even so, it also left a lot of people behind. And while this issue does throw Ivo out there out of nowhere, it does have Marlon Lowe talking about crisis. Yeah, and I like that idea. And And I like that it seems to me that this is not a jumping on point. But it could be a jumping back on point for people who are reading earlier that seem to be left behind with the six dimension stuff. And as we go forward, you have a monitor on the team. And one of the things that did bring down my score, and I, I we kind of mentioned it, but not as much. It seemed like they're throwing that monitor being on the oh, yeah, team that, that was a bit down as too. just a side note. And this is huge. That that is that's so humongous. Probably not as big as the anti monitor. He's going to take yeah, this. Well, like and, the and somebody here. on the site because I did say that in the in the review on the site of like, oh man, I really thought that this was going to be more than just, hey, I'm going to try. Well, if you say it like that, I'm in. But they did point out that maybe it's trying to leave more space that they can tell the story with the anti monitor because he ain't going to be so willing, and maybe. Having the monitor kind of like, okay, well, I really don't want to mess up, but Hashtag I, I'm crisis with problems. you. Hashtag that when you get the anti-monitor, it'll up the ante of like, oh, man, this is a real asshole. And uh, you know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, but I'm going to go up to an eight. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm pretty 
happy with this book since Scott Snyder announced that it was now an event book every two weeks. <laughs> he kind of him and James Tyne have kind of you know thrown that out there. It does seem like it, with the Ivo there, that seems like something that would be in an event where they just throw every character out at you. Now, do you out think we're going to have the same kind of you know carry, even though it's only a couple of pages to try to discuss the idea of the crisis with Modern Nouveau there? When we get to yeah. the anti-monitor, do you think they're going to have any discussion about the dark side war where he lost the anti-life equation, which I made hope. him the anti? I hope he will say I doubt it I doubt it but you know because that's I don't that, that's weird I was just gonna say that's not Scott Snyder's story but neither <laughs> infinite crisis or crisis on infinite earth or final crisis or stuff like that so uh, we got to go with that but uh, we're gonna go on to the next book that I hope Eric you're as positive about and that book is the Green Lantern number nine Eric I hope you're positive I hope you are positive Peter to the extreme and i hope that positivity washes over me i hope it washes that you know what's funny to me you have it as the green lantern so i I wanted to look up some things because as we get into it you you may uh, not know there's a lot of obscure characters in this book like logie and chris aquisto and yeah yeah oh yeah so i was gonna look marvel made so i i look up and i'm thinking to myself oh this must be green lantern volume six or seven i'm like oh those clever bastards they put that the in front no, of it it's, it's volume one Lantern, volume yeah, one it's volume one i'm like you sons of bitches you brilliant <laughs> son of a bitches just like written by green lanterns volume yeah, one yeah written by grant morrison at you least had that, that had a reason you had two of them <laughs> this is just the green lantern because it's the only book out there right now the green lantern yeah. number nine written by grant morrison art by liam sharp steve olaf and tom ozachowski Dust off your old multiversity guidebook, baby, because Grant Morrison is taking a deep dive into the multiverse to set up a crisis of almost infinite lanterns. That might sound like fun, and it may even end up being fun. But why does Morrison always have to show up with a ridiculous cover charge to get into his stories, Eric? I don't like cover charges. I'm cheap. I can't be the only one who feels lost and left behind with this book. And while I do love Liam Sharp's art, I always feel like laying down my arms and surrendering every time I get done reading this. Now, I said earlier, and this is what I was talking about, the more I read it, I didn't hate it as much. I'm choosing my words carefully. I'm not saying that I loved it. I may not even like it, but I hated it less is what I will say, Uh, because as I got into it, when I first read it, and this is where I think that Grant Morrison, he's walking on thin ice a lot of times. He's lucky that he is Grant Morrison, because another writer who does the crap that he does is not going to get the second and third chances. Even Steve Orlando, he stuck around a lot. People kind of who the people who are left reading him, like a Jeremy who enjoys his rewriting now, pretty much. Uh, I'm not saying he loves it, but he enjoys it a little more. He knows that give and take he has to do him personally with steve orlando as well so that works out but what i'm saying is people who don't know grant morrison they're kind of into the green lantern just from the hal jordan and the green lantern core book from rebirth they get into this he doesn't really give you a lot of you know preservers life preservers to bring you back on the ship while you're going but at the end if you can get past the nonsense If you can tune out the infinitesimal amount of proper names and places being thrown out there that really will never mean anything, which we're into, you know, me and you are programmed when you go and you see a name that is bold and it's being presented as something important that it is important. You got to look it up. 
I pretty much have given up on this because most of the things are not, they are only there to make him get more flavor to the story and get praise oh, yeah. for just knowing the these past. characters in these places that showed up in like one issue back in the 1960s yeah. or 70s at this point. I'm I like, mean, we just had Zine, la- you know, we had Zine Arrow. It, it, it exactly. was kind of neat, but it didn't add anything. Well, it even added these characters a giant getting, I was so thrown off because I was really thinking that like with all these characters that are really obscure characters like Strong Woman, you know, Rigor, Quisto mm-hmm. and all these, that we were in an alternate Earth universe at this point. But like, no. These are just characters in our Earth reality type yeah. of thing where how Jordan is just having his freaking goddamn vacation as a night on a world. Yeah. And the only thing about the multiverse in this until the end was Ab and Sir, the Green Lantern of Earth 20. But with all yeah. of this thrown at you, I'm like, I, I was like, all right, what, what Earth is this person from? Because I don't know strong yeah. woman or something like yeah, that. I'm yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah. And And with that, when you even get to the thing, this is how – you end up working your Grant Morrison magic is that you want to have an alternate, you know, a multiverse ab and sir. So you're going to do that, but that's not good enough. Then you have to throw in a planet that was visited by Adam Sir in our universe back in the day for one issue. So you have that. So it's, you know, obscure on obscure. Also, in my mind, he's throwing a bone a bit for Liam Sharp. It's right up his alley. It's a very Batman uh, and Wonder Woman brave and the bold look. This planet, it is a planet that is a medieval oh, we're on type planet. And you're, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That That seems to be like everything there seems to be like a, a throwout for different things you know hey i want to have Abin sir so then i'm going to reference a planet that Abin sir was there once at this, this point where he went and realized it's crazy the ideas behind this whole thing Abin sir went here once and obviously the idea that we get from this ethmora Eth- uh, is that the green lantern energy doesn't work well here as yeah. we're told over and over again the planet hates green lanterns and it sucks the energy out of them at this point like, why would how jordan as a green lantern go to this go planet on vacation then go there on vacation it makes no sense so it's thrown out there and in the meantime that the planet hates him they hate these cans is what they're yelling and while while (laughs) this is going on you end up at the end it doesn't really matter it it didn't really come into play that much by the end anyway it was like a false tension again and i know that we did not like willpower spiking that we ended up and if you did Did just join in in the rebirth era of the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, you're going to be very confused, and Green Lanterns especially. They're just most uh, of the Green Lanterns, you'd, yeah. you'd be more confused about how these rings work than this is, you know, kind of classic, even though it throws out the whole idea of the planet doesn't hate us. I think that what they're going with when Abin well, originally went back to hell, there, yeah, like it's yeah, freaking like Jessica weird. Cruz's ring yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. And and back, I think it was uh, 62 when this issue came out that Abinser went to this planet. And the big thing was he went there and realized, oh, they're primitives. They they don't have – and I thought that that was why it was – it's a weird deal where almost Grant Morrison with this is playing out that every planet has a sentience almost like an Oa or a Mogo, I mean. And that right. the planet itself, if it doesn't hate you and it's less technology, it can seep – it, it doesn't make much sense. It really doesn't. No. But it's there and it's Grant Morrison. And then we go with it where I really get thrown off, though, is from the very beginning. It's very it's very impressive visually. I mean, it's right in your face. Explosions, you know, big things happening, a planet that's being destroyed and people are bailing from it. But then you just have, you know, hey, Marta. I'm like, okay, Marta. All right. There it is. Hey, you know, it's not our finest hour. You know, everybody's dying. Marvel made logo, Quisto, even Rigor. 
I'm like, really? Like, what are you doing to me? You can't sit there. This doesn't mean you could sit there and change it. And like, what's going on? I don't know. Cheese, steak, hot dog, and pot pie just went down. I'd have more of a connection with that. I'd be like, pot pie? Who did he ever do to anybody? But you have these characters. So I'm like, Marvel made. There's me. I'm typing away. Marvel made. All right. Okay. That's one issue. All right. Logie and Quista. All right. I'm out. Let's just get going because this is a bunch of nonsense. And it just drove me nuts. Even when we get to Hyperman later on on Thread World and stuff like that. And and it doesn't matter. He can't just say like, oh, man, I thought this planet would last for this planet is being destroyed. But he has to end up. It's almost like I'm we're on the podcast and I'm doing this and I'm I'm doing a teleplay. And I'm like, and that's the day Quaker Town was destroyed. And everybody's like, oh, man, Quaker. But then I, you know, Johnny at the A plus. He ain't around anymore, right? No. What are they going to do at that vegan store? Nobody knows these places. So are you just throwing them out there like this? It doesn't give more levity. Do it. I just want to get going. I don't need I'm to be I'm just waiting to find avalanched. out what the whole big deal about this whole thing is. That happens to be a gamma radiation that this thing is emitting that's destroying yeah. all of these things. Because I keep pointing out the idea that it's going after antimatter mining colonies and stuff like that. Because, you know, if you go to the whole thing of the reverse-overse, which he considers, <sighs> yeah. you know, the antimatter, anti-matter universe for some reason. Universe, yeah. He get the, whoever this like mad lantern is is feeding all of this apparently. But the idea that the gamma radiation that it's emitting is a big deal. I'm like, I, I don't know what that means for the story. But you keep telling me the gamma what radiation. It probably but now, will mean. Let's go off to how Jordan, who's on vacation, yeah. who has to fight a demon now, who's Abin Sir of Earth Twenty, who happens to be gone mad because he has a dark star, or because it's this series a black star medallion that's driving yeah. him. Like you are throwing so much on here. So much is no there. idea what you're because doing anymore. Even then, you, I just I'm, I'm waiting this. for anything to go back to the beginning with that you know. And how Jordan Yellow Lantern that we had, I think, in the first issue had his yeah, heart being experimented on. To come back around. Maybe it will. Uh, with this, though, Maybe. you also, as you have all these planets, and oh, Marta, go warn the United Planets, alert the Green Lantern Corps, do it now. And they, she goes off, and then you're on Planet, Planet, Cranelteen, the Throne World. Just these are all in section 2814, but there's the headquarters, the United Planet Superwatch. Then you have Hyperman, you have all these other, you have the gamma radiation, and what I think might happen i don't know i know it series. is it really is and and that's not that bad even though you know how whether finally, it's supposed yeah. to be or not yeah yeah really ran uh you end up then also where i think that this gamma radiation this might be something way out there and i haven't heard this before i think that what we're going to find is Hal's going to go back to earth right he's going to be on earth and barry allen's going to be playing the harmonica He's going to be in his car, playing the product, and the gamma radiation is going to get there, and Hal's going to push him, and he's going to turn into this hulking figure. They might be a hulking figure. That's all I kept thinking about was the gamma radiation. radiation. How's the Hulk plague of this? And then what happens later on after that is that that the daytime is Hal's time. Eric, the nighttime is the Green Lantern hulking figure, they call him. It's not a great name. And then he goes to hell. That's what happens. It's going to go. And, and that, that by then, Al the Ewing is Green on the Lantern. book, and we have it in. But yeah, these, these names being thrown out were just killing me. But the overall story of a united, multiversal Lantern Corps that seems neat. The problem is, is when you get neat with Grant Morrison, it gets so wonky 
that it scares well, the me. The whole thing, but the it, headquarters of the United Planet Superwatch, we're not dealing with it anymore. Just elect no. a Green Lantern Corps. No, I'm done saying by done. the end, when they end up where it does seem like, oh, you you're know, talking if you about the Green live, Lanterns who come together yeah, for the Yeah, I'm just saying in all of this, how they're trying to, it, it seems to me that they're spelling out that there there isn't, a, you know, this big mad lantern and they're going to need all of the multiversal lanterns to fight back against it, even has it in some of the solicits and things like that. So I'm kind of, right. you know, talking out of school here. But with that, that's exciting. That seems neat. That seems really out there. And the problem, it, when you have Grant Morrison, he's already five points out there. You know, he turns it up to 15 right away. When he gets out there, now we're at 20. You know, normal, oh, no. all this, it's crazy. But yeah, the visuals in this, you can have a lot of fun. If you're just oh, here, I just, I, I see people telling me though, just have fun, just have fun with it. But the idea the that I'm there and just being, I'm just attacked by just nonsense that in the end doesn't matter. And everybody gets called out on it. Grant Morrison, because of who he is, gets a pass. And I want to become one of these guys. Why can't I be one that gets a pass? If I mess up completely, I shit the bed on this podcast. And then people can then say, I get all these comments. Oh, Jim, you really screwed up that time. And then I want this other faction to join in and go, you just don't understand. And I sit there knowing I just completely shit the bed, as I said. But I'll go with it. Uh, yeah, I want to yeah. be one of these guys. You said you want to be one of those actors that is in one movie but could go to conventions for the rest of your life. That's all I want. Things. That's all you want. I just want to be a guy that I can say anything. I pull shit out of my ass and people will think it's deep. That's all I need. And that if you don't understand me, it's your fault, not mine. I need this. I really need well, even this. This whole idea where we are on this planet and we get come through this whole thing where the big mystery is revealed that this demon that they're trying to get to and fight yeah. is actually Abinser who's taking and, over. And the way he it's jumps very, from that, it's it's Batman well, 66 to me when he's like, you know, see, see, uh, you know, ocean, see, Catwoman. It's, you know, Abinser. And then well, it's the he, same thing we had with Power Ring when he was trapped inside Merwin yeah, the other yeah, time, yeah, issues ago. But this thing. whole thing, though, he's, he likes these word off, games. All these demons that this this monster is throwing at them. The whole thing yeah. is that we have these green monsters that are coming, which is fine. But then you're getting stabbed, bloods coming on them. They don't look like constructs until yeah. we have they, the reveal that it's Abinser of Earth twenty. Then they start looking like then, constructs. Yeah, then it's like, a construct. What are you and doing? It, it's like, kind of playing the idea. You're really forcing it's this. It's trying to pull it off. It's it's trying to yeah. fool you until it's not fooling you. But the and fooling isn't, and the fooling isn't that big. It it really doesn't no. matter in the long run that he is. And even then they're like, oh, man, this demon. I Just the idea. This is where you'll have, oh, man, the just the imagination where there is a giant, you know, freaking mountain of flesh and bone and Gross. meat. And they're like, that's Abba Nazar. They said he did fall from the sky as a dreadful black comet. Oh, okay. I I don't know yeah, what you're getting. I, at. You. I do like I Dreadful do like I I do like uh, the the satyr. He, he's pretty funny. Because <laughs> he just says fellers. I like that he says fellers like butters on hey, on fellers. Hey fellers. I, I do like that. <laughs> at, at a point, he even has a joke that I hope I don't pass by because I thought it was funny. Uh, and you do get Hal Jordan in medieval armor flying on a dragon. You're not going to get that in many other books. So I understand. No, no, I understand 
where some people are coming from that they're just along for the ride. But that's the problem. I'm not just along for the ride. Unfortunately, I got to get on this podcast. And I, I don't know if you realize I'm not one of those guys that can just say anything and people will think it's deep. So we have to explain this. First, I have to write a review for it. Now I have to explain it. And some of this stuff just can't be explained. It, it's just no. ridiculous. He, You have the ring, like you said, talking to Hal out of nowhere, just like the kind of like the the snarky, you know, ring that Jessica Cruz had at one point. I don't mind right. that. And we often say that a book that has a singular character needs that. The thing is, Grant Morrison well, does Sadier, a really good job. Well, that's what going I'm saying. We don't this need is the, the ring talking this point. Grant Morrison actually does a very good job in his own book here of never really putting Hal Jordan completely on his own. So you always have somebody to play off of. But maybe this is a setup for when he goes. But he seems to be joining a company of a trillion coming up. But now, yeah, they're, I, I they're just fighting. I will tell you, fighting. the thing is, even with this idea of this planet just hates Green Lanterns and it saps their energy, they're like, you know, quicker than any other place in the universe, yeah. it seems like. I do like that idea because we have not had any Green Lantern in a long time whose power battery has gone to zero at that point and they'd have to recharge where they have. Back in the day, that used to be the big thing. If you, like, you haven't recharged in a while, now you just have to be you fighting off whoever without the Green yeah. Lantern power. That used to be a big thing for the Green Lanterns. Have not yeah. seen that in a long time. Yeah. But even yeah. though we have that here and I appreciate it, doesn't really matter for what we're dealing with. Yeah, and we with had that this. in the first issue too. Remember when the, the guys right. came down and he was fighting them? I do like that you have that medallion that is controlling this Abin Sir. And how now, would you consider that a, a black cutters. star medallion or a dark I, star medallion? I think because it, for some a, reason we had to do the black stars in the series. I think that it'd probably be considered a black star. Uh, but yeah, I like that he uses the uh, bolt cutters. He's very practical in his construct. <laughs> he doesn't have a lightsaber. He uses bolt cutters. But he ends up doing that. And I do like that progression of when this Evan Sir realizes, you know, I, I don't wish to fight and do anything like that. But I love here's where I love the deal. They're trying to figure out what to do with this Evan Sir. Now, the the first part, too, is the idea that he's Abin Sir, and it doesn't seem to click in even the point where, well, I knew an Abin Sir once. It takes a little bit of time for Hal to bring that up. I wonder if he means then. old Ben Abin Sir. Yeah, that's what it reminded me. I mean, like, <laughs> nobody's talked to that old guy in a while. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's odd where he's just like, huh, hey, I remember my Abin Sir, but you're not the one I remember. It's like playing in the deal where we realize this is not the Abin Sir. You may be yeah. called the Green Lantern in the book, but this is not the – so you, you just get it over like and right Abin away. Sir, say, he's from Ungara, huh? Like, I, I mean, know a wouldn't guy this once named Abin Sir from Ungara. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't this be like at a point where you might be like – what the hell are you doing impersonating the guy who's, you know, real important to me and stuff? Wait, wait till Sinestro here. Hashtag multiverse problems. Sinestro will slice your throat. He'll kill you. (laughs) But yeah, see, I have that. But this is where really one of the one of the better jokes that I've read in comics in quite some time. So I have to give Grant Morrison a complete deal. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to up my score by a half a point just for this because they're kind of like, hey, you know, my Abinsir died a long time. But then they're like, hey, we can't trust him, Hal. He nearly killed us. Feck goes, Heh, I agree. You can't you can't trust anybody with horns. <laughs> He's there right there with these big horns. <laughs> you know, I don't trust none with horns. He's like, yeah, I did. you definitely taught me that there, Feck. And it made me laugh so much. Plus, he smoked. Come on, fellers. I loved it so much. Also, at the one point, he even starts oritating. Fellers, lend us yeast peepers. And looky here. 
I'm telling you, I like this feck. He's pretty and good. And all of a sudden, but, when he's, like the, everything's coming down against him and the woman here. It's all I do. I guess we're going to go out fighting and farting, huh? No, I'm not <laughs> yeah, doing that feck. Yeah, he, he's funny. He's good. I like him with the pipe there. He's smoking the pipe. He's doing I, he, horns is a deal breaker. He says, that makes me laugh. He he hates the thing he hates the most about himself, Aaron, those stinking horns. Um, but yeah, you end up having this and it, it's very good art. The art pretty much is incredible. Yeah, I enjoy in this. this a lot. And that's where you end up like very quickly where I'm enjoying this section. When we get done with the, you know, the Black Star amulets cut off, you start having this. When the mystery you know, is talk. solved, we start looking yeah. at the bigger I'm, story around yeah, us with the I'm Mad Lantern and the multiversal and then, the Green Lanterns. That's something that's cool aspect right there. And then I'm like, it, it kind of was like, oh man, what the hell is going on? But it's it's very exciting. And you do have the reverso verse, you know, hate, death. And it, it's a neat thing. And with this here, I like it. And you have this adversary even saying, I screwed us all. I, I ended up giving this guy the keys to the kingdom here. I've screwed up. But I like where you have, again, earlier in the issue, you do have this adversary who is, you know, taken over by the Black Star deal. And you have more of this, you know, talking a different language we can't understand. You right. have things going on. I love the backwards words here and he doesn't get fancy the reverso man yeah the reverso he does not get fancy because he knows that would kill it right so you just you need to just be able to look at it and death pain and kill yeah Yeah, i love it and i love that he is very big on you know having the uh punctuation they're all they all have you know not exclamation points at the end he he has that because these are just you know normal things to him Death, hate. I just that's just a joke. But it's I do the like the emissary that. of the Quardians, you know, the yeah, reverse I do like that. Fuck, it's the antimatter you know, so I'm like, shouldn't that be like the antimonitor or something? What is this giant monstrosity coming through? And yeah, what did he Adam has Surge do right? to give him the keys to the kingdom to enter this world? Because it seems like, you know, oh no, shit's going bad. The rest of the Green Lantern sent me to Earth Zero here to get Hal Jordan, and somehow I got you know, possessed by the dark stars or black stars yeah. at this point became a bad guy here. And now the reverso freaking Quam yeah. man is now. I, like the, my, I think the Quam man, the, the metal but, part, like the, the, um, the one half the without the skin part? and stuff like that. He looks, it looks a little like Iron Maiden's Eddie. Baird, it, made it does me look a bit like Eddie. It, it made me but giggle. But the thing is, what we had before on Throne, not even on Throne World, but that first world with all those heroes that died because yeah. of the antimatter colony didn't you know wasn't that i'm pretty sure that was our you know earth universe earth zero universe that was happening to so wasn't he already here what is this whole thing because that was is it two different characters i don't know because we never saw this definitive creature and that was just kind of an outline of something it was very odd to get from that because that's something that really threw me off as the beginning because it really did feel like an alternate earth situation with all these different characters but i don't think it was and that's where we end with the, you know, come with me if you want to live, where you get a portal open and out comes some crazy characters. Most of them, if not all, are, you know, you got Grant the Batman, Green Lantern from them. Earth 32, yeah, Flashlight Earth 32, from Earth 36, and, and Magic yeah, Lantern from Earth 47. Yeah, it's, it's Flashlight from Earth 36, and in that they have the Super Team Justice 9. Yeah. I, I ended up writing a couple of these things down. And the Bat Lantern one's cool uh, because Earth 32 is the Justice Titans that have a mouth. The ones that combine, yeah. And so you have Black Arrow, Wonder Hawk, Aqua Flash. Aqua Flash sounds like a podcast for the making. You know, that's what we'll do Flash <laughs> and Aquaman books, Aqua Flash. And Super Martian is Super one of those. Martian's and cool the Magic looking. Lantern. 
who I can only imagine that this is the universe that Grant Morrison has created so that he has his own heaven when he dies to go off there. And it is the, the Earth universe is nobody's yeah, it's heaven. It's the President Prez Rickard who finances its champions, the love syndicate of Dream World. I love, too, as the, the description <laughs> ends with all is groovy. And uh, I'm like, really? Just imagine that. You know, we're here. Me and you, we we love to be heroes. We get put on a team and we're like ready to go. And we're like, all right, let's get going. And well, we are, but we're on this team now. I forced you into it. I'm like, this is going to make the podcast be great. We're actually heroes now. And we're going to go off. And you're like, what's the name? I don't know. They didn't tell me the team name, but I'm sure we'll be able to come up with some real good trash talk. Once we know the name, we're going to have like a call out, you know, Avengers Assemble type of thing ready. And I'm like, what's the name? We're ready to go. Let's oh we're the love syndicate of dream world all right i'm, I'm out, out. Hey, what am i gonna do it's time for you to dream here groovy love hey it's it's nonsense but yeah with that i will love pull aside a second and tell Man. everybody i told you and everybody on the slack and the get fresh crew boom Boop. that i went to review this and i already said earlier that when I go to review this book, I usually end up on, you know, pretty much not realizing I'm supposed to review it. This was a Reggie book. You were going to review it. And then at the last second, the day that first one you were going to do, which I think was just the last one, you were dreading it, but you had a lot more books than me. So I said, you know what? You really don't like Grant Morrison, though. I think that this would have been better served for you to review because you are a multiversity guy, but I I ended up, Oh, I'll do it. So it, it, I go to do it and it's driving me nuts. I only have a couple minutes left until, so I'm writing my intro and I'm like my intro and both of our intros when we start a review, like we kind of have a little bit of recap, but most of the time you have more recap than me. My intros are basically, I want everybody to know how I feel about the book. And then, so once you go in, if you didn't read any of my reviews, you'll know, oh, Jim was down on it, but now he likes it. Oh, he's down. He's still down, whatever. And I ended up making up a joke. And I'm like, this book makes me feel like I'm on drugs. I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use that Timothy Leary freaking turn on, tune in, drop out. I'm going to say that at the beginning of my review, and I was going to screenshot it too, just to show, because it seems so forced, but it wasn't. And so I put, I don't know. I guess the only way I'm going to ever be able to enjoy this book is if I take Timothy Leary's advice and, you know, tune out, tune in, drop out, the, the whole deal, ready to have that to go and then i get to the end i'm like he has turn on tune and try oh, it's magical he got me i was trying to diss the book and and no he dissed me without even knowing because he had that so i couldn't put that in my now i look like a hack at the beginning <laughs> that i used his deal so I, I pulled out now with that after i read it a bunch of times and after you know talking right now with you i'm probably going to go up more than i've ever gone up for a review because i gave this a oh four my. five on the site i'm actually going up a full point to five five i could even be convinced to go to a six if it does so end it. up panning out if it i'll go then as well because the more i read it i realized that i was angry about some things now this is where does this make sense that the score went down because grant morrison threw in things that didn't matter But then when I read it again and talked to you about it, I realized that those things that I got mad at didn't matter. 
But exactly. I, was mad. I gave it a four or five, though, I, I because was, they I was didn't more matter. Mad at, I was the most mad about the Grant Morrison stuff in this when I realized, though, the things I'm mad at, there could still be a fun that's story here. Saying. And I look forward to what's yeah. coming because of what And that's what why this I said at the beginning, here. my whole beginning setup with my blurb to go into this review here is the idea of why is he doing that, though? Why I said that when he first jumped on this book, I said Street it the cred. minute that I started reading it, is that I think that he wants to make you work for anything of his. I just I think imagine that it's like, oh, no. You, I'm Grant Morrison. I have to Grant Morrison this thing up. Yeah, who, who, yeah, who characters I'm can you. I find to throw in? And, they and expect what this it nonsense. seems to me in a in a baseball analogy that I kind of told you the one time, and you were looking at me with a blank stare, kind of like telling huh? me when we're making love, Aaron. Uh, that it you reminds that? me. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I, way back, I. It's like a pitcher. Grant Morrison is a pitcher. So when the pitcher starts going, he's going to try each game to figure out. Yeah, you are going to figure out the strike zone. So you're going to go. You're going to find. Okay, that was a strike. Well, I'm going to go a little bit further out. Okay, that's a strike. This is a big thing that Greg Maddox, who was a guy who had extreme control and and control of the strike zone would talk about that you would just keep going out and to learn during a game what the umpire's calling until you get to that point okay he said that was a ball so i'll put it in a little more and then you get an idea of where the furthest out can be i think that's what he does he ends up i'm gonna grant morrison just a little bit more see if they see if this you know goes all right they loved it i see all these tens i'm gonna go a little bit more and he keeps going i don't think that with a Grant Morrison, there ever is a ball. Everything no, for his fans is a strike. I'm about to go on strike. But with this, I think that it's one of those that me and you are, you know, brothers in arms here trying to get through this because both of us can see a pretty cool can see something going. once also, you wade through the nonsense. And yeah. Now, with that, too, you also have to realize that it took a couple issues for us to hate because we're now pretty much like whatever happened before. It's done and gone. You know what I mean? Matter. You're like, yeah, I'm it doesn't you, matter. I'm actually hoping it does matter because with this whole quarry and reverso verse, I'm like, nah, maybe we'll get back to that goddamn vampire planet. Letter. You know, no. mere, uh, well, these are part of that with the U bomb. Mere with the black stars. See, we have the black star symbol stuff. here. Maybe the black stars are coming yeah, back. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Commander Moo. But yeah, it, we may. We may have some things come up. But yeah, Hal Jordan is on a planet without any technology that has volcanoes erupting and dragons. His ring is depleting, but that's what he calls a vacation. He has worse vacation ideas than the year I went to Cleveland, Eric, for a vacation. <laughs> It's pretty terrible. That was pretty bad. I I did take the downtown tour of the the piss-smelling train. That was great. Uh, what what would you give this? You set a six, then, right? Six I'm going to yeah, go, I'm gonna go with you. I'm going to go six. I look forward then. to what could happen in the next issue for what was yeah. set up here. But and I only saw that once I was able to wade through all the Grant Morrison nonsense, which is how again, about I, I need say. It. It's a 5-5 five, five for me if nothing pans out. If this pans out, I could even go higher than a 6, but I'll say a 6 for right can't now. Do but can't do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure podcast. If you think it's a 6, press 3 now. There you go. People are pressing 3 now. I don't know why. They, I don't know what they're pressing, but they're pressing 3, and then they can go off to 6 months from now where I'm like, they're, yeah, they're that was great. stop and unsubscribe. Can we do that? Choose your own <laughs> podcast. That's what 3 is. <laughs> unsubscribe and delete. But yeah, we're going to go off now to some mail with probably just me talking. So I will see you on the other side, Eric. The flip side?
So you had a con and you acted like your shit don't stain. All publicity good. All release, that's what you think. You hate every bad you wanted to die. So you let Tom King ruin Wally West. You keep trying to kill off Nightwing even though he is the best. He's dead to D.O. and he hates all of DC's fans And he keeps screwing us because he knows he can And when he smiles it means he's gonna kill another Teen Titan The biggest villain at DC Comics name is Dan Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen. Let's hear. Yes, and we don't need Eric Shea. He's not here. I'm here with Pete from NYC to hello. do a We don't need him at no, all. No, we're doing the mail <laughs> here without him. And if you want to be part of the mail for next week, at least, uh, give us a mail at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and you'll be the star of the show. And we have one mail section, and it's going to be two mails here, and it's going to start with Wolf Cypher. It says, two mails? That's like a Saturday night I know, for you, it huh? really is nothing. <laughs> Dear Jeans and Airwave, and I guess you're Airwave now, Mad Magazine is dead it's truly an end of an era and a vacuum cannot exist in nature the weird science shows need to fill this gap the guides need to bring back bring it back billy guy kid <laughs> edit that out girl who is jess Who's it that? makes me laugh you edit me, it out Jim? girl yes burn <laughs> victim may west jimmy durante tanya and while you're at it add some new bit players to the show to derail any attempt at staying on topic when reviewing dc books i i there is something that came up this week that i can't even remember by now that me and eric did that i was making some stupid thing up <laughs> show is already just a few characters away from being a mad podcast and don't shy away from fat shaming aka eric and nice. song parodies eric's All having right. problems he was trying yeah. to get in shape Did for he that fit wedding into his talk is he wearing a tux he's not wearing a tux he's wearing pants from, uh, no he's just wearing pa- pants and a, a shirt <laughs> he's, he ended up not doing much for this is jim he even bringing jess but, is he bringing uh, jess yeah oh yeah jess oh, okay. will be there then gotcha. at least she gets to go jim's uh, jim had me crack out when he was trying to explain who BTS were to Eric and commented on Hanson during last episode uh, mail <laughs> section. I love how Eric has no inclination to learn anything that's going on <laughs> in the here and now outside of his boy cave and now Jim is the worst at explaining what today's trends are. I, I think I said today on the news program that I believe the kids say drop it like it's hot still. They still uh, do, I think right? That they do. So that's I think what so. I think. If only you guys had a podcast about current trends and culture, maybe you guys should start one a show that covers what's popular in today's culture. I suggest you name it Hot Topic. 
How about <laughs> hot take? But yes, speaking of show ideas, Jim Iyer, Eric won't be joining you on the next video game podcast. No, he won't be joining me ever again on that podcast. Ever, huh? So what you was that last one? That was yeah, the, one or last two, I think uh, he did. Okay. You should have a second host on these shows. Incidentally, the next episode is covering your top favorite RPGs, which it is not. It actually is going to be my top sequels. But incidentally, mm-hmm. RPGs are my favorite video game genre. Incidentally, I was the one that suggested a video game show. He was. Since you need a second host for that show at the risk of sounding entitled might i suggest double a ron guest host on that episode (laughs) but i'm telling you i'll get all the wolf cypher and see if he wants to talk some video games i've been noticing that jim keeps bringing up his buddy brett on all the shows that's a low blow jim you have a bestie in eric and you keep throwing your ex at his face i'm telling you you don't understand at work there is this guy ian i i hear about this guy at least 50 times a day. Eric has not even seen this guy in seven years. And all I hear is me and Ian used to do this. Me and Ian used to do that. I'm like, go get your Ian. That's where the whole deal was. At There's one no point. Ian. Was he from yeah, Canada? Yeah, at one point, they used to have these things where they, were, they would play tag. Yeah. At work, like you just run and, and they tag me. I'm like, this game's over. I ain't tagging nobody. I'm not going to get in trouble for this nonsense. Ian used to play tag. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's why Ian doesn't work here anymore. Eric, the next part is for you only. So I need Jim to stop reading for a second and let Eric see this part of the mail. Also, I don't know if Wolf Cyber, he seems to know a lot of the older characters, but does he not remember such a friends of Eric's as Knuckles slash Cuts? <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Elbows. Eric, the next part is for you only. So well, who's he the says, one? Wait, who had the friend who got decapitated? That was me. Oh, that was my you. buddy Randy. And, and yeah. you laugh every time. Oh you yeah, tell he lost story. he lost his head. This is what he did. <laughs> I hadn't seen that guy in a long time, but it, it was freaky. And and the weird thing I, I found out more of that recently uh-huh. uh, was that his wife was alive in the car with him then, and that's just oh, horrific. Man. You know, I can't even laugh at that, maybe. You know what I mean? But yeah, he okay, Eric, are you with me? Eric's not here. This is the best time for Wolf Cypher to get a hold of us with this. Uh-huh. Is Jim closing his eyes and turned away? No. Good. Eric, I suggest you throw into Jim's face your current crew of friends. Make Jim jealousy relationships with Waspinator, Skeletor, Hot Pockets, Burger King, and cigarettes. Mighty Max <laughs> Legos or whatever the hell else you tittle away with. And let uh, feel the sting of knowing you two have a life that doesn't involve him. That'll show him. I'm telling you, that's all we used to hear about. Doc. That's one of his friends. Doc Cuts. Knuckles. Knuckles. These are legit friends. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, Jim, you can come back now. I have, and, and it's not, that's the thing too, is Eric ends up, like we sometimes will take Fridays off now. We really like uh-huh. to try to take those days off. From work or podcasting? No, or no, podcasting. Eric takes every Tuesday <laughs> off from work. He can't take Friday off as well. I the Eric and work watch yeah, every day. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. He's missed 10 of the last 12 uh, Tuesdays. Oh. And and this isn't this isn't throwing shade behind his back. I yell at him every day about that. right. Uh, but every hey, Monday, if he's getting away with it. Why I not? Know. Right. Every Monday, I'm like, you're not going to be in tomorrow. Oh yeah, I will. <laughs> no, you won't. Why are you even lying? He's like, oh, I'm not planning on it. Uh, he says, I feel your habit of never making new friends. But as he as I'm saying, what I was going to say is on Friday nights when we don't record, mm-hmm. there are a lot of times he goes and hangs out with his friends at the bar in town that he walks to, uh-huh. and, uh, and here I am. 
doing nothing. That's Left when I'm catching alone. up on these other shows <laughs> right. uh, where he's – I'm telling you, I end up uh, – I'll go home one night and I'll record three shows for Patreon. I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, I am exhausted. I'm trying to make videos now for our YouTube channel. And I'm having fun doing that, but that takes right. like, it takes me six hours for video. So I'm doing <laughs> this. And then he's supposed to do some new show of his. I go into work. I'm like, hey, well, what'd you do last night? He's like, oh, man, I watched like six movies and a cartoon. <laughs> I'm like, you want to mix in the show that you were going to do? And then, oh, I was hanging out with Doc and Knuckles. So I'm telling you, you, you Wolf Cipher, you're, you're – talking to the wrong person about this shade i why he says uh jim i feel your habit of never making new friends and hating to engage with other people needs to be addressed i want us to put together a get fresh crew meet and greet at the werner family estate where everyone the get fresh crew can have ourselves a good old-fashioned con together it's the weird science con nobody's gonna like to see this house and then tanya would go nuts she'd start screaming rafe would start beating people up slap on your shorts oh and if we were gonna do this everybody must wear shorts shorts and a hoodie hoodie? yeah slap on your shorts i degree weather yeah i had a hoodie on today i went food shopping and and it was was hitting me hard slap on your shorts drive eric over and we can all finally meet each other and your delightful kids it's time you got out of your (laughs) shell and what better way to open your home to your loving fans oh my fans (laughs) and now i guess i'll talk about dc or whatever my current pull list for dc is doomsday clock there you go okay so practically my current pull list is (laughs) non-existent i'm sitting here waiting for either uh things to wrap up or new things to start before jumping into anything DC. Year of the Villain hasn't been even begun yet. Kind of it has. Uh, and mm. I'm already waiting for it to end. I'm forever waiting on the next issue of Doomsday Clock. I'm waiting to see how it'll take, who will take over Batman after Tom King leaves the book. And if there will ever come a day that Bendis is off the super titles. Uh, this week coming up, I believe that Bendis might be on 700 titles. Yeah. He may yeah, have 700 books that. this week. Yeah, There's so that. many. Legitimately, and I think it's five. And that's ridiculous. I, and he's just say, adding more. And since I've been back into books, I don't know, past couple of years, this is probably the lowest interest yeah. that I've had oh, in the I, week to I weeks. Say that, I know? said that, I but think, the on the Patreon show. But the ass. I yeah, love it that app. You know, yeah, it really it, is That's the thing me. is, and that's the savior. Mm-hmm. If you don't like what's going on now... There's plenty of books from before that are really good. They're not canceling that, that, right? They're not canceling the service. No, they had had talk about it, but I I don't think – I think what they were saying when they were talking about, you know, quote-unquote canceling it, I think that the problem with that app may be that the – original programming is way too much of a cost for what they're getting back. You know, the right. reward of that isn't big. And then right. also just having these movies on there, the streaming costs, things like that. Yeah. I think that they made a mistake, not just at first. And I know a lot of people love the media and stuff like that on there, the movies and such, uh-huh. but I think that they should have just had a, comic app first and then see how that went because that's their stuff i mean there's i i I don't know the semantics of it but that seems like that's the cheapest part of it and then from there all of a sudden you're oh man everybody's interested then start adding some movies and things like that i think that they tried to go too far over the top out of the gate to try to outdo the marvel unlimited which again is fantastic. I was yeah. on both the DC Universe and the Marvel Unlimited apps today, uh-huh. just going through and reading. I read an old Punisher issue. Uh-huh. Then I actually read an old Detective Comics issue. I, you know, I was just bouncing back and forth, just yeah. sitting there reading stuff, and I love it. I do so think have the that- interface with 
I mean, the it, Marvel Unlimited is yeah. a better interface. Yeah, I think that yeah. I was just going to say. I think the DC Universe app needs a better interface, especially when it it'll comes mature to mature over time. You know, yeah, I mean, they're okay. trying to get the product out there, trying to yeah. evolve it while yeah, they're okay. still and, making and some And that money. community part that Eric loves that community. Does deal. He? He's on those oh, message I boards. Try and find him in there. Yeah, you got it. He's their <laughs> messaging people, and he's like, <laughs> "Do you know his name? Do you know what is?" I'll find out. I'll tell you because I want to get it on the download. You know, pretentious Eric. He's there talking, and he just wants anybody to recognize him like oh my aren't you on that podcast that he's sitting there he's so guy? upset he's so upset nobody's <laughs> recognizing him uh, i don't think he's ever been on uh, uh this many uh i don't think he's even been on the books a year and it feels like he's been on the super books as long as king's been on batman i i just now number one you got to admire that guy for his work ethic he is yeah. a workhorse that guy can pump out 15 books a week if yeah. he wants to. The problem is they all kind of feel similar they to do. me. So maybe they that's really why do. it's, it kind of seems to take a little bit out of them. And, and that's kind of why I've gotten really, really have not been in soup into Superman action yeah. comics. They all kind of now run into each other. Yeah, and me like, and Eric have problems. I'll start talking. Eric like, has a better memory hell? than me. And that's something that I, I don't know if people realize that <laughs> he has a very good memory. I have none. So when we're talking about things, uh, I'll be like, yeah, you know, when we have that silent mafia over there in the Superman, he's like, no, that's action comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that Jarrell and that, you know, action. No, that's Superman. I always forget because they run together. They really and, do. And I do think also is and I don't know that this would change like a Brandon's mind or anything. But Brian Michael Bendis came over. And everybody was kind of ticked off. Not everybody, but people, mm-hmm. you know. But him being on this many books this quick really kind of takes the, the you know, the uniqueness out of it. Or, you know, right. the coolness of him being here because he's taking over everything. Yeah. So now yeah. it does. He is. He feels like Darth Vader. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he actually more looks like <laughs> the emperor. So I should say that. <laughs> you know, I could just see him. They're like, listen, we're not going to end up letting you do the Legion of Superheroes. He's like, you will. And he starts shooting lightning out of his hands. Yeah. He starts yelling. But yeah, he's well, on. I, I think he's on too many books. He's watered yeah. down already. And it just it yeah. takes away you know, any sort of, you know, excitement about it because he's yeah. on everything. It and I'm surprised, you, I'm surprised because you, we all know that you love those little kid books, Oh, right? yeah, and so, he's big on those. And he's yeah. All, yeah, I, I thought but he would I, be right and up I your loved, alley. I loved Riri that he did Ironheart when he did uh-huh. her. But even as he's, he's hit a rut in the past couple of years, because even as he was ending his Marvel stuff, you know, with Miles and Reary mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it, it wasn't as good as when it started. It really wasn't. So him yeah. coming over and, and they're really counting on him being this guy who loves these young characters and doing yeah. that with young justice and stuff. It's, it's not clicking with me the yeah, way it he was. He may have and even gotten a little too old. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, there he might have lost point track. where, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like me. Hey, where are the kooky? <laughs> At. I got my yeah, you you have to see obviously not many people even know what I look like but if you did you'd get a kick where I come in I'm already wearing shorts and a hoodie and a lot of times when I come into work I can hear Eric doing his stuff if he's beating uh-huh. me to work and I'll turn my hat sideways and walk uh-huh. in and walk into the office hey where are all the cool kids at he, he just like really it makes him laugh but yeah he says uh, the Superbooks as long as King has been on Batman which is absurd I'm waiting for this new Batman Superman book to begin I, I am too I'm not a big fan of Joshua Williamson overall right. but I think that he's good enough that maybe that book will be good mm-hmm. and for the JSA to get their own book something I've been noticing with the males these past several episodes 
is the majority of them don't really get around to talking about DC books anymore. I haven't been inspired to follow DC anymore. I know you guys will tell me there are a few gems in the muck. There are. I listen to your shows more for the yelling and jokes nowadays, at least with the DC show. But mm-hmm. shit like Heroes in Crisis and DC flat out abandoning their plans with Doomsday Clock, even though a lot of shit that ties into Doomsday Clock has already well enough happened in the actual current DC continuity. So I guess we pretend none of it did as none of it matters. DC continuity at its purest has Mm. disgruntled me to a point. I honestly don't want to support anything this company does and give them my (laughs) deaf ears on anything they promise from now on. This is misery. I'll continue to support Weird Science DC crew, but DC isn't getting any more of my money. I'm telling you, why do you think we started a Marvel podcast? Yeah, That that was why. I'm telling you, at one point, I was like, I'm jumping off this ship with the rats. I'm getting over mm-hmm. to the Marvel side of things. And they have problems over there as well. But yeah. still, I just got this idea that there's not a lot of people who are just flat out supporting DC anymore, or yeah. at least the people we talk to. Yeah. People on Twitter seem it's a golden age of comics. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, what's that? No, you know, and, and, and reading some of these older issues and stuff like that, you just – I don't feel as invested in these. I don't know if we'll kind yeah. of agree with this, but I, I just don't feel invested in a lot of these characters. Like, you know, like I have in some of well, these other they books. They seem you know? to want to change things too much at points and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, I don't know. It, it, they did end up, and I think that the whole – you know, Tom King phenomenon that kind of Mm -hmm. fizzled or at least went back in their face a little. I think that they ended up and this happened in the DCYOU where we had what they called the Harley Quinning of the DC universe. Right. And and they did, then they had the Batgirling, that Burnside Batgirl. They Mm -hmm. had, they'll always, if something gets some hype, they'll like go full in with it before they actually let it calm down. And I do think that DC, because of what was going on with Batman and people really getting on Twitter and like, oh man, this is great. And we've been told that Dan DiDio does look at Twitter and he'll mm-hmm. just jump the conclusions from three oh, tweets. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're like, man, they do. And Dan DiDio, you don't have to push him hard to get to the dark universe th- sort of thing. He wants right. things miserable and dark. I mean, I've even uh-huh. seen him say one of his big quotes was that most heroes have tragic backstories. So why do you not want misery and and death and destruction mm-hmm. but that's because when they have a tragic backstory they pull themselves out of that oh, that's right, what makes them right. the heroes that's he the- doesn't see that he right. thinks that everybody so i think that they did go all in they abandoned the whole rebirth they mm-hmm. abandoned the hope and the dreams and the love mm-hmm. and decided we're just going to go back to the new 52 and i people who hated the new 52 but claim mm-hmm. they love the books now i don't know what they're talking about because yeah. this is new 52 times 12 I gotta you know say, I, I mean? kind of like New Fifty Two. You know, I reading liked a lot it too, of those, but there was a lot of different books. I kind of so. like. It. I, I yeah, really enjoy the, a lot of books uh, now. The early two thousands. So that's kind of yeah, where yeah. I'm at right now. Late nineties, early two thousands. That's 2000s. the deal that you awesome. like now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there's always if people are down, and uh, again, I, I have to stress that everything that we base all of our stuff on kind of is based on people liking dc comics. So yeah. when, you know, this yeah. is basically you know if you had the the head of coke. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and he's there and he's reading all of these mails sent to him about how they hate Coke. Yeah, he's going to get upset <laughs> or not even that. Like, yeah, I hate soda anymore. I don't like that soda anymore. You right. know, then they start to worry. Right. And yeah, it sucks for us, too. It sucks well, for yeah, everybody. And then it's like you're selling Coke and everybody's yeah. telling you Coke sucks. Yeah, and Coke yeah, sucks. You, that's part you're, of your business yeah, plan. Yeah, you know? it sucks. And just and the idea, I like to talk about these books. And then when you don't, it, it makes my weekends really yeah. awful. Yeah. And we spend a lot 
lot of time recording this stuff and then not right. like it really sucks. I know at some point it'll <laughs> uh, win over again. This isn't the first time they lost me, but I do feel like this is the hardest I've dropped the company. So the turnaround, the win me over needs to be much bigger. Way to end the mail on a sour note. And that is Wolf Cypher. And thanks, Wolf Cypher. <laughs> I agree. Uh, me and Eric, obviously, we've had this podcast going for, you know, a couple of years now. And right before Rebirth, of everybody who jumped on, a lot of people jumped on with that first episode of Rebirth and probably started like, man, these guys are having fun. They love all these books. They're positive because we were so beaten down yeah. at the end of the new 52 that we were just waiting for Rebirth. And we really did love it. We were so yeah. excited. So when you hear me get mad, it's because... Because of how excited and how much fun I was having at the beginning, yeah. of, you know, of 2016 and, Rebirth. And was it me? Like I, I had jumped back into into Rebirth uh, at you know once that started, and it felt like it was a lot more connected. It felt like it was yeah, all well, the different the, the books. First there was bunch more of things, continuity there. Yeah. And I think they were trying to be real solid because it was starting out. People were coming back and they really did seem now there's rumors that maybe Jeff Johns was overseeing most of the first issues, Mm -hmm. most of the first arcs, a couple of the first, you know, he was lending his hand and his vision. And then that just ended and the people went off because I'll even point out, I know some people love the Ben Percy Green Arrow run at the end. He he was doing at the end of during the DCYOU at the end of the new 52 and me and Eric or it was driving us nuts it wasn't good you were talking about werewolf biker gangs that were white supremacists <laughs> it was man. really uh, yeah, it was terrible <laughs> and yeah i like the wolf man uh but yeah so when that book started up in rebirth it was like it was it was a breath of fresh air and it was so fun and, and uh-huh. it, it was cool and then it kind of got back to nonsense again but it yeah. seemed that everybody else loved it but me and eric and then we were in the book <laughs> for about five issues for crying out nice. loud and, yeah so we'll go to the next mail and the last mail of the night it's mark jager who says hi jim Eric, now it's Pete, and the unmatched members of the Get Fresh crew. I'm writing to you from the war zone known as the state of Washington on the 4th of July. I think that he is actually from Vancouver, Washington, which is Uh a uh, just saying that worse my brain. Uh, Vancouver, Washington. I think that I saw him (laughs) say that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's where he's from. I'm like, that don't make no sense. You better get a map out, Mark Jagger. Yeah, you better get a a map. What are you, you know? Thunder Bay? <laughs> what, are you, what are you there with, Racky, playing some hockey? The fireworks that are legal here are crazier each year. This year, we aren't buying any fireworks because we can stand in our driveway and see at least three different sets of neighbors, each putting on a fireworks show that will take your breath away. Yeah, uh-huh. we, we have a town fireworks show and it, it, it uh, was not good this so year. So is it, it are it fireworks legal by you guys? Yeah, no, right? No. Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. We only have those certain types, you know, those ones mm-hmm. that you can get on the roadside. But no, right. I can't go and buy a cherry bomb and set off it in somebody's, <laughs> you know, mailbox right. or something I mean, like that. Yeah, we've yeah, they they got not them outlawed in New legal. York so long yeah. ago. And with yeah, Giuliani yeah, it's been and, a while for me as well. But in, so, yeah. but in New Jersey, they have them all over the place. I mean, Why you not? could go to Walmart really? and buy fireworks. It's New Jersey. They're hoping that eventually everybody just blows the state blows off the of state. the map is what they're doing. They're, they're actually suddenly <laughs> trying to get that to happen as we speak. I grew up in the state of Oregon where the only legal fireworks I had were sparklers, smoke bombs, and black growing snakes. Those are all the things Whoa. that I would get at the south of the border. Uh, when we were going to Florida the one time. Uh, and also the uh, one thing where you put the pellet and you get the smoking baby, which I have right. fond memories of, but where is the danger and fun in that? I ended up 
stepping on a sparkler. And I'll tell you, that was dangerous. And I'm still yeah. paranoid of that around this time of year. <laughs> I can only imagine trying to record a podcast in the middle of all that madness. That's why we did not even attempt it this year. We got everything <laughs> done. Most of the years we had done that and also recorded at New Year's, which is also a, a big, you know, a no-no. Right. You don't want to do yeah. that. Last week, while I was reading Action Comics 1012, I had trouble reading some of Bendis' dialogue. You first met me was as Clark Kent. Huh? Maybe Uh, I just need real people reading the dialogue. Conversation between Robinson Good and whoever Trish is. And that's Trisha Q. And that is the gossip calmness. And this is a thing that I'll be pointing out, or I did point out when we did the show. But I'm also making the video of that Action Comics. uh, So you can see the craziness of that again. Because what can I do for you? Lois Lane. That that was a line. And and actually, uh, Mark is being, uh, you know, nice because the stuff that led up to that is, hey, how you doing, Robin? I'm good. Who are you? Big Barda. What can I do for you, Lois Lane? That, that's the dialogue. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, my. I got an image in my head that probably says more about me than I would like. What can I do for you, <laughs> Lois Lane? All right. Done and done. I think Bendis is trying to troll people as subtly as possible, but maybe I'm giving him too much credit. First conversation in the book between two female characters, Good and Trish, totally goes against the uh, the Bechdel test, LOL. But there is another conversation between Good and Thorne later in the book where Thorne jokes that Rose isn't in Arkham because of sexism. Whatever I actually on a whole enjoyed reading the book he says i i got some laughs out of that dialogue this brings me and he's going to talk about a book i i haven't read in a while wonder woman number 73 by steve orlando i haven't read it in a while this is the book Mm. that made me realize how much i like orlando i did not expect much but i enjoyed this book way more than anything in g willow wilson's run which i find very disappointing and i find i enjoy his nonsense he can be hit or miss but at least he writes comic book dialogue not bendis's sitcom dialogue or herky-jerky dialogue that's Tom King drives me crazy with. And I do think that what's happening here is we're mm-hmm. seeing that Steve Orlando is just being Steve Orlando and he's mm-hmm. letting everybody else mess up around him. When you start saying that Steve Orlando's <laughs> dialogue is good, there's some problems. I mean, that used, that was one of the jokes oh, that kept this JLA podcast going was on. Great. That and Midnighter. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, we had thoughts at one point of having Steve Orlando theater where we were going to read the dialogue as like almost like oh, a television. Play. It was bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got fist questions. Eric still says that to me when, when we're doing something and I, I make fun of him or something. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to give you some fist questions. I'm like, oh, you, Steve <laughs> Orlando. Pistol Shrimp, too. I think yeah, he was yeah a pistol, pistol Shrimp was right? him from JLA. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I wish I had that sound. I'm Pistol sorry to trip? see Super Sun's ending, even though I thought it went downhill as the adventures of the Super Sun series went on. Yeah, that that had some problems at the end. I can't forgive Bendis for making two of my favorite characters irrelevant. I hope John and Damien come back as the characters I know and love sooner than later. And he says, have a great week, guys, and I'll see you in seven. And yeah, that's it for the mail. Thanks for joining me, Pete. Yeah, and, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and then Eric will be back next week, and then people will be mailing in, you should have heard Jim make a fun of you. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Wolf Pete's a jerk, and they were making fun of you, Eric. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Jim was saying you don't work. I got to find him in the DC. I'll, I'll find out. Thing, I'll, I'll ask him, because oh, I'll, I'll say to him, like, hey, what's your name in that chat? I, I want to see what you wrote. Because he'll never listen to this. So. No. No. <laughs> he'll never hear this. You're gonna, everybody's going to have to get a hold of him in the mail. He, he has never listened. Listen to one episode of our podcast. Yeah, I sit there and I say, I 
tell him because we're talking, I'll be like, oh, man. And he'll say something like, oh, did you hear this book was canceled? I'm like, I, I talked about it for 20 minutes on, on the, uh, <laughs> the Patreon news show. You've right. never listened to that, have you? He's like, not really. They're like, really? <laughs> not really, huh? Yeah, that, that's as, about as much as I was listening to the cellar dweller. The you cellar jerk. dweller. Yeah, I did. The cellar dweller, he's MIA. What We're gonna have to go. To that guy? I don't know. We're gonna have to get Rambo to go and find him. <laughs> Chuck Norris is gonna have to bring him back. Because he's missing somewhere. You can't call Chuck Norris. Chuck we, we need Chuck Norris to get in there. Ah, uh, yes. There you go. But we're going to go off now to some more books. I'm Spoon James, and I came to say... Fuck Spoon James, we all about that. Hey, coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass. Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not. Hello, with a voice science. that makes the ladies go weak at the knees. Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these. If it wasn't that Jim Mikey wouldn't have no fame. We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and late. Hello, and without science. your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit, the only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick. Speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now. Did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions out your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for MC Clifton with his brother Robin Asadi from the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the pod every day, we love you motherfuckers, but mostly Eric Shay. Just a man, and a man knows a man. Uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. And you know he never fails. No one but the pure at heart may smell just stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, Eric Shay. What? What? There is Dustin what? and Toby. There they go. That's uh, right. Singing your praises, Eric. And this is an yes, Eric Shea section here. Yes, uh, Eric Shea <laughs> is ready to shine. Weird Science Comics Blogs dot blogspot dot com. Hello, Weird Science. Oh, Christine. Weird Science Comics yes. Blogspot dot com. Hello, Weird Science. And it's morning. It's oh morning zoo time, Eric. It's the morning zoo. This just in. We're a morning zoo now. And that is my final answer. See, it all runs together, Eric. It all runs together. Uh, I'm sure crashing does. now for all some reason. Real early. Uh, uh, maybe I'm at a lull here. I might need to take some more medicine. But we're going to talk to books in this works. section. No, I don't think that's how it should work uh, <laughs> either. Uh, we're talking two books here. And probably I think that it's going to be the most positive section on the podcast for us. Uh, what are we starting with? We're starting with Bad Girl Number 36, written by Marguerite Scott. With art by Paul Pelletier and Norm Ratmond, Hi-Fi and and World Design. It's the end of Marguerite Scott's run on this book, and I'm instantly sad because we've seen a lot of steps in the right direction under her tenure, and I don't want to see any backtracking going on, Jim. For this issue, though, we see the terrible trio brought down while Barbara Gordon is toured down to her basics to get ready for the next writer's start. Yes. Now, can, can you spell out to me as the terrible trio? Are we still sure those are masks? Because, boy, they do not feel like there. masks anymore. <laughs> I was when really shark is there was bleeding, a... it, it, no, no, it's no. like that. Just that look when Fox seem... is screaming yeah. in the beginning of the whole thing with that whole mouth open like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he has yeah. a fox head at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, this whole joke that at the one point Reggie laughed at me because I'm like, yeah, I thought they were real. I, I, I think they might be now. I, I was I, we actually were waiting to see if this was a new terrible trio where they actually did have animal heads for once yeah 
Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, there's never a point where somebody's like, we better skedaddle and then the, the jig is up and gone and rips them off. I'm like, I'm waiting for Vulture to just go. They're really nope. committed to the roles. They are very committed to their roles. Now, you can sit here and say that this issue, I think it looks great, number one. I do, too. I think that you can sit there and say, well, overall, you're not doing a lot because you do spend almost the whole issue in this burning down building with pretty much, you know, hey, I'm going to get out. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And then when Barbara does go get out, she ends up being Jose Canseco and has to keep going in and grabbing things and bringing them back <laughs> I out. I thought of that, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's almost 98% of the issue. For some reason, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind oh, it Oh, the at whole all. thing with that, though, because while that is the main majority of the issue, we do have a lot of things playing on this because you have the terrible trio right there. Yes. Mostly we're dealing with Vulture and the idea that, okay, look – our, the, the den, our club, is burning down. All of these people that we're going to blackmail, they just watched us yeah. fail. No yeah. one's getting out of Nobody here alive. Nobody gets we're to watch us fail. to keep our reputation a freaking what it was. Yeah. So this whole thing is so. So you have Vulture with this whole plan. You have Fox, who just wants to save his own neck. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. And Shark, who's at this point, I think, crippled. He can't move. Yeah, he's having and like problems. the whole, like, he is making his own choice at the end because even when Batgirl goes to save him and there's a ceiling about to crumble, he pushes her out of the way. So it's all about choice in this and the choice that Barbara yeah. Gordon makes and making sure that even though these people are scum, everybody gets out alive. Yeah, and, and that's I like this the whole big aspect thing. Because you have a lot of death playing with all these different characters yep. in this whole burning down of the den. Yeah, I like that too. I also want to point out that if ever you decided to kill everybody who's seen you fail, that that's the apocalypse. I mean, apocalypse on <laughs> because so that's much. all anybody's ever seen. Um, but no, when you're going Quite in, you down, get mama. You, yeah, you get that, that idea, that mama. You get the idea here too that there's a bigger, you know, a meta type thing of showing you heroes versus villains. The villains, even yeah. themselves, the terrible trio. They can't even keep together when things are going wrong. You know, they're selling each other out. They're going to let that one die, that one. They're going to go off on their own. And the hero will always end up, you know, the hero's choice trying to save. Even if you're scum, I'm going to save you. Yeah, I'm not going to let you go, but I will save you. So nobody deserves to die in a fiery building like this, but you still deserve to go to jail for what you've done. Everybody who went to school with Carrie White. That is true. She made sure of that. Uh, yeah, but they, they went a little beyond there with the blood. But so you Kids have blood. this, though. Take and that, Judge Volta. I love, yeah. I love the idea, though, that as they're fighting, and it's more of Vulture versus Batgirl, not even just yeah. fighting, but more of Vulture's the philosophy. Up here. Yeah, and a philosophy of how you do things. And basically, Barbara, as her whole world is failing, uh, is being told that Vulture is going to kill people because they failed this one time. And I think that's even in there, you know, yeah. as one of the messages of the things where when you're down and out, that's when you try harder, not just kill people and get out and say, hey, I didn't do it. If nobody sees me fall in the woods, I, I didn't end up losing my pants and getting that stick up my ass. It didn't happen, Eric. Nobody was there to see it. Uh, and also, right. I don't even want to get into what happens at summer camp. But so they, they have this whole we thing going on. And even with it, I like the idea that Barbara is such a good character. And and we love Barbara. We love Batgirl. And I've really enjoyed, it's been up and down, but I've really enjoyed as a whole the Marguerite Scott run. And I like that what she's doing here is kind of a victory lap, but it's it's a downer victory lap. But it's also showing you 
just a hero, but without the, the strength of a character broken down to the fucking yeah. bare minimum. And, at this and this point, is the where, like, that hero. at the end of the Green Arrow series, you had, you know, when Ben Percy left, not the end of the series, but when Ben Percy left, it was that, look at me, I'm Oliver Queen. And you'll even, you got it with Wally West before he went to the sanctuary. They had all of these things, and everything was a victory lap, but a lot of times the victory laps that these guys do. It's on somebody else's dime. They end up showing Wally West when he was younger, being Kid Flash. It's all this, let's get the nostalgia to like this character. And where I get mad at that, because if I'm a Wally West fan, I'm a Green Arrow fan, you don't have to remind me why I like these characters from other things. And what led to, what I like about this is it's very natural. Yeah, it's ending in a forced way, but it, it seems like, you know, she's just off the book. She has to end it. She has to end it in certain ways, whatever. But this is less of a victory lap and more, and it's not just in your face. I'm a hero because I end up doing, no, she's actually fighting through this whole thing and trying to explain. Yeah. And I think that this was one of the better ways to end a a run. run. I thought it was really good. The way that she's going to save pieces of crap. And then take them to jail or whatever. But instead of just the the classic spread page of look at me swinging around and hey, here's where I kiss Nightwing and here's when I did this and I did that. No, instead you have a full out. People are going to die. And then there's even a turn that I could even think that is done because Shark is laying there and hears what's going on. Sees Fox, that help yeah, me, yeah, please. and they won't help. I'm the hell That's out the of thing. Here. And he's I like, like I'm out. Thing. Fox's character is so self like you know into himself at this point for. His own sac- like, I love uh, how he walks, that. like he goose steps too. It makes yeah. me laugh. Like sharks lie in there all power. Help me. Uh-uh. But then he comes to a thing, the door is blocked. No, this can't be. I always win. And when yeah. he's realized that he can't get out on his own, then he bashes the back of Vulture's head so Batgirl could win to get him yeah. the hell out of there with the rest of us. Yeah, and it's, right, look, see, I'm on Batgirl's side at this selfish. point. I need to get out of this fire. Yeah, he's uh, very you, selfish. Even though I love the the art in this whole thing, the worst bit of art in this whole thing. It has wise, to be where it is where shark pushes her because that's where yes, I thought it was off. I didn't know what was happening. I, I thought he I had pushed no her idea. into I it. I thought, yeah, I know in my mind, it was the whole thing where like, you know, he's laying there, Batgirl's helping him. And then he got mad for like, come on, yeah. we can do it. Where do you get off telling me? I can I actually, pushes her away. And then the freaking, the, the yeah. ceiling collapses on him later on. She says that, thank God shark pushed me. I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? That wasn't yeah. self-sacrifice. You know I thought, what? Like, I that's, thought, not, that's not the way I read I, it at all. I thought he was just acting like Fox and Vulture were and was trying to attack. He just didn't have the oomph to do it. And I was like, oh, man, you know, what a jerk. And then you realize that, oh, yeah. And I went back and I'm like, okay, I see it. The art was off there. And both of us saying that without knowing what we were going to say kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the like, point. Yeah. Come on, Shark. We could do it together. I believe in you. And that look for some reason. Then the thing where he pushes her away, I'm like, how do you get off believing yeah. in me? But no, and, that's and, not the way it plays out. He was being too, self-sacrificing. With that as well. I didn't think that he died. What I thought he did was something that was a play on what happened to Fox, where I thought that he saw something going. He pushed Barbara underneath and threw something that then collapsed and she was stuck in there. And then he was like, oh, I wasn't really hurt and got out. But that wasn't the case. He did sacrifice himself. And I like the idea that he did that. And really, there's the victory lap. Who knew the victory lap was for Shark? But he ended (laughs) up doing that because, number one, he saw that Fox was a piece of crap when it helped me fuck the you know we're, that we're he friends trusted. we're friends they're not yeah. to be trusted his no. enemy was and the only one heard, willing yeah. to help him and heard her talking and then coming to save him and then i you think bu- that you, as you a last deal me? even and, a yeah. shark-headed man even a shark-headed man that's eye is out and it might not be a mask now and i'm actually really like guppy 
And Guppy's my cousin. Sharks die if they don't keep moving forward. That's I'm true. paralyzed. What am I, I going to do? Yeah, really. What life does he have as a one-eyed shark that can't move? He's going to die. That's what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. I like one, once I realized what shark had yeah. done, I'm like, all right, that was good. Like, but- I, I, I like that the whole turn of the whole thing. But being told that, I'm like, that's not the way I read that at all from the art yeah. we were given. Oh, yeah. Now, as we go on, uh, one of the parts in this, and this is where I'm going to go back to talking like a Tom King, but also a Brian Michael Bendis and stuff like that, where we talk about like what Stupid. gets us into characters and how that, you know, Tom King will give you like a, a son died and that's why you like Kite Man. You know, that gives you in on Kite Man. Or he picks Kite Man yeah. because Kite Man's always a joke and seeing go or you end up everybody seems to have to die i mean even this week to get the story in that up in the sky the superman walmart book that was just collected you start with the murder of a bunch of five-year-old girls so with that this is where i want to point out that when you actually do character work and this is kind of in a tom uh, tom taylor sort of way as we go that if you do smart character work and stick with it and it can be subtle I actually got some emotions as we ended this issue. Now, first, we do go off to the uh, Gordon Clean Energy. Uh, this basically, I mean, if Gotham anything, clean energy. Yeah, if anything feels like it is a pretty much an editor's note to Marguerite Scott of like, you got to get her out of this Gotham. We need to have a poor, you know, Batgirl when Cecil Castellucci comes on. She wants to deal with somebody who doesn't have a trillion dollars. She, so, yeah, that Which whole, is, was kind of the thing when energy. Batgirl of Burnside started yeah. it was the same edict for that, but they took it yeah. in a weird direction. Yeah, and, and like, so when yeah you I'm have Batgirl this. who's poor and I love selfies. Yeah, yeah, and I ride around on motorcycles drunk but get mad at somebody who's drunk. But, well, that's a fight from the past, Eric. That's a past thing. Oh, my God, is it ever? But yeah, so with this, though, they, they don't want to have her. And, and really, you can't get upset about this because they didn't know what to do with it. It's it's like Jimmy being, Jimmy Olsen being a trillionaire in the end of the New 52 kind of deal where nobody knew what to do then because you end up changing the core of the character by having this idea that she has tons of money, just like Jimmy Olsen. He's a photographer. Which has never been and really shown in the series anyway. No, well, that's what I'm saying. They, they didn't know what to do with it because it does kind of – you know, push the character in a weird direction. If you're going to do it, you had to go full out, maybe make her into her own type of like a Bruce Wayne Batman thing might have been neat, but they never did. They never went with it. So it's going away. And in a way that's so like, hey, uh, you know, thanks a lot for getting everything here and and making sure that everybody has their job. And yeah, Alicia, like, yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I really feel bad. But out. Get out. I'm surprised she didn't call security on her because there's Barbara. She starts this company. All this company started. Alicia was a pretty much Ringo star here. He, she just oh, totally. ended up living in Liverpool at the time. She just was a roommate who That's walked the whole thing. into I think this she got position. The job because like, even after that, because she stopped being the roommate, it's like she started doing all that. Uh, what was that environmental terrorist yeah, kind yeah, of the environmental, kind yeah. of stuff? And I, well, I guess I need to give you a job to keep you out of trouble. Here, run yeah. my company over here. I'm like, yeah. all right. She ends up being the Ringo star of of the freaking DC universe. She has lucked into Frankie's this. Still fully. Into. Now, anybody who's a Beatles fan is mad at me because I. And I am aware. I'm a huge Beatle fan. I'm aware that that is the joke of Ringo, and he's a little more important than that. But say, I'm just going with it. But and, and and pretty much that that drumming that he does was just to keep the beat for the great songwriting of the Beatles, Eric. So you have this here, and it's hey, just hey, like hey. really like there you go. You you, you did it. You, you're a millionaire now yourself. But doesn't even say like 
Barbara's leaving. Like, well, you know, I swear, you know, just scream, swear anything, you know, get mad at me for this. She's like, it's not your problem. You kept people. You did what you I saved told you to the do. company. Yeah. Why isn't she giving her thirty thousand dollars? Why isn't she giving her? I mean, really, everything that this woman owns and has in life is from Barbara, and she's just letting Barbara walk out. And Barbara isn't mad because it's like, well, that's a clean slate for me. I kind of didn't really like dealing Look, with that anyway. Alicia might have given her money, but who knows what life Barbara Gordon's going to have go for it. Everything has happened because, you know, Barbara Gordon was funding a supervillain, Poison Ivy. Who knows what's going to yeah, happen? You start giving I people know. money and stuff like that. They're going to look into true. it. They're going to get kicked out of your company. I'm just saying her own deal. It doesn't have to be company money. I'm not saying, you know, do one of those Lucius Fox things that you're down in the basement making gizmos. I'm saying you just give her money. You say, hey, well, listen, give me money, I Jim. saved Give me $30,000. Yeah, I'm not Alicia. I'm not the head of a, an energy corporation. I don't even have enough energy to get my ass out of bed in the morning, let alone run an energy <laughs> corporation. So I don't have it. But damn well, if we were doing this podcast and somehow we were making a million dollars doing it and there was a vote, I put it on Patreon, vote Eric off the, the show and you got voted, voted off the show, I would give you, I would continue to give you your half of the money, even though you weren't Why did on you even that. put that poll on there? <laughs> I don't know. I, and we You're got in a fight. Me nothing. You heard this me that one idea. time. Me and you have actually gotten a one fight pretty much our whole time that we've known each other. And I fucking flipped out when fucking I, I get so personal with things. It might have been one of those moments. I got mad at you. Know, I put a poll up. And, and then I, the best is you're like, just take down the poll. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't do that. This is it's written in stone here in the Patreon poll. I'm doing it you're right now. You're a psycho. Wow. You talk while I go on to Patreon. I got something to do real quick no and this is where i was talking about when we go i like these odds yeah when we go off i I might have to let me put that poll up there see what it goes because either Uh, i stay on or i got a lot of free time yeah and then really if you're off so do i I (laughs) that's really i'm done uh you you go off there and this is what i was talking about it wasn't alicia though alicia is a long-running character in this in this whole series and it is a shame because i think that she's done I don't think there's any real reason. This seems to be let's close the book on that, which you, you want to kind of do. And one of the things that gets me a little angry in the in the on a side. What about Frankie? Cecil Frankie's long gone. Cecil Castellucci gets to come on this book, and it seems like, hey, before Cecil comes on, we got a clean house here and get a fresh start for her, a clean slate. I want Marguerite Scott to go, where the fuck was my clean slate when I jumped on? I had to end up doing that freaking, you know, the virtual reality story from Nightwing for crying out loud. Everything that Marguerite Scott had to do. Yeah, but she still ended up having to tie up other people's stories for half of her run. This is where I was talking, though, about this deal where very subtle work being done, character work, where by the end of this, I had emotions because Jason Bard, we thought it was ridiculous when he showed up. And we're like, oh, man, a Batman Eternal reference. He shows up. He's got his poor cane there. He's walking around. That'd be funny. He's like, you can't kick me out. I'm part of the Bat family. I'm a cane. Is what he says. They're like, that's not how it works there, buddy. Uh, But yeah, you even had the idea that they didn't play with that much here of the idea that he kind of has an issue that Barbara caused very similar to the Oracle issue that Joker caused, stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I'm saying with all of this, with all of this going on, you have... 
I, I actually have feelings for him. I actually feel bad because she has gotten him to the point where I completely Jason trust Bard's him. Jason Bard's a shit heel. Whether or not he's going to try to have a redemption aspect to his story now, just because he's I interested like in this now. freaking Barbara Gordon. I'm telling you, the whole thing, though, I'm really into this woman whose father I ruined out of nowhere yeah, all that you, you have years that. ago. Like, but that's the yeah. thing, though, tying into the, to the, you know, the trio and all those pieces of shit. You have a guy who showed up that was a piece of shit. That they, I still they can't say that doing, he wasn't behind some of this well, stuff. They the are doing a redemption, but the thing is, in the book, he's not doing that. He's not there begging anybody for anything. He's not saying he wants Barbara to give him a chance. He said that, but he's just doing his thing. And he is looking out for Barbara at a point where her and her father aren't talking. She doesn't have any friends now because I told you, Alicia, she just threw her out in the street like a bum. And so he, but he's there. They can he's, still be and, friends. And, but with this though, he says, and I, I like what he's like, you know, I have a couch that's very surfable. And I'm like, oh, look at you. Look at you with your, your fancy 90s hair, you jerk. But he, he's there. and But that's not – It's my hair. <laughs> it looks like Eric's hair. And that's why I sent it. But with that, though, he's not – he didn't have the furniture there for like, oh, man, when she comes, I'm going to make her buy me dinner. Or I'm going to get her in the sack or anything. He really does at this point. Now, you know if the run continued, that. if the run continued, maybe some – but the way it plays out here – he is one of the nicest guys that we've dealt with in any of these books in the past six months. And he's just, and she even says like, no, he no, no, I got a friend, motives. Dinah, you know, she, I like it too. I, my friend Dinah hooked me up with an immediate move in. Someone always owes her one. And I'm thinking like that, that sounds like a really, I, I don't know. It sounds a little too like sexual about Dinah, the way, you know, everybody owes you her. I don't make know why. It in a sexual style. I don't know. Because somebody man, owes a favor. I got oh, man. Must here. Have I'm married. Him. I'm a married man. <laughs> what do you expect? Back. But even then, he's just like all oh, shucks. He's got he's itching his head behind there. He looks like Zach so Morris. And this he's is the there. last we'll see of Jason Bard going yeah. forward. Yeah, and she's like, you know, I'm gonna like. go. And then anyway, I've got a truck and a plan, and I really am okay, Jason. And then he's done. There's no like him running out, like, hey, you know, what is this? That nope. He's gonna let her make her decision. And she's just like, I don't like guys who have canes. That's what she said at the end. But she goes off to the narrow. I'm not going to let you make your own decisions, Barbara. Well, I'm saying he didn't go out and say, yeah, think about it again. You know, I'll sleep on the surfable couch there, baby. I'll sleep on the floor. I got Netflix. I got cable. He's yelling as she's going down. She's like, everybody has cable now, Jason. Get a new haircut, asshole. She was yelling there. He's like, oh, man. Get a haircut. It's like Zach Morris didn't teach me everything I needed to know in life. He's yelling timeouts. Timeout. It's not working. <laughs> then out of there, you see that the the landlord of the apartment is Mr. Belding, and it all ties in. She ends up going and moving into her new it's apartment like in Mrs. the Narrows. Garrett. And, well, she goes there. I'm saying this is like Mrs. Garrett. I'm saying Jason Bard maybe had oh, okay. a, a uh, Mr. Belding. Well, she I goes off you, to girl, the Narrows. You know drugs, uh, no boys. I yeah. know what you modern ladies like to do. It, it, it upset me. And Drugs I'll, and boys? I'll have time. Oh, those are the two bad things for a girl. I And I want to yell for Tanya to come down and look because I do believe that this book has now depressed me. Now, we are redoing a lot of our house. I, I actually think that me moving into the Narrows would be an upgrade. I really do. I, I'm telling you. It, I'm like, really? There's only one bit of, uh, you know, wall crush there and hey, that showing? Look at that I'm kitchen in. there. It's all together. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. I bet you she can uh, – she's fancy. She gets to use her sink. 
Imagine that. What a world we live in. Running water in the sink. Oh, my. I asked about that about a month ago, and I was told because when the sink was put in, Tanya had an anchor to get the drain part to, you know, to seal and things like that. And Zach took that anchor part off. I'm like, really? He is now in the Marines for weeks and he, we still can't use that. And I still can. I got bottled water. What the am I? Next Rockefeller? Email. Where's that yeah. anchor? Yeah, really? Where, what did you do with it? But she's fixing up things and in a, in a cool move, a little subtle wink, wink. One of the first things she does is put up her uh, picture of her and her dad. And I, I would like to say that she didn't Got look for a stud when she did that, but she considers her father oh, one. I thought there you were talking about that's Tanya's first thing to do is put up no, a picture no. of her and her dad. I'm like, no, that's her a weird thing for her to do. Yeah, there would never be. That would <laughs> never, ever happen. Pretty much in my house, the biggest two insults I can be told is that I'm either acting like my father or hers. Those are the two biggest insults that I ever could be told in this house. And and really, it's true. Uh, but yeah, and then you just have basically like, you know, now we do have the final page victory lap of like, you know what? I'm just going to go out and do all the things that give me hope. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And then goes out. But that's where most people would have in these final issues. You would have gotten seven pages of that. And yeah. she looks a little crazy in that last. last I like it. Yeah, I like it too, though. I, I really do like this. Uh, I'm going to be a lot more positive than you. And like I said, with the idea that you didn't get a lot of things going on, but I love the way she tied up the series in a way that there's some downers, there's some uppers. It's kind of like my medicine cabinet, Eric. So that cabinet, always yeah. gets me going. And uh, even though the landlord told her no boys, no, you know, no, no drugs. drugs. Uh, I'd like to think that I wish I didn't have boys we'll and maybe some. Yeah, I'll show get her a drug dealer. Yeah, really. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell me how to live. Um, but yeah, you go off. I wonder if that's going to be one of those things where it's a foreshadowing that one of the first stories will deal with this landlady uh, getting mad because Barbara's coming in at all hours and things, and she thinks she's on the drugs. One of those I love it. Modern I, ladies. I would love it if she's like one of those real like old school ladies that has no idea what the drugs are so she thinks everything is the drugs things like that also me and you we don't get it a lot in dc comics i would love her to be that sitcom trope of the nosy landlady the next door neighbor we always want this and we We rarely ever get it yeah we did have that but not enough that's what i'm saying we had it in like two issues and then it kind of disappeared and then it wasn't as good as we we made up our own backstory for that that's what we'll do because i love i love those characters uh but yeah uh what did you give this on the site i ended up giving this issue a seven out of ten that's because i love the art but overall with what we had here was just kind of a big fight scene in the burning down of the den where i'm telling you we had some great character work with that but everything had to get wrapped up really quick there and i thought it could have been done a little bit better just like well you're out of the company barbara oh shucks Hey, my my yeah. uh, furniture's here, Bard. I'm moving it. Here's a new apartment. I'm still back, girl, everybody. I like the issue overall. Love Marguerite Scott's run. I just thought this was a little bit of a, uh, not a great finale to her I run overall it. for what we got out of it. Yeah, I'm going 8.5. That's how much I liked it. Uh, it's, I think it's my book of the week, actually, of how much yeah. I enjoyed it. And it really does upset me that Marguerite Scott's leaving. And I want to point out just the one thing. Me too. About the, yeah, about the, uh, there's only one point, and it's between my legs, Eric. Badoom, badoom. Uh, you end up having this Gordon <sighs> oh Clean my. Energy, Gotham Clean Energy deal. 
And this was not a Marguerite Scott Heaven thing. Sakes. If you don't know, she ended up, oh, me, oh, my. What, what are you, jelly me, bean? Oh my. Uh, you end up with this Gordon Clean energy is not Goodness. a Marguerite Scott thing, right? Have mercy. No, no. Uh, so when you get on this and you have to finish it up, I, I could just imagine where they have Marguerite Scott's like, okay, you want me to, I didn't really deal with the, the Gordon Clean energy much. You told me to kind of, you know, pass that by, whatever. It wasn't my thing anyway. Um, so now that I have to end it, I want to do it, you know, justice. I want a proper deal. Can you give me all the issues that they explained all of Gordon clean energy? And they're like, well, how about we cut out panels? Because there's only about six of them. And I think that that's (laughs) the problem. When you go to end, there's no, you know, the quirky janitor that she always talked to. There was never a board meeting about, we don't even know what they do. Really? She ended up just calling up at points and saying, you still doing what you do. Hey, yeah, we're making electricity. Is it clean? You betcha. All right. That's all I need. It's clean. Well, she, and got, then, she got that weird prototype engine thing at the yeah, end of the we, New 52 DC YOU. And then she went on, on vacation it, in Asia. At that one point, she was on the plane with things. I don't know, but we never really got anything where this should have ended up being a, like I said, a Wayne Industries type thing for Batgirl to make her separate from some things. And she could have had her own Frankie was basically her own Lucius. You had these things with that before. But not now. And so I think that it was one of those where maybe she would have expanded on that ending, but she didn't have anything. There is nothing with that company. And that's why it's leaving. There, It, it served no real but purpose. But the way she got the company away was great how she tied in the whole term. term was it Terminax or whatever that yeah, company yeah, was yeah. that she put Poison yeah. Ivy in charge yeah. of? And that, that was a was great smart. way to get rid that of the company. That was a smart way to do it. So she ended up taking what little we had with it and used it for that. So I, I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, I did expect much from that and we've pretty much it's almost like you know one of those deaths that you never even hear of you know because we never really even knew that what this gordon clean energy did but i really liked it but we're going to move on to the man come on yeah yeah and it's funny too because i we didn't even say it because it, it really isn't something to say but you thought this was an offer issue and so did i when when I first went into it, but it, it ended up the run. But we're going to move no, off now. I, I got that in my mind. I just got it because we ended up having a couple of those this week, which we're going to move on to one of the first ones now. We got Deathstroke number 45, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Fernando Passer and Jason Paz, Wade Von Grawbadger, Jeremy Cox, and sweet Willie Schubert. With Slade Wilson's death and his kids, I'm sorry, with Slade Wilson's death, Ooh. his kids are even more messed up than they were before. Where Jericho, after his temper tantrum, so she seems to be too, the level headed right? one now, yeah. while Rose confronts Shadow during her attempt to finish off Slade's assassinations, where she finds out that Red Arrow was the one that killed her daddy, leaving her wanting revenge. Yeah, that's basically it. And there is uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors, as they always have in this. Now, I do once again want to point out that if there ever is overtime pay over there at the D.C., uh, you better give it to Alex Antone, who we have talked (laughs) to before. And I even told him this joke uh, to him personally is the idea that, boy, these editor's notes that they have to give you in this book. And And it's a weird thing because I can't say that most of them need to be there. You know what I mean? It's one of those where Christopher Priest doesn't want to hold your hand, but then they, the editorial in DC itself thinks that they need that. But most look, of look, them just call back stuff. Nobody knows you're talking stuff. about it anymore, Priest. 
that's what I'm saying. And that's what it seems like they're saying. So when you do go through this, the only thing that the editor's notes end up giving me is the sense that nobody remembers what the heck is going on in this book. Now, I will give a mwah and give them, you know, props for the first time I've ever seen where a full out thing is in another language and yet it also has a editor's note of what's being talked about to go to a book i mean they're like nadasha joe me joe mashtari pravitaji is nasi adventure o bosni and then it's uh, for slade's bosnian adventure see deathstroke the gospel of slade i'm like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) i don't know where we're going with that I'm like, really? That's what you're going to give us? You, you don't have to do that. I'm too lazy to translate that. So, you know, pretty much if you're going to give me an editor's note, translate it. That's what I would want. But yeah, poor Alex Antone. It he doesn't better get matter. paid by the editor's note. It, it really, a lot of this doesn't matter. I liked it still look, enough for the overall the idea, idea of it. Look, even the idea that we have, you know, Rose taking on her father's last contract to make sure that Deathstroke never went without fulfilling a contract in the end, even yeah. after his death. I'm all fine with that. But when Shadow shows up, the mother of Red Arrow, and she just happens to have that freaking sword that Rose left, you know, in, in Asia yeah, before, yeah. the only thing that can actually hurt Jericho, who she has to have a fight in with, like, are in this you issue, saying like, that that was a force set up? Is that, is that what you're saying? Everything is so forced in here. You know, Red Arrow's mother's there to freaking get it. So we find out, Rose finds out that Red Arrow's the one who killed her father and giving her the only weapon that can hurt Jericho in this one point where she does have to fight him off, even though Jericho last issue was the one out of his mind who wanted revenge on everybody for his father's death because of how he's running. Even the idea when he found out Red Arrow killed his father, he was mad. Here he's fine, though. Oh, I'm just going to have, you know, me and Terry were hanging out. And he's- the Inertron sword or the Inertron sword, however it be pronounced. Inertron yeah, sword. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that we were going to get kind of a battle for the cow type of deal. I thought that we were going to, you know, play around with an idea of having some, you know, Deathstrokes out there. Turns I out saw Rose is I the only one who wants to be Deathstroke. Yeah, and I said it was set up. One, you know, you end up even there. If you want to force deal with the, the sword, you also had the force deal of, you know, suit that will end up melting and looking like a man. And then, you know, right, wink, yeah. wink, Rose, you, you're not going to get into this suit, right? Wink, even wink, bringing so up she- the idea like, man, here I am. And Deathstroke had a, a Lazarus contract with Nightwing yeah. before that, make sure that I would never become like him and that they would train me so that he doesn't kill him. Like, yeah. Yep, I guess that Lazarus guy, Slade comes back. Yeah, He's going to have to yeah. kill Nightwing and the rest yeah, of the team. Yeah, really. He's going to. But really, do, do you blame Rick? He He's over there in Bloodhaven. He, he can't keep track of this Everybody nonsense. Else is blaming Rick. Yeah. The Wintergreen AI seems to be hipping itself up to talk to Rose at one point. It, it just seemed off to me. Uh, well, even with the idea that you have the icon armor where there's freaking shield and sheath and stuff like that, the only way anything that can hurt Rose in this, if she takes off her helmet, so what does she do? She takes, takes off her off helmet and immediately gets attacked yeah. by robotic spiders and later on yep. goes and takes off again. I'm like, haven't you learned anything? This whole issue, what are you doing, yeah. Rose? The Wintergreen AI saying, next time, wait until the target's eliminated before twerking in the end zone. That doesn't sound like something Wintergreen AI would be saying. I think that if Slade was there, Wintergreen AI would be shut down. But yeah, yeah, you have this moment. We haven't gotten a lot of Jericho. Wintergreen AI actually talks to Slade differently than he talks to Rose. Yeah, really. I mean, I would never think he would say twerking in the end zone. First off, he seems to be a soccer fan, not a football fan, Eric, or a football, you know, that sort. But he ends up there and uh, they're doing all this stuff. 
And you have Jericho, and the, the book has been very busy with a lot of things. And we haven't gotten a lot of Jericho. So all of a sudden, you throw in this where his boyfriend's going to, you know. Issue. Yeah, I'm saying, though, if we're, we're now at 45 issues, and we hadn't had much of Jericho much since we had, at, you know, uh, Etienne dying. He's kind of been pushed to the side. He really isn't that important. And he has this boyfriend. And so you're going to get, the, you know, the personal Jericho here. And it's just the idea that being Deathstroke's son, being Rose's brother, it always messes up his personal life, and he's got to go. He was going to, you know, ask and Jericho to marry too. him. Jericho is mute, and her boy, his boyfriend is deaf, so you have to yeah. have that as well to make sure that you yeah, know this I, about Terry I don't Terry know here. that they think all these people are jumping on. Maybe because it's an offer issue, and they're afraid that a lot of people, but this isn't new. We get these editor's notes all the time. And yeah, he gets a call. He's got to go because Rose is out doing this hit. And, you know, the whole deal with Shadow showing up is I'm going to get the hit, not you. No, it's going to be me. It's going to be you. And the idea of Shadow making it seem, I'm doing this for your sake. I'm going to kill this so guy. So you don't become a murderer so, like my yeah, daughter, who need... I also have tried to kill before. And I might have yeah. you to try to kill her now. Yeah, seems like a setup to do that. But also, it's I so think weird. that she's probably that she, like. She doesn't. She doesn't but, think that she would kill Lovac here, but for some reason, the stuff to me seems like, okay, I pull out this sword here, and the idea that you can go now and kill my daughter, which I've tried to do before, is like, you don't think she's going to kill, but then it's set up to the, my mind for the idea of like, all right, now go and kill, like, you know, Emiko over here. I know. And, and even with that, you have the callback that it's not a clever callback, maybe some people would think, but that, you know, paralytic gel that looks like you shot somebody. Yeah. I mean, that was clever before. It's not that clever here. Like it's it's always weird. Yeah, and it's just so that she doesn't kill anybody so that you can have this thing of saying, I don't want you to kill, even though you kind of already did, but you didn't. And going with that. And then, you know, Jericho shows up and it's more of the idea of you knew that Emiko killed you know, our dad, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. You'd go a little off the wall, and then she goes like off I the was wall last and proves issue. it. Yeah, yeah, really. And then it basically proves he's his point now. to her. What happened? I don't know. He's, he's relaxed a little. He gets to relax, and so he's there, but then Rose and him start fighting, and you have the Intertron short, which is only there, like you said, the show, uh, you know, to point because out things, but also you need to fight. Jericho. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And so when you're fighting, she ends up, you know, hitting the, you know, icon suit that ends up shutting down, which we know it would. That's why he ended up giving her the sword being Deathstroke going to the future to get it. And it shuts it down. And then she's like, hey, Wintergreen AI, is he going to die? He may, but he may survive. All right, that's good enough for me. I'm Audi. And and she leaves and leaves him in a heap where he ends up calling his mom, who's pretty much Adeline is being told. And I even just the wall, which it's playing on a bunch of things, but it's really playing on the border wall where you almost think that, you know, Adeline is out of job now because of this border wall. We got border wall stuff. Well, we have too much money to spend. We don't have this stuff. So she's going off. And Jericho, I like this idea. Because Adeline loves Jericho She does But she's not the best mother She doesn't like to listen So when he's calling He's like Hey mom Oh hey what's up Joseph I need you Of course you do This is no joke I'm listening You And she's like She really wants to get off the phone She thinks he's just calling He's dying Is what he's doing And yeah She's like "All right, don't worry You know We'll take care of it Mommy's on the way And then you see It's so funny too Because this is the the first uh, Offer issue I read this week So the thing was When like you know Mommy's on her way And then you turn the page And then you have this 
Legion of Doom. Matt, I'm like, what is she doing flying a Legion of Doom headquarters around? What's hey, going? Oh, Trump I'm an just idiot. fired her. She just got a Legion <laughs> of Doom bot. She's out riding around. But yeah, it's just a Doom bot. It ends up when it opens up. I'm like, oh no, it's actually the precursor to that torture bot that Leia got from Darth Vader and in New Hope. But yeah, it's there, <laughs> and it ends up being you know the whole deal where Jericho's like, oh man, and you have the hologram. Such a weird thing um, though, because the hologram of Lex Luthor comes out and pretty much right away says Deathstroke and yeah. like you know not quite your mother and like you know the whole thing it's such a weird idea that he calls Jericho Deathstroke here to give him it the is offer weird. knowing that and it is Jericho though it, it would be funny if you had a thing where these were pre-programmed and, and Luther had done this before he died. And so he didn't know, like these things would end up keep going to people that aren't them anymore, but he does spell out the deal. The funny thing to me is we had this whole idea and we just had, you know, earlier in this episode, we had the offer to, uh, Dr. Ivo Martian was Manhunter. one of that. Even Dr. Oh, Ivo though, well, was, yeah. he ended up getting research. He ended up getting this. Basically Luther's giving him the offer of you should be on our team. I want Jericho to be like, wait a second. You were saying you're going to give riches and all these trinkets and things. You're just asking me to join you because you need oh, me. Oh, we were hoping you didn't see that. Yeah, he's like, uh, well, this this offer really went south because uh, there's it's not really an, an offer like the Look, others are getting. It's an offer for your daddy. We're just yeah. dealing with you at he's this point because so we don't even know what your sister's up he's to. He's going to be so angry at one point. Now, if it says – Hey, you want your dad back? I can do that. Look at me. You saw me blows up and I'm back. So I can do that. Just join the team. But the offer is just like, you know, take your place on the Legion of Doom. Are we going to talk pay here? I mean, really, any there's advice. Anytime you get a job, ask what the pay is. I did not do that when I went to work with Eric and it's bitten me in the ass every day. I just wanted a job. And then I heard they had this real asshole that I was going to replace. I'm like, that sounds like a win-win to me. Next thing I know, I'm doing a 12-hour podcast with this guy, and the, the sun's coming up. But yeah, so I, it's kind of a funny kind of uh, offer. It's not as fancy as the others, uh, you know. I, I so. imagine the offer here is now Jericho believes he's going to die from this fall in this fight with Rose. Stuff like that. Like, uh, I, I'll, I'll save your life right now. I'm like, God damn, I'm getting yeah, shorter than the stick here. He says Why that? do I have he's to like, be in this predicament? And the best is Jericho goes, okay, that sounds good. And then hologram Lex keeps trying to pick him up, but he can't. He's like, God damn it, I'm a hologram. I can't do this. And then mommy comes to save him. So we'll see what goes on. No takes you uh, back. He's... Yeah, I, I actually thought for some reason the way this was spelled out as it was going on, I'm like, really? You're forcing Shadow into this book to get the offer? I, I really was like, this better not be Shadow getting the offer in this I do love the way that Lex Luthor looks like in this book for this whole new kind of yeah, costume he looks like idea. Dr. That they have Doom one. there. He looks badass there. Dr. Doom, Spectre, yeah. something along those lines. It just, he looks not badass. Like in just not a man League. in rags. Justice League, he looked like he got out of a shower, and the only thing left was this ratty towel the that they curtain. were using to clean really, the old shower curtain draped around him. Now he's, he's up in his game here. And really, that's the thing. Luther is a guy, he should know that presentation is everything. You go to a guy for an offer wearing a shower curtain, they're not going to listen. It's never worked for me. Even though he was offering himself there in a sexy way, Eric. But yeah, I like the art. I like Fernando Passerin's art so all I. the time. Uh, and really, he has to draw around these editor's notes. That's a tough thing to do. Um, but yeah, overall, I like the idea. It's just it's it's spread thin. 
and things are forced. But I, I do like the idea of a Rose assuming the mantle and going out to finish so this one last contract. I actually wish and even going that after this for was Revenge more. Red Arrow. I like yeah, that I as would well. like this to continue like that. And I wish that we would have gotten a little bit of a mystery of, you know, who's Deathstroke and things like that. But instead of just showing us right away where Rose just takes off her helmet and only takes off her helmet to show us it's Rose. When, like you said, yeah. she knows that she shouldn't take it off. And then the to Wintergreen AI the issue yells, because now the icon armor's freaking disabled. Yeah, I'm t- I'm looking at these things. How how much is you you were a guy who dealt with practical effects and blood packs? These are little yeah. tiny gel bullets that she's shooting, and half these guys look like half of their brains are on the ground. There's so much stuff around. It just seems a little over the top to then say, "Oh, they were just those paralytic gel things," and oh yeah, yeah you did that again. You did that again, but yeah, Shadow got the contract. She's getting the big bucks. Uh, what'd you give this? So even that, I don't even know if she got the contract at the end. She'll even say anything about it because she left Maybe the sword we'll there find for it to make it look like she the did. Idea. I don't know. Maybe it's the idea that she did that and it's the little, hey, I didn't want you to kill him. By the way, I'll just report exactly. this as Deathstroke doing it. But Hey, I didn't she- want you to kill now do go you kill think my daughter. Sha- do you think Shadow would report that as a Deathstroke kill? Because I don't know that Rose will do it either because maybe she thinks Shadow will. Nobody's getting paid for this. It's just happening. Plus, as it's going on, it does look as if they are fighting in the the beer factory that Laverne and Shirley worked in as well. I thought that was neat, too. You had all those bottles around and stuff, bottles and cans clapping your hands, Aaron. Uh, what did you give it? Did you say the score before I, I interrupted you? I ended up giving this a 6.8 out of 10. Okay. Because I really enjoyed the art, and I like the go idea to a of it. seven. that everything with this issue was so forced to get where Christopher Priest needed things to go. It's just ridiculous in my mind. But I like the overall story of what we got, and the idea of Rose being Deathstroke going forward and looking for revenge for her daddy. Even though we had a weird temperament change in Jericho out of nowhere yeah. from last issue to this one, it's very do, odd. Do you think that this is kind of showing you the setup of maybe this book ending at fifty, like we thought, or do you think it'll last through the year of the villain because they'll need Deathstroke to come back for that? Because there are some know. things wrapping up, Adeline kind of getting fired or not doing her we deal still have anymore five and more stuff. Months, though, with this, if it I is know 50. that's what I'm saying. We still have five more months, so there's plenty. Of, but this seems like it's starting to wrap things up by changing things in a weird way. Maybe going I'm with still saying fifty, yeah. Yeah, I, I might as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to go off now to a bunch of other books by other people, including a debut, Eric, a debut of Simon <gasps> on Lois Lane number one, mainly because we wanted somebody to talk positive about it. And we're also lazy. Right. I, I ended up because Simon really liked the book and I'm like, really, you should talk about this then. And then he just took it upon himself and said, not took it upon himself. I made the joke. Well, if you like it so much, why don't you, you know, put your money where your mouth is and do the thing. And I, I did mean it if he wanted to. And he did. So I'll give him full kudos. He's like, you know, pretty much sticking it to me, <laughs> you know, open your mouth and do that. So we're going to go off to Simon talking about that is pretty awesome. And then we'll be back with a bunch of other books with me, with other people and things like that. Uh, and then we We'll be back at the final book, Eric. That'll be the wrap up at the end of the podcast. Will be me and you talking female furies. Hello and welcome to the Simon Zone. Okay, well, I don't really have Jeremy's fancy intro, nor do I have a name for this section of the podcast. But what I do have is a couple of beers in front of me and Jim throwing shade at me in Slack. I'm enjoying the books a lot more than he is at the minute, and I think it's bringing the poor man down. So he threw the gauntlet down and said, "If you're enjoying it so much." 
why don't you go record the audio review for it for the podcast? And I decided to take him up on the offer. So here we are. Before we get into it too deeply, I just want to say that I'm not reading any of the Bendis Superman universe. I've dipped in and out of it. I didn't really enjoy what I did see. I did read uh, a lot of the Tamazi Superman stuff, which I did enjoy. I enjoyed the family aspect of that a lot. And I'm not a big fan of Lois Lane as a character. She's never really grabbed me as someone that I want to read a solo series for. She's never struck me as someone felt uh, interesting enough to have her own solo series. But I'm a big fan of Greg Rucker. Uh, Greg Rucker writes a lot of books that I've enjoyed in the past. 52, Lazarus, uh, his work on Batman, Queen and Country. Um, I even went back and dug out some of his prose work. He's written some novels. The first one, I think, is called Keeper. It's about a bodyguard protecting uh, someone who runs an abortion facility. I can't see a theme yet with the kind of things that Greg Rucker writes about. You might have pattern recognition, but... He is a favourite of mine. He's got a very strong habit of writing uh, strong, empowered female characters. One of the best in the business at it. You know kind of what you're going to get with Greg Rucker. So I dove in on this book based purely off of my love for Greg Rucker and I wasn't disappointed. So here we go. Uh, Issue 1 of a 12-part miniseries written by Greg Rucker. Art by Mike Perkins, colours by Paul Mounts, and letters by Simon Boland. Page one opens with an exterior shot of the Drake Hotel Chicago, and we have this uh, tacka 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 sound effect going on all across the page. The sound of Lois Lane tapping away at her keyboard, whilst the maid cleans her, quite frankly, filthy hotel room. Whilst the TV blares out the news stories of the day, there's stories about the White House being accused of wrongdoing... Uh, flash floods where Superman are saving people, there's some Justice League no- go- news going on, and Lois Lane is so engrossed with her work right now, she can't even take a minute out to tell the maid whether or not she wants the mini bar restocked, which, of course, Lois does want the mini bar restocked, and in fact, we'll find out that the maid also should know that Lois wants the mini bar restocked. But here's the first bit of um, character work for Lois Lane. We've got a single page where she's tapping away at her laptop with uh, her sticker, This Machine Kills Fascists, on it. Now, this is a, a little detail which came up in the Superman Leviathan special, which I really like, and I think it's a really nice, really succinct way of making a big character statement about Lois Lane. So, the phrase, this machine kills fascists, if you're not aware, dates back to the 1930s, 1940s, where an American folk singer, Woody Guthrie, would perform with that slogan emblazoned on his guitar, either written directly or via a sticker. Woody Guthrie... As I said, was an American folk singer. He was very influential uh, to people like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. He was very much big on standing up for the downtrodden and the working class and those that were left behind. He was, as the phrase, this machine kills fascists. Uh, portrays very anti-fascist. He wrote a lot of um, anti-Nazi, anti-Hitler songs during the war period. And so I think having this sticker on Lois's laptop says a lot immediately off the bat about her character motivation, what she believes, what she fights for, what she wants to try and do with the power she wields as a journalist. Very succinct and very clever, I think, to do, to do that. So she taps away at her keyboard, ignoring the um, maid. 
until its work is done. Uh, and then she tells Alejandra, the maid, that yes, she definitely wants the minibar restocked. Uh, we've been doing this for months. It's the same thing every time. Uh, change the bed, make the bed, change the towels, restock the minibar, and don't worry about the mess. But Alejandra reminds her that she might be having some company later. Uh, she's been photographed recently kissing Superman in public. This is set tongues wagging. She reminds, uh, Lois Lane reminds the maid that she's happily married, and, uh, then after she's left, has a sly little smirk to herself that she gets more than just the one kiss with Superman. Once the maid's left, she gets a phone call from Perry. She's uploaded the story that she was working on straight to the Daily Planet, and she doesn't technically work for the Daily Planet anymore, but Perry still takes her articles. And there's a there's an interesting back and forth between Perry and Lois where there's this ongoing thing about Lois's inability to spell and another nice little character moment where Lois's personality kind of shines through. Perry says, do you just turn off autocorrect, Lois? Is that your secret? And Lois responds with, you can turn it off. I just sort of keep going until it gives up. So, so we get Lois's persistence, her sort of investigative style, her personality sort of summed up in that little exchange with Perry. She, she could take the easy route. Uh, she could turn off autocorrect, but she's kind of a blunt tool. She'll just keep hammering away until she gets what she wants. Uh, a bit more back and forth between her and Perry. Perry is concerned about the content of the article that she's uploaded, whether there's going to be repercussions for her, asks if she wants it bylined anonymously Lois again stands up for what she's doing what she believes in she says no I want my name against this the repercussions be damned and Perry reminds her that uh, a fellow journalist Mariska Voronova in Russia recently was murdered over an, a similar type of article that she published. So Lois asks how it happened. Perry responds that the official story is she threw herself out the bedroom window of her apartment this morning. Official story is she'd been suffering from depression. The official story makes no mention of the fact that she was in the habit of criticizing Kremlin. I know you two didn't get on, but I figured you'd want... And that's where Lois cuts him off, uh, hangs up the call... She's visibly shaken by this news. Perry says they didn't get on, but whether it's professional courtesy or something more, Lois decides that she reach out to a friend in order to in order to make it right or get some justice for her fellow journalist. So there's a there's a full blown parking lot meeting scene. It's all very deep throat Watergate style, and in fact, she calls that nice little monologue by her here. You know why Bob Woodward met Mark Felt in a parking garage at two in your tradecraft? Place is all but empty. Good sight lines, but even if you can't see someone coming, you sure as hell can hear them. Espionage and investigative journalism have a lot in common, more than just the hour. They both rely on the acquisition of facts that have been hidden. They both rely on analysis of those facts. The difference is that one, arguably, is concerned with the truth, where the other isn't. In the end, though, both are in pursuit of answers, though what's done with those answers is another matter entirely. I don't like having to do things this way. I don't mind lying, but I hate being dishonest, if you understand the distinction. And it's here where in Heavy Shadows we see the the person that Lois is meeting is one of the questions. Which question it is is left deliberately vague. Later we'll find out that the question that goes to Russia is in fact Rene Montoya. Whether it's Rene Montoya in the parking garage, I don't know. I do know that 
future issues will feature both of them. I'm happy to see the questions back. Greg Rucker obviously wrote Renoe Montoya through Gotham Central and 52, and there were a couple of question-focused miniseries after 52, and I'm a big fan of character, so it's nice to see them back. So back in the hands of Craig Rucker. Feels like he's been kind of given carte blanche to just do stuff like here, whatever you need to write or unwrite in order to get characters back to where you want them to be and do it. But Lois asks the question to stop working on the other thing. I need you to go to Moscow. I don't know what the other thing is. Again, I'm not reading the my, uh, Brian Michael Bendis Superman books. I'm not reading Event Leviathan. I tried to read the first issue. It drove me fucking mental. Um, so was she asking him to look into Leviathan? Was she asking him to look into something else? I don't know. But she's asked him to stop doing that case. Start looking into this reporter, Mariska Varanova. She gave Lois information on where to find all of her research, notes, sources, and the event of her death. She wants them to go to Russia and bring the information to her. And after her clandestine meeting in the parking garage, to go home, the shower is already running. One Clark Kent is waiting for her, and she climbs in with him, and we get a little bit of sexy time. Too much, just enough to be tasteful. And then on the next page, they're in bed, Lois Lane is fast asleep, and she's haunted by some rather abstract imagery of her time in space with Jor-El. There's a, there's a super, there's a House of L logo in the background with what appears to be a streak of blood across it. She stirs from her sleep to find that Clark has been staring at her the entire time. There's some nice lovey-dovey stuff between the two of them before they head off to get breakfast. And as they're walking by the river eating breakfast, Clark, with his uh, country farm boy attitude, uh, admonishes her for basically just drinking coffee for breakfast rather than having a proper meal. And it's here where this second reference to Lois being caught in public kissing Superman rears its head. Clark overhears a passerby muttering the word slut to himself. He goes past Lois. This angers Clark. He kind of looks like he wants to do something about it, but obviously he can't. Uh, There's a bit of back and forth between Clark and Lois about it, where Lois plays the whole thing down. She says, I'm a minor celebrity, and we live in an age of cameras everywhere. It was going to happen soon. And Clark starts talking about how he doesn't like the fact they're only saying about Lois. They're not saying about Superman and Superman out for kissing this woman. Lois makes a comment that the reason they're not doing that is because Superman's a man, whereas Lois is... I don't. As far as the public are concerned, Superman is single. He's not married. There's no there's no taboo about someone. There would probably be a minor scandal if Superman was known to be married as kissing someone. They would probably have some rather harsh words to say about him then. Um, but yes, Lois is a publicly married woman and she's kissing Superman. That's why people have a problem with it, not because she's a woman. But anyway, Lois keeps brushing the whole thing off. Like I said, comes with the territory. Pretending we're a normal couple was disingenuous. We're just not. Um, and then Superman kind of loops back to Lois stirring in the night. He knows that something's wrong. He knows that something happened whilst they're out in space with uh, Jor-El. Wants, to, wants her to open up. She says she's not ready and she'll do it when she feels ready. We each need to be able to keep secret from one another. We each have to respect that. 
We've got a good thing, Clark, and it's not because we're relentlessly honest with each other. It's because we trust each other absolutely, entirely, and without hesitation. You know, if I'm keeping something from you, I've got a good reason. And this is... this is an interesting thing to play with. Lois being a reporter, uh, is has a dogged determination for the truth shining a light on seek but has this rather personal story that she's not ready to tell Clark and she says she talks about not being relentlessly honest having to having good reasons to hide things that obviously has a bit of a, a jarring clash for her professional life I, I, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't accept that kind of line from say her dad if she had a story to break about the military or you know, Lex Luthor, if she had a corruption story to spill about LexCorp, you know, hiding things from other people because you've got a good reason to, really something she would accept in her professional life, but it's something she feels quite justified uh, saying to Clark here. And we turn the page and we're in Moscow. We have a bunch of ugly looking guys in the middle of the night rummaging around a park, talking to each other, talking about uh, the Russian journalist that they killed, they probably tortured her beforehand trying to find the location of the, the stash that she had previously told Lois about, uh, of her, the information about her contacts and what she's uncovered during her reporting. There's a, there's a bit of uh, an ambush by Rene Montoya here. Big fan of Renee Montoya. She quite soundly beats up what must be four or five guys in this Russian park uh, while speaking broken Russian to them, calling them various offensive names, and then finally fishing out the USB stick with all of the information on from a statue. Um, it's an interesting little quirk that the journalist did give up the stash to these people that assaulted her, killed her, to try and save her life. I don't know whether there might be a similar scene later on in this ma uh, maxi series where Lois's life is under threat in a similar way and she won't give up her sources so that we can get that comparison between the two. Um, I don't know, it's just a weird little thing. You, you'd kind of expect the journalist to be painted in an almost saintly manner that they'd never give up their sources, they'd never give up the thing that they worked so hard for to the people that are threatening. But she did. It's just a good thing that Lois sent the question there to get the information before they could. We cut to a White House press briefing room where the press secretary is dodging a bunch of questions being thrown by the various members of the court, press corps. Uh, not, you know, changing the subject, not really answering questions, uh, refusing to answer point-blank questions until she calls on Lois Lane where Lois Lane confronts her with the numbers that I'm assuming are from the report that she sent to Perry at the start of the issue. Uh, she calls out a number of rather very specific bribes that have been sent to members of the administration in order to be rewarded with contracts around the tender care camps, as Lois quote-unquote calls them. They were called out in the, the news reports on the TV at the start of the issue. It's a, it's a nice little bookend. She kind of corners the press secretary with these numbers and sort of hounds her into answering the question before she gets ejected. She gets kicked out of the press room and sort of storms off the grounds with her head held high. And there's a interesting note 
in the narration boxes that accompany Lois being escorted off the ground, where they say, Upon resumption of the briefing, McCarthy, again, McCarthy being the press secretary, again faced questioning, this time by other members of the press corps, who continued Lane's line of inquiry, resulting in McCarthy calling a premature end to the brief. This is nice, because what we've seen with these kind of scenarios in the real world is that journalists don't have a habit of backing up other journalists particularly well when they ask difficult questions and then get hounded out of these sorts of scenarios. So this really shows Lois as someone who is a leader, someone who can affect change, can get people to modify their behavior and start doing what you could, you know, perceive as the right thing based on the fact that she's leading by example. This is an, another one of those sort of pure character moments for Lois. She gets to confront the press secretary, get escorted out for being difficult, you know, belligerent, hounding the face of authority too much. But after she's been removed from the situation, after she's been presumably dealt with by that authority figure, there are lasting repercussions to what Lois has done and she's affected change in her wake. That, I think, is really important. Um, if there's if there's one big thing to take out of this issue, it's that Lois Lane gets results and what she does actually affects change. Whereas, you know, a lot of the times, especially over the past couple of decades... Pulitzer Prize winning Lois Lane has kind of become a bit of a almost running joke. You've never seen her actually publish a news article or have an interview that's really meant anything, that's really achieved anything in the world. But in this issue, we've seen her write this article about these tender care camps and then confront someone about it. And then although the tender care camps presumably still exist at the end of this issue, she's changed the conversation. She's forced people to take a stance and get acting on it. So with that, let's talk about the elephant, which is politics and current news stories showing up in this book. Yes, there's obviously parallel, very deliberate parallels between these tender care camps and what's happening at the southern border of the United States. There's obvious parallels between that press room and the current press room of the White House and how the White House is currently very combative with the wider press. So a lot of people are turned off by seeing politics in comics. A lot of people are turned off by seeing politics they don't like in comics. I couldn't give a shit, pardon the language, but I've always seen comics as inherently political in a way. You go back to the origins, a lot of these superheroes, you know, they were essentially war propaganda tools. They were created by Jewish people fleeing Europe, seeing the atrocities of the Nazis. I mean, even before Superman, even before all of that, going back to the very, very early origin comics, most of them were written as political satire. One panel, political satire, cartoons, they're still very popular in newspapers all over the world. So I think to try and divorce politics from comics is futile, mostly, especially when you're talking about a character that's a journalist. Journalists are inherently going to be involved in stories that resemble or mirror real-world situations, real-world politics, and if you tried to write a 12-issue miniseries where Lois Lane was investigating something that didn't have any kind of real-world parallels, I think that would be very difficult and probably quite boring. But regardless of that, I don't think this internment camp story is going to drag on much further 
I think it's basically done in this one issue. I'd be surprised if it comes out much more. I think the main the main two story seeds that have been planted in this issue is going to be one that secret that she's hiding from Clark about what happened in space with Jor-El, and two this murdered Russian journalist. And again, the murdered Russian journalist. There are real world parallels. Absolutely, journalists in Russia and China and the Middle East are being murdered or assaulted for the news stories they're trying to write to uncover corruptions in those countries. So, I don't know. Now, if you have a problem with politics in comic books, one, don't read this book. Two, probably don't read any book about a journalist. It's not going to end well for you. If, however, you're looking for a very, very strong character piece on Lois Lane, uh, possibly even to change your mind like it changed my mind, about how important Lois Lane is, uh, how strong of a character she is, and uh, her worth in the DC Universe, then yeah, I would definitely recommend picking up this book. I give it an 8, maybe an 8.5 out of 10. There's a couple of minor little scenes I didn't like. I haven't really talked about the art a lot in this. Um, Mike Perkins does a solid job. It reminds me a lot of Rucker's work with uh, whoever it is in Lazarus. And a little bit of uh, sort of the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips type work. So you get a lot of heavy con- contrasted shadows, very sort of like strong outlined faces. There's a few few people that look a little bit off here and there. Some of those Russian thugs are a little bit potato, but they've lived a hard life, so we'll let them off. The press secretary's not particularly nice to look, but then she's a bad person, so ugly on the outside, ugly on the inside. That's probably not a lesson we'll be teaching people, is it? Anyway, uh, yes, eight, maybe an 8.5 out of 10. If you can get past the politics, you're going to enjoy this book. If you can't get past the politics, then probably weren't going to pick up this book anyway. It's a Greg Rucker book featuring a strong, empowered female lead. What were you expecting? Now that I've done this, uh, Jim's probably going to try and talk me into doing this next month. So I guess I do next month and every month after that until this is done. Goodbye. Welcome to the last edition of The Wild Storm. We have finally arrived. This is it. It's issue 24 of The Wild Storm. And, uh, yep, let's dive right in. The Wild Storm issue number 24 is written by Warren Ellis, art by John Davis Hunt. Uh, Colours are by Steve Bucciolato and John Calise in this instance. Uh, Letters are by Simon Boland, published by DC Comics, and the cover price is, of course, $3.99. Well, it is with a mixture of excitement and sadness that I metaphorically crack open this final issue of The Wild storm. It's been an absorbing, if at times, meandering journey through this new, updated version of the Wildstorm universe, but can we end with the kind of satisfying bang the patient build-up of the last 23 issues positively demand? Let's get our collective skates on and find out. Uh, We start off... Well, let's talk about the cover first, actually. The cover... uh, The cover kind of lets the cat out of the bag, but I really don't care. It's a a great image. Uh, It is an image of, uh, of Angie 
in the distance, in the sky, about to, I don't know, it looks like she's about to get obliterated by some fiery comet about to hit the Earth, and uh, she's kind of got her right fist aimed up at it, as if to punch it out of the sky uh, in a kind of a typically heroic gesture, and underneath it uh, is New York City. As as all the covers have been, really, uh, it's a pretty badass image, and um, yeah, Miles Craven uh, is losing it. He is uh, he's kind of he's he's been deteriorating ever since the first issue. Actually, when you when you look back at it, uh, you can kind of see that this is a man who's used to being in control, and things are spiraling out of his control. Uh, unexpected things are happening. He doesn't really know what's going on. And at this point in the series, uh, he is—he looks utterly demented, uh, to be honest with you. And and John Davis Hunt does a fantastic job of kind of drawing him with this sort of sort of hollow-eyed, kind of disheveled look. It's it's uh, it's very impressive. He's watching uh, reports on the screens, and he's on the phone to Jackie King, who's watching the same reports of uh, of New York, kind of. Un- under attack by these superpowered entities. If you remember, at the end of last issue, Henry Bendix uh, had unleashed his uh, his horde of sleeper agents uh, to kill Miles Craven and cause a fair amount of collateral damage in the process. And that is exactly what's happened here. We get a nice kind of, and, and I, I I like this a lot. That there's there's a kind of a, a slickness to the storytelling here, a, assuredness. Uh, a, a sure-footedness, if you like, uh, to the storytelling here, uh, in that you get little little snippets, little vignettes of various people who are kind of either watching this or, or kind of participating in this. So you get Cray, who's arrived in in uh, New York. Michael Cray. Last time we saw him uh, was a while back, uh, and he was heading for New York so he kind of knew about that he's he's kind of clearly in the IO facility uh, because uh, they haven't changed <laughs> haven't changed the codes the security codes since he left that's uh, not good is it uh, and uh, and so he's in the facility we don't know why he's there uh, although we suspect it is to do something pretty unpleasant to Miles Craven which is fair enough uh, John Lynch is uh, sat at home watching the TV uh, drinking something from a can and laughing okay (laughs) which it seems a bit harsh uh at at what's going on uh and then we 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 move to new york itself where there's a kind of like a weird i don't know whether it's meant to be ice or whatever but it's a weird kind of ice spiked uh half naked man uh taking on the police and about to to kill one of the uh, new york police officers and uh basically apollo kind of appears behind him through one of shen's doors and uh and grabs his hand and midnighter uh cracks his jaw his fist uh, so that's that sorted out and then just as that's over with there's another uh, kind of meta-human, super-powered agent kind of um, plummeting down from a building with sort of smoke and fire trailing behind her. Clearly, she's some kind of airborne, uh, fire-based, super-powered being. Uh, and Shen kind of makes her disappear. And there's a nice kind of bit here where she's she's clearly upset that she has to do this. Uh, and, and she kind of makes... She makes this 
superpowered woman kind of she transforms her into kind of uh flower petals and leaves and what have you and uh it's all very kind of poetic and and what have you but it's a it's a nice bit of of sort of visual uh cleverness really and and the the issue here is is that she is desperately she's not happy about having to do that um Elsewhere in the city, Jack Hawksmoor makes an appearance, um, and this is clever stuff uh, from Davis Hunt. You're going to hear me talking about Davis Hunt a lot, this issue. Uh, there's a guy here who's kind of, he looks like he's uh, hes a white-collar worker. He's got a, a, a shirt and tie on, and his uh, his kind of arms have become these big massive cannons and he's just kind of kind of firing uh randomly at various buildings uh Hawksmore kind of appears drops down from somewhere uh and touches the uh the scaffolding around the building that that he was presumably previously on and um it starts to it start the scaffolding starts to unlock from itself and starts to move of its own own accord and that's this is the title page and when you turn the page over there's just this massive kind of humanoid creature made out of steel and iron and, and the scaffolding and what have you that just splats this this guy with the uh, with the cannon for hand um, uh, uh, into the pavements, and it, it just it just looks great. And then you've got um, Angie taking care of somebody else. Uh, there is um, now this is a nice bit actually, I, and and right. We'll come back to this bit in a moment, but but this is this is a nice bit. Earlier on, Craven had told his uh, his cronies to get his uh, husband out of the city, and uh, this is a very kind of handsome black guy who's being driven out of New York by uh, a couple of IO goons. And Angie kind of stops the car, and she recognizes him from the very first issue. It's a really nice callback to that very first issue, and uh, she she tells him to to go and what have you and then there's a there's a very brief very brief appearance of voodoo and i really i really really hope she turns up in wildcats because she's fab uh and uh there's a there's like some weird looking kind of serial killer super powered guy who who looks thoroughly evil and what have you and he's got a spike coming out of his forearm and it looks pretty nasty and uh Voodoo, well, Priscilla, uh, just takes his head off uh, with her demonite arm, which is pretty cool. That looks great. So finally we get some voodoo action, but it's done very, very, in a very kind of low-key sort of way. Uh, and, and it's just the... And she says no. And she says no in kind of white on black dialogue, which is kind of like weird. So is she, is she kind of being taken over by something? Don't know. Cause she says no and she, she cuts his head off and then she says no again, but in a, in a kind of smaller voice and in a, in a more normal voice. That's kind of interesting. Um, Angie and Voodoo have a very, very quick exchange. <laughs> and Angie goes, are you okay? And uh, Priscilla just kind of goes, uh, sure, this guy just fell over. And she kind of, Angie kind of goes, lucky you. <laughs> and Voodoo says, yeah, lucky me. And she's kind of looking at her arm like, what the hell happened there? So, so the, the suggestion there is, is that, is that that is a kind of inv- almost an involuntary reaction to some kind of danger. And that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, we don't get to dwell on that too much because Bendix is going 
completely bananas because he still hasn't killed Craven. So, so in order to kill Craven, he decides to drop a big stick. Now, if you remember way back, uh, I can't remember when it was. It might have been issue 13, I'm thinking. Uh, he dropped one of these on an IO facility, on the Hightower facility. Uh, this is back when he thought that IO, it was IO doing the uh, downloading of, of sort of information and what have you. It was IO doing the downloading of information. Was. Um, and uh, because IO thought that, that Skywatch had hacked their systems and what have you, so it was a retaliatory thing. Um, incidentally, by the way, uh, there is this, this, my understanding is, and I, 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 I do, I'm on Twitter a, cer- a certain amount. Um, and, um, and I, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I, 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 I'm not a complete lunatic about it, but, but, but I, but I, I have, I, I question official na- narratives quite closely, particularly in the UK. <laughs> The UK has a has a kind of a murky murky history when it comes to uh, to how it uses the how, how government interacts with the press and how the the truth doesn't always come out. But uh, yeah, I, I I could get sidetracked very easily on that, but I but I will not. Be very good. Um, my understanding is is that the US military has this has this technology. I, I, I say technology, it's ridiculously low tech. You, you, you drop a silicon rod. I think it's silicon or, or possibly diamond. I don't, you, you, you drop, you drop a, a, a rod of some kind of substance from orbit over a particular target. And, uh, it, it, it gathers up enough sort of kinetic energy and kinetic tension. I don't understand the physics. I failed physics. I've said, I've told you that. I failed physics, uh, at O level and, uh, so yes, everything I'm about to say, say you should take with a with a heavy pinch of salt. Um, um my understanding is is you do drop this thing and it accrues enough enough kind of kinetic potential, kinetic energy that when it hits the the ground, it does so with the force of a relatively small but nevertheless devastates a nuclear bomb. But obviously, there's no fallout, so there's no radio- radioactivity. There's just lots of destruction. Um, and they call it in the it, my understanding in in conspiracy theory circles, they call it the rod of God. Um, here, uh, Ellis is calling it the big stick. But my understanding is, is I don't think he just kind of, I don't think he just made that up. I, th- I think, I think that is something that 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 might actually exist. Okay, uh, there's all sorts of rumors that it may in fact have been deployed at some point uh, in North Korea, Lynn. But I, I will say, no, <laughs> I will say no more about that. Right. Um, so he he decides to destroy New York City, which which seems a bit a bit off, really. Lots of good things about New York City, just because IO is uh, headquartered there doesn't mean that that you should be destroying it. And and then we've got a, a kind of a nice sort of uh, I say nice an interesting kind of throwaway <laughs> jokey reference to the fourteen words, which anybody who knows anything about uh, about neo Nazis uh, will know that uh, the fourteen words are uh, are beloved of certain types of white supremacists about you know it, it's it's about I can't, I can't remember the exact the exact way it goes to be honest with you but 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 he is uh 
Ellis is uh, is using it here in a kind of very tongue in cheek way, where when he has Bendix kind of punching the air and sort of ranting basically and saying, "We will secure the existence of our people and a future in outer space," and it's a very similar kind of wording to to the fourteen words. So there we go. So uh, the rod from God. Uh, big stick is launched, as it were. Uh, we then get to see Backlash choking out and indeed decapitating uh, an IO soldier. Uh, there's a lot of lot of dismemberment in in this issue, and a lot of decapitation. I'm not. I, I think we're up to like are we two decapitations already. I think we might be. Um, and uh, he's looking for for Craven. We go. We very quickly go back to Midnighter. Punching somebody. I uh, know, sorry, kicking somebody uh, very stylishly. Then we go back to uh, Backlash heading for uh, for Miles Craven. Miles Craven is reaching for his gun, and Backlash is kind of just just basically, well, to be honest with you, he's kind of playing with him, really, sort of wrecking his uh, his office and what have you. And he's kind of grinning, and uh, he's basically insane. I mean, he's got he's got this um, implant in his in his head uh, that speaks to him. This Kieran kind of in. in implant. Uh, there's a shadowy figure looming behind him, and it is, of course, Michael Cray, uh, who disintegrates half his head. Uh, Michael Cray can do this. It's, uh, it's a good thing. He's uh, And he's got... He's got control of of this power now, and uh, this is—I'll be honest with you—this this is this is the most disappointing part of the issue, uh, because Cray has had a twelve-issue series. He's a character that has been really well developed. Uh, he's being used here primarily uh, to reach Miles Craven, so that he can prevent Miles Craven from being killed, and which he does. And then gets shot in the back of the head by Miles Craven as he walks away from him, which is exactly what happens. He he go he goes up and he says, uh, "I choose who dies, Miles. I'm not running and I'm not hiding. Leaving. Don't look for me ever. I choose to let you live. Do me the same courtesy." And Craven is clearly mentally unstable here. Craven is clearly not going to let him go free, and he doesn't. He shoots him in the back of the head, and I'm like, oh, I really liked Cray. <laughs> and I know that's kind of the reaction that Ellis is going for here. But I'm like, oh, bloody hell, man. What a waste of a great character. Anyway, oh, he's dead. He may not be dead, of course. He looks dead to me. Uh, so Craven then decides to take care of Jackie King, because in his mind, the whole reason that Cray managed to get in here and Mark Slayton managed to get into the IO building is because Jackie King allowed them in. And so there's going to be a confrontation between the two of them. The authority can't do much about that. I mean, they don't even know really that it's going on at the moment. Uh, they've got bigger problems, which is the, uh, the big stick. And they they can see it uh, coming down uh, from into the atmosphere. Uh, uh, Angie and uh, Apollo and Shen are going to have to come up with a plan to deal with that. Before that happens, though, we get the confrontation between Craven and King, and this is really good. If you want to see, by the way, if you ever want to see, uh, which page are we on now? Is it page twelve? I think. If you ever want to see. Uh, a really good picture of an utterly demented man. Uh, page 12 is where you should go, because at the bottom of the page is... Uh 
is Miles Craven looking utterly demented and uh, looking like he's about to kill Jackie King. And he doesn't because she activates uh, the battalion uh, psychokinetic kind of implant thing. Uh, it's not an implant, is it? It's just, it just kind of sits on her head. It's like a little, it's like a little button sits on her, on the side of her head. Uh, and he just disintegrates him. And that was that. And I know there's a part of me that thinks, Oh, I just wish you'd have done that three pages earlier. But, the way it is. Uh, Bayul, who's kind of like the assistant director, watches that and we'll, there's, there'll be some more stuff playing out on that. So Jackie King uh, was in the process of talking to Jenny May Sparks at, the, at, the, at that point. Jenny May had kind of contacted King, um, which kind of helps push uh, Craven over the edge. To, although, actually, to be fair, I, I think I think he was going to kill her. He was going to try and kill her anyway. So uh, the the fact that she's talking to Jen, Jenny May Sparks on the computer screen is neither here nor there. Really. Anyway, she carries on her conversation uh, once uh, the rude interruption has been dealt with, and uh, we then get this this idea. Then, and, and I think from a tonal point of view, this is it's important to note this. You, you've this this comic has gone from uh, being a comic about a world, comic about a uh, a world in which you've got two shadowy organizations uh, meddling with superpowered technology, whether that's biological technology or or inorganic technology. Um, and there's lots of people kind of caught in the middle between them. There's lots of people being used by them. Uh, it's it's partly it's it's at the up until say about i don't know maybe about three or four issues ago it was more of a uh it was more of an espionage kind of thriller comic uh than anything really but now with what's happening in new york and now that you've got superpowered beings kind of out there saving ordinary people we're moving into kind of traditional superhero territory. And, and you've seen that with the last couple of issues. Uh, you've seen it in this issue where they've, they've got rid of, uh, Bendix's activated superpowered agent. And, uh, now you've got a bigger threat, a citywide threat, and they're going to have to deal with that. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting how the tone of this has now shifted. And it, it's significant for reasons that we're going to get to in a moment. Shen asks, Apollo to take her up uh, as high as they can go so that she can do something with this big stick. She then asks Shen to send, magically send a door. Now they are telepathically linked, so I guess that it's possible to do this, but she asks Shen to send a magic door, uh, to open a magic door through her, okay, to use the, for her to be, I suppose, the kind of access point for this door, the, 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 uh, the place where the door opened. And Shen does that. Uh, now, what's kind of, I'm going to be honest, what's kind of clever about this is that a couple of issues ago, or maybe it was last issue, no, it was last issue, um, Apollo and Midnighter were, uh, were under, briefly under Bendix's control, and, uh, Shen and Angie had to work together to, to, to get 
Shannon place so that she could uh, cast some kind of spell or use some kind of magic to break Bendix's hold on um, on Apollo and Midnighter. So, so they they've already and this is kind of clever. They've already worked together. This is not out of the to- out of the blue. It is it is outside their comfort zone though. It's difficult. This is this is not an easy thing to do at all. And basically, she. Uh, Shen does this. She opens the the gate, and the the rod, uh, the big stick, goes through the gate along with the kind of the fire and the kind of kinetic energy that it's accrued, and she sends it back to Skywatch Base, uh, which then partly blows up. It's not the whole thing, but part of it blows up, which you know is is pretty cool. So at the end, there's a little bit of kind of of politicking between Bayul and King. It's okay. It, it's a little bit anticlimactic. Um, Bendix is horrified to realize that uh, Skywatch can now be seen. It's no longer cloaked. Uh, similarly, uh, somebody has leaked uh, the IO. I guess manifesto, uh, document dump or whatever, um, on the world wide web. It's being picked up by the, by the daily planet, the news, uh, program. Um, so the, the, the two secret organizations are no longer secret. So that, that's, that's a big kind of game changing thing. And both in their own ways have been, um, significantly wounded, significantly hurt by this. But we get the last page. And, and this is as perfect a way of ending the series as I can think of. The last page is the authority kind of sitting around, having a beer, and and is standing just a little bit apart from them. She's leaning against a lamppost, being very relaxed, very happy, kind of in her jeans and T-shirt. And uh, Jenny May Sparks says this, At the end of the day, it wasn't about the secret history of the universe, all that cosmic crap, all the spook shows and science. It was about her, and she points at Angie, learning as much as she could, hiding and running, fighting and living. So she could rescue people. And then you get a nice picture of her just kind of smiling as the, uh, smiling in the sun, leaves surround and whirling around her. David Hunt doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what it's about. And it's a really, really, really nice way to end the issue and the series as a whole. Remember I said, um, the, uh, Miles Craven's husband, uh, being escorted out of the city and he gets to, uh, has the capacity to, to, to kill him, to stop him from leaving. And he let, she lets him go. And the reason she does that is because way back in the first issue, Angie very briefly met Miles Craven and, uh, Miles's husband, uh, as they were having coffee outside on the street and that recognition that kind of that human recognition that human kind of connection is what causes her to save him it's a really nice callback to to that first issue this is a really good issue i and and it's a great series I, i i think um is it perfect no but it but it's it's really good and it's very satisfying and i think in in trade in particular I think it will read incredibly well. I gave this issue a 9.2 out of 10. Now, um, I feel a little bit giving it a 9.2, but I just found the death of Michael Cray and some of the IO stuff uh, just a little bit bit unsatisfying only just a little bit but it's there nevertheless uh so 9.2 it is but it's a very very good issue uh if you've not been reading the wild storm um just get the trade <laughs> it's 
it's just great. Uh, you know, it, nothing if nothing more than just a showcase for how good John Davis Hunt and Steve Bucciolato uh, are. Um, it's worth getting for that. But but in all seriousness, it is it is a phenomenal piece of comic book uh, storytelling. Ellis's script is is witty. It's clever. It's witty without being silly. I mean, there are moments that are kind of like the kind of border on silly, uh, but it's not gratuitously so. It's witty. It's clever. It's sharp. It's just great. And, and and he's he's made some truly fantastic characters here. And um, yeah, I, I I totally recommend you uh, getting hold of this uh, of this book if you haven't done so already. Uh, Wild Cats is coming out soon. I think uh, I think there's a month hiatus, and then we're we're in with Wild Cats. I'm hoping that means we see some voodoo. That would be good, uh, but we will see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but that's it uh, for me for the for the Wild Storm, at least for for the time being. Um, I hope you have a great week. Uh, my week, I'll be honest with you, oh, my week was kind of crap. Not, not, not for any other reason than just I'm really tired and just not feeling it right now. Uh, the whole kind of teaching thing is just, uh, it's just doing my head in. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. It is terrible. I'm terrible. It's not good. Um, yeah, that's just, I, and there's one coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got Alton Towers coming up. I know those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while will remember that last year, Alton Towers, the, the trip to Alton Towers, actually the trip to Alton Towers was okay. The trip back from Alton Towers, Alton Towers is like a, a big theme park, uh, and it's about two hours drive, two hours coach ride away from, uh, from where I work. And, uh, it's great, actually. When you get there, it's great. Uh, the kids just go off and do their thing. Um, you sit, uh, in a cafe or whatever as a point of contact for a bit. Once you've done that for a bit, you've done your, uh, your duty, as it were. Uh, you can wander off. And because it's sat in, it's set, uh, because it's set in, uh, in grounds of an old country house, uh, there's some really nice, uh, kind of gardens and uh, and what have you. So you can just and the kids that go to the garden. You're never going to see a kid in the garden. <laughs> it, never, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> they're all in. They're all in queues or or, or whatever. Um, so I, I just take a, a couple of books and just sit for a very nice, very relaxing. Uh, the journey home last time <laughs> turned into a bit of a vomit fest. Uh, hopefully that won't happen this time, but we will see. As uh, a combination of uh, the 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 coach driver deciding that the motorway was not for us. We were going to take the uh, the scenic route, which involved lots of twists and turns and ups and downs across the Staffordshire countryside, and uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, um, many of the uh, of the stomachs of the children uh, who were on the coach rebelled against this. <laughs> And, and promptly voided themselves all over backs of seats and what have you. It was, it was pretty disgusting. But anyway, hopefully that won't happen. In any case, uh, I'll let you know how it gets on, how we get on. Um, although you won't hear from me for a little while now, I don't think. Um, but anyway, uh, I will, I will see you when I see you. Uh, you take care. Um, I hope your comics are good. I've read some good comics over the last couple of weeks. Uh, most of them have been from Marvel or old DC comics. <laughs> none of them have really been, <laughs> none of them have really been up to date DC comics, which is a shame, but that's, that's just the way things are right now. Uh, it could be, of course, that I'm just, I'm just not reading the right comics. 
that that is a distinct possibility. Uh, but we will. I'm not reading any Bendis stuff. Maybe I should be. I don't know. Maybe I should be. Um, yeah, Tom King's Batman. <sighs> yep. That's a thing. Um, Hawkman's pretty good, but it's kind of gone off the boil a bit. Um, I like Aquaman. Aquaman's doing it for me at the moment. It's not amazing, but it's, it's kind of solid and, and I'm enjoying it. So that's, that's okay. But the stuff that's really getting me fired up is, uh, stuff like, um, The Punisher. I just, just, uh, reviewed, uh, the last issue of The Punisher for the Marvel, uh, Weird Science Marvel website. Really good. And Daredevil. Daredevil is fab. Um, so yeah. Uh, lots of lots of good stuff and Avengers I'm just a, a, I, I haven't started really, still haven't started reading War of the Realms but I'm catching up on on Avengers and that's enjoyable as well so uh, yeah anyway I hope your comics are great whatever they are I hope you enjoy them uh, you take care and I will see you soon bye bye now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say the books are good or bad or just okay now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what jim will say we're waiting to hear all jim's scores we don't want to hear eric shea ah yes and then a theme that's going to be uh prevalent from now on we're not going to hear Eric Shea. Uh, I'm yes. here with Brandon right My now turn. to talk a little Batman TMNT. And we're going to be doing two issues here because when number two came out, we did not talk about it. We ended Scheduling up missing concerns, it. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to be talking these two later on. I'll be talking to Pete from NYC about High Level, which came out last week. We have a bunch of catch up things going on since Eric isn't around to record. And then finally, at the very end of the podcast, Eric will return for a little female fury <laughs> it's like magic. Uh, to end it it's up. Time yeah. Yeah. That's what will happen. But we're here to talk the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Uh, and we've enjoyed the first two no, parts we're talking two this. first, right? Yeah, I'm saying no. It's number three, the series. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. talking oh, oh, number right. two. Oh, this is what I I'm saying. It's the most confusing the title. But yeah, we've enjoyed this. And we've enjoyed the uh, Batman TMNT. I enjoyed the first series a lot. Then the second series, I liked it, but it seemed to kind of be stretching itself. Yeah, I got thin. bored of it a little bit. Yeah, too. and then this one though, it's kind of kickstarted again. Yep. It's kickstarting my heart like Motley Crue, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I will say that as we jump into this number two issue, it is starting a trend that I think that it's going to be better served if you are a Turtles fan. This is going to be more of a Turtles story than a batman story i don't mind that i ended up because of this and i hadn't read this number two until last night i ended up i i I realized then that when we were going to talk about it before (laughs) and then we never did i just never ended up reading it it, so i read it and it actually got me inspired to go back and read you know the mirage comics the first bit of the teenage mutant ninja turtles i went and read like three of the slide a quick origin in here yeah, and you got it. And I, I that's why I went back. I wanted to check out to see how accurate it was. And it's, it's accurate. It's it. 
And uh, I thought it was a really cool deal. Uh, if you remember way, way back before we get into the – do you have any credits? Are we just going to read it yeah, right now? Yeah, no, I got the them there in the back. I turned to okay, that page well, ahead of time. Right before that, I'll just remind people that what happened at the end of the first issue, because it was so long ago, was, you know, they were doing their Batman and Turtle things. This is a little different wonky universe going on. And then at the end, Raphael, black and white Raphael, showed up yeah. yelling and screaming. And we thought, boy, that that's – pretty neat little twist we got krang all that stuff going on and so i you know i was wondering okay what are they going to do with Raphael? and they do what i would have guessed but it, it's pretty cool again i think that it's probably yeah, even it's not, cooler it's nothing if you're out of this Turtles world guy. crazy like you haven't no. seen before necessarily no. but it's still uh, i'm having fun with it nonetheless. well I, I like to give us the credits and then we'll get right into it yeah we got script by james tynan the fourth art by freddie williams the second with kevin eastman Colors by Jeremy Caldwell. Letters by Tom Napolitano. This is Crisis in a Half Shell Part 2. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I think that this would be more of a thrill for long-time Turtles fans because yeah. really you get here and what you have is Raphael there in the cave. And if, if again, if you don't remember, this is a universe where the Turtles are pretty much Robins. You end up having Splinter. Yep. As they, they, he ended up raising them we, because, we and we whole, uh, we Batman get an origin, origin in this as well. Yeah. It's weird too because we're told that's the one thing that I thought, and I really like this number two issue. The one thing that I thought was down is. Raphael kind of gives you their origin. They kind of talk about it. Then you see it then, and it seemed like, yeah. okay, we're getting a little it's too same, much The here. next issue, yeah, that we're going to talk about later is, yeah. uh, you know, the third one, they do the Batman-centric origin and, Which you know, kind of straighten yeah. everything out by the end Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So with this, though, you're wondering what's up with Raphael. He's there, and he's yelling, you know, this universe isn't right, things like that. But really, yeah, you guys got to wake fight. up. Buddy. Yeah, and they, they show up and and I just I it's the one thing, it's it's a nagging thing of why comic book is he trope. fighting so yeah. much here because he knows what's going on. I mean he kind of then spells it out later. Yeah, the but one they thing I do like fighting. about the fight that they do kind of show is that this Raphael is obviously the more experienced fighter yeah. than any of these current turtles. Yeah, and, and even it, Batman it a little out, bit yeah. at this Well, point. and this is kind of a watered-down Batman, too, which they kind of point to as well. But what I like about it when they say, you know, who the heck are you? He's black and white. And, and yeah. it almost looks like Old at man. points one-dimensional <laughs> and things like yeah. that. And it does point and it does push the idea. And he's basically, I'm Raphael Prime. I'm, And I, he even almost goes and says, I'm from issue number one. You know, I'm Raphael number yeah. one. You guys and, are all copies of me. Yeah, and they even say, like, boy, he sounds a lot like you, but he's kicking their butt. And it does point to the deal of they were a little more hardcore at first. And yeah. then they became more goofy, more friendly, more family friendly, like stuff like that. So this is the OG just coming back and, and kicking complete butt. Yeah. It even says, like, this is ridiculous. You guys should be doing something here. You, you can't even touch me. Uh, then kind of just stops because I love when Batman just says, who are you? And that that's like the trigger. Oh, yep. oh yeah. Maybe oh, I should tell you. Yeah, we're friends and, after all. I forgot. Yeah. Me. And then he says, you're looking at the original package, Raphael number one. I thought that was a pretty neat way to yeah, do this. And again, line. if anybody thinks that I am blinded in my dislike of James Tynan's writing. I, I've always loved it on this book. I, I'm telling you, he is right to the point. And even in the next bunch of deals, it's narration, but it's narration that was, 
you know, reminiscent of the original Turtles because yeah. then you go back and he tells his origin. He tells their yeah, origin. It serves a purpose. It's a throwback yeah. story to what happened And he tells originally. the number one issue origin and it's pretty much Kevin Eastman doing this as well. So yeah. it, it's spot on all the way to the point, you know, he shows, the hey, page. you know. Yeah, yeah, the title page and the you know the cover—it's awesome. It's yeah, it so is. Cool. It looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And you get the whole deal of you know the one trucks going. You have you know the radioactive waste comes out. The kids walking down the street. He gets it on the turtles. The turtles go down the sewer. And where I think that this is played out really well. A lot of people get a kick of this of like, oh man, look, it's the original looking art, and we're doing this. What it does though is if you don't know this classic origin of the turtles, it's going to serve you later when you do go to the Batman alternate yeah. t- where the kid the ends up being up Bruce origin. Wayne then. Yeah. yeah. Because then that kid's Bruce Wayne. And in a, a really cool way, when we get to it, it, it is really cool. Joe the tie-ins to both involved. of the universe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll when there. we go with this though, I, I will tell you after this, they're there and they're trying to figure out this device that Raphael has. That is pretty much a, you know, multiverse jumper. hopping yeah. device, a jumper. They're trying to figure it out. I It got a little wonky for me here as they were doing this and they're going off to show a video of what happened in Raphael's universe that yeah. did include Batman, but the older Batman and things like this. And this is where basically they have, you know, the crisis there. You got yeah, the they tower. Have the red skies. Yeah, you have the red sky. You have a lot of the DC stuff going on. You have the monitor tower, stuff like that. And uh, they're all, you know, strapped to it. And it's Krang who's doing all of this, trying yeah. to He's in basically, the monitor suit. Yeah, he's in the monitor suit. So it's monitor Krang. One, yeah. And he's trying to basically control the multiverse. And he's trying to get everything on his side. He's trying to fudge the deal. And you do see the older Batman, things like that. And you keep jumping back because they are watching this as like a video. Because he's like, hey, you know, I, I did videotape this. And so you're going and like, hey, man, there's a Batman in that universe, too. And I like Raphael. <laughs> I told you that there was this. Yeah. And, this Batman looks great, too. He looks yeah. a lot like the animated series Batman a little bit. He yep. reminds me of, but with yeah, brighter even looks colors, like an like a more modern type day deal. update. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a cool deal. And through this whole deal, you are going to get this concept of these multiverses being made. Krang made this multiverse that they're in now to weaken them. Yes. It's very new. Because nobody's Flash their prime point-esque. self, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a lot of, you know, it, it really, where you have a lot of the turtle stuff and a lot of the turtles background, things like that. The crisis part of it, though, is pretty much full out DC comics. So that's where you're going to get that. Like you said, the red skies, you know, the tower, things like that. You have the monitor, anti-monitor deal. And yeah, so they do a good job of combining everything. Yeah, it like, is combined. And they're, you know, in this, they're breaking out of this, you know, out of the tower. And they're they're showing you how Raphael ended up getting to the universe that we're dealing with now. And basically, you know, they broke out of the tower and they start fighting. And as they're fighting, they're like, okay, come on, we got to get out of here. Donnie, you know, can you can you fix this thing? And he's like, I don't know. You know, I, I'm trying. <laughs> I, I might be able to figure this out. He ends up getting hit. And the cube 
ends up falling and that's where Raphael picks it up and ends up it's almost like the immaculate reception he's Franco yep. Harris here he grabs oh, he's onto so it he's so Franco Harris yeah, yeah the, oh, way, yeah. the way he's drawn the way he's everything, got it. it's inches yeah, yeah. from it's the ground Franco Harris and so they're like go Raphael you know please go save us it's, it's you have to do this and he's like oh no please don't kill me he ends up jamming the thing in yeah. and he does end up ending up in this universe and so he, he even says he to his dialogue he's been trying to find the turtles and basically telling them you're not good enough in this universe you have been watered down this is not the right universe you guys shouldn't be you know the robins in the bat cave with this batman and and it's weakening all of you that and and you already saw that you because he kicked batman. their ass yeah and you included <laughs> batman because batman then and, and so he's there you know and they don't like to hear this you know they're like oh no and i feel bad because of anybody who has something to lose. Now, first off, when we get to the next issue, we'll, we'll see other people who, who did lose some things. But Batman has all his buddies there, the turtles and stuff. <laughs> when they end up changing and getting their memories back and start remembering things, this Batman is kind of like a goofier Batman. He's hanging out with the turtles. He's eating pizza. Now he's got to go be dark Batman yeah, again. Basically, he's go be Tom King Batman. That's what I'm like, saying. Basically, he has wrist, to go you know? with Tom King, where the turtles are just going to end up being their goofy selves, no matter yeah. where they go. And I did actually feel bad for Batman a little. Like, yeah. man, he's kind of having fun here. This is the only fun that he's we ever had. We all thought had. it was Selena all along. Really, yeah, he's no. imagining his life with the turtles. Yeah, in he's the just sewer. missing the turtles, and then. And you get to this ending, and it, it's a pretty cool ending where y- you have more of the crisis, red yeah. skies, lightning, and you end up seeing the Joker. Uh, and he's like, you feel it, don't you, laughing man? You know, there's something wrong in this world that threatens all the power that I've gathered in this empire, and I'm going to give you something to that you're going to win this battle and you do have uh, in the next issue more joker and things like yeah, that but it's the a smile cool clan and yeah, yeah that, it's, it's what it's next issue joker that's really cool but um, yeah, it, it kind of ends up the twist at the end of issue three is it shredder joker though you know well, what i'm saying it's yeah, pretty cool I mean, twist it is, but yeah. uh, I <laughs> think is, the art. Is. Yeah, I think the art is really good, and, and the the callback art, the throwback art, is perfect. It really looks great, and I, I love I just, how it meshes together. That's yeah, my favorite yeah, part. So it do doesn't. You would anticipate it kind of looking like, um, you know, photoshopped on or, or looking yeah, no. like a cheap color. Yeah, form. anytime the Raphael black and white interacting with the turtles and batman looks so good and, and i'm telling you it's such a simple kind of concept i guess but it's so clever to me and it plays out so great that they're going to be saved by the original raphael from the black and white it even I'm, I'm telling you it even makes that concept of when it was in black and white like that was a different right like when they added color it kind of changed that you know what i mean yeah. it gives everything with that and i'm gives sure a little bit more there's yeah. pretentious people out there if, if me and you gotta go we have to find like a turtles uh you know a board a message board thing and there's got to be some guys in there oh, i've read them is. since they colored it i need the black <laughs> and white you know stuff I like that when they killed yeah this is bullcrap this family friendly stuff it's because vanilla ice got involved that, that's what i can hear and it's so cool and really you really want to float my boat Let's see Vanilla Ice show up in one of these issues because it yeah. is a multiverse. And boy, people I would, in um, 
Yeah, I would say people's main problem with the turtles would be like people's main problem with Marvel is they'd always say like damn Disney and people yeah. can say about well, that's turtles what I'm damn Nickelodeon. I'm actually shocked you know? now that we're talking about it that we're not getting now the Nickelodeon but the Nickelodeon stuff still IDW comics I believe I wish that they play I hope they play with that with the idea that a vanilla ice weakened them as well because yeah. of, you know the well, movie they, they did and also have that IDW centric crossover where saying. it was the so you, you know have all different that. version of the turtles yeah. basically a more kitty version of yeah, them I with like that though, Batman. It, since this is pointing out like that's when you got weak and I'm stronger than you let's take it to the extreme and like you said have the Nickelodeon guys show up have all this stuff that'd be so awesome but I, I think that it's just going to be Raphael this team and Batman but we'll see we'll see but what did you give this issue uh, I think I gave this one a 9.0 I know you, I, you love I, it I was, yeah I was still I was in utter awe of just the combination of Raphael and how good he looked with all the other characters on the page yeah. and and you know the callbacks I felt were were pretty much seamless between yeah. mixing the turtle turtle different versions of turtles in the DC yeah. universe all into one stew and and just making it work in in uh I'm with interesting you. and and way that makes you want to keep going to get the book yeah. you know I, the, this the is thing one that I buy won and me really over like. The, the thing that won me over was when you have Raphael and he's talking and you're seeing the origin, you're seeing things. And even when he says in a word kind of panel, we were the, and then it just goes and the, it finishes the sentence with the title on the cover of the original, you know, Turtles deal, the Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I thought that was that really was my cool. favorite page. I know. Uh, it's great. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's really it's it's that good. I, I'm even going with the idea now. I, I'm looking. The one thing I wish that it was the uh, the word bubbles. I wish that when Raphael talked, it was a little more like scratchy writing, like that yeah. you know hand drawn. But it's kind of that the whole the whole deal. So it, it doesn't change there. But uh, yeah, I really liked it. I'm going nine as well. I I really really liked it. Uh, and now we're gonna go to the next issue, number three. All right, now we're going to get into issue number three, and it starts off with the alt origin of Batman, uh, basically setting up the Joe Chill deal. And in this, Joe Chill does have his gun, but it's not a gunshot that ends up killing, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne because they're coming out of Zorro. It's, It's everything matches up there, except that Bruce is running off and he wants these smelly turtles. And it's funny because his mom's like, I heard those turtles get so smelly. I'm like, really? Martha, <laughs> you know, yeah, hoity-toity lady. And he's like, I right. like smelly it, things. It's not like she's going to be cleaning them. Alfred's no. going to have to do yeah, the that's job the thing anyway. Too, because she's like, you better be the one who cleans it up. I'm sitting there thinking, I guess they don't have Alfred. But then later we find out we did. You know, they did. Yep. So who, who's she kidding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. he's a, you better not let me see the butler cleaning that because that I don't, would upset I don't me. work per se, yeah. but it's oh, not I'm like I don't you, work. It's Bruce. one of those Come things on. that Martha doesn't want to clean the bowl, but she also doesn't want to see anybody cleaning the bowl or hear about <laughs> somebody cleaning the bowl. And I like it too, where you have Thomas. You see, Martha, he likes smelly things. But this is a cool tie-in, too, where it's funny, too, because it makes it seem also like uh, Thomas and Martha may have thought in the back of their minds that little old Bruce might be a little slow because they're like, what are you going to name it there, Brucey? And he's like, well, we've been learning art in school. (laughs) Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo. Yeah, he just says it there really quick. And that's where Thomas is like, 
Oh, and you were worried he wasn't paying attention in class. I can just imagine <laughs> the, the pillow talk. Do you think yeah. Bruce is uh, behaving and paying attention in class? No, I do not. I think that he is a jerk. But no, he ends up getting the turtles. Uh, Martha continues her snootiness saying, why yep. do we go to that stupid old movie theater? And you have to tell yeah. us like, she I've been going to the to Monarch forever. Oh, really? Well, why do we have to go through this stinky alley? It's like every step of the way she's angry. Mm. And... Um, she this doesn't is strike I'm, out, though. That's the only point I'll agree with yeah. her with. You know, two, yeah, she's one right. out of three, I guess, ain't bad. Yeah, I mean, she really is right overall. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, with that, what we saw at the beginning where Joe Chill had shown up and he basically had, you know, carjacked or truck jacked this whole radioactive material in this yeah, truck that the was, is going to yeah, end up making yeah it's going to make the turtles the ooze truck so instead of joe chill you know shooting martha and thomas what happens is he drives this truck which has no business going down that alley i, I we have no, streets in quaker town that are huge and trucks aren't allowed on them he's going through this you know crime alley in a, a semi yeah, but yeah. he ends up pretty much running over Bruce and, and Martha. And as he's doing this, he's, you know, he jams Thomas, on the brakes. Right. Uh, or Thomas Bruce gets yeah, pushed yeah, out of the Thomas. way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he ends up slamming on the brakes and the ooze comes out uh, as Bruce falls. And classic Turtles deal where the Turtles end up smashing. They go down into the sewer with the ooze and all that. And that is the origin. And then he, you know, Splinter even says, that's when I took you down. And, yeah. you know, you became oh, one Bruce with your brother. Because Bruce is brothers. mortified at, at the scene of his parents just crushed yeah. by this truck oh, and yeah, all bloody he's so they, they're all he kind of backs think that up and falls into the yeah he i know goes isn't and that falls a grotesque in. scene oh, it's, it's <laughs> bad and he too. falls in and he says and this is the problem though we've had this from the last issue and whatnot is when Raphael came back Raphael and, and the turtles themselves as this goes forward it's very wally west-esque in rebirth where wally goes around and he touches magenta and uh-oh must be magenta reborn she yeah, yeah. starts remembering her lightning past. rod type situations they're all we, remembering we their past issue. now now that Raphael, yeah. you know og has come it seems to have kind of broken down some walls here and people are you know the turtles are remembering a past life you know batman he's upset he you know he'd love to have his parents unfortunately batman in all these universes, his parents always die but yeah. he he loves splinter and he loves the turtles they're his brothers and splinter's his dad yeah, and, here and he's actually and, the one at this point that doesn't have his memories coming back to him and he's upset Even it's almost splinter like he's kind of knows left behind. the deal a little bit yeah it almost yeah. is like the you ended up having the turtles go off to college and then they come back to their hometown and that's all they talk about now. I, I yeah. hate those people when they would leave for college and come <laughs> back and all of a sudden they're worldly. And, oh, Just talking you, about burning couches in West Virginia understand. all the time. Well, I went to college a couple years late because I ended up saving up money so that I didn't have to do any loans or whatever. I ended up you know, working a lot to get money just to pay for college. So I had friends coming back in the, you know, in the meantime. you know, and, and around my area, a lot of kids went to Temple or Penn State, stuff like that. And, they, and they'd come back and like, yeah, you know what? 
I ate a hamburger. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I eat hamburgers all the time. You don't understand. This was in state college. It was a college hamburger. (laughs) And I'm like, you you jerk. I'm going to punch you with my Quaker Town fist. But yeah, so it's like that. Everybody else seems to be remembering all the good times of these other lives. And Batman feels like he's left behind. And he's like, oh, man, I love it. He goes to Splinter. Man, Splinter, they're all remembering stuff. I don't remember things and I don't want this to break up. I like our family. I hope that you don't remember things and and I hope you don't forget us. Swinner's like, listen, I remember everything about, you know, our family here, how I found you with the boys. Uh, but I do have these other memories. Uh, Batman, ah, he's yeah. like all upset. Splinter, Splinter actually doesn't remember anything. He's just so tired of this tuxedo. Yeah, he, it, he wants the robe yeah, really. back. Yeah, he's like, uh, he really, he sits there and thinks to himself, in this world, I should be the Thomas Wayne. I shouldn't be the Alfred. I don't know why, yeah. but, you know, he is. He's the Alfred. Uh, and he comforts Batman, and Batman, you know, he loves Splinter. He loves all of them, but he needs to go and work some things out. He needs yeah. to go and have some check Batman a place time. Out. Yeah, he's going to go. And, and I like this, too. There's a little, you know, a little joke here, because when he shows up, he almost gets splinter he almost sneaks up on him and it's a batman thing so that's and it's a very jim gordon batman thing so when he goes he's like bruce and oh master splinter he's like you're getting pretty slick with that sneaking up ninja stuff but i still noticed you but he doesn't notice when he leaves which is the real batman (laughs) trope so that was pretty fun um but yeah they're still trying the turtles are still trying to figure things out and what i really like for the most part about og Raphael. You cannot, you have some people in life where you can't wipe the smile off their face. You cannot wipe the grimace off no. of Raphael's face. He's always angry. I, I don't angry. know how he talks with his teeth I know. clenched so and he's, tightly. He's going to have a heart attack. I mean, really, he, he is so <laughs> over the top with his, you know, anger and upset. But they're trying to figure out a plan. Uh, my favorite and, panel in this issue is the two Raphaels having a teach clench off right in yeah, the middle of the yeah, top that's right what they're corner. Doing. There. Yeah, they, they are. They're clenching. <laughs> off and so what what the og Raphael thinks clench contest is, go brother yeah yeah and he's sitting there the the og Raphael, like you know what we got to get back to the basics and one of the things that i really don't like these robin masks you're wearing these are bullcrap we're <laughs> yeah. getting back to the the original and he has the bandanas things and he's like first we're gonna wear these and they're like no way dude they don't want to wear them. I'm not going to wear that. I'm not changing my mess to some black and white version of me saying so. And that's where they have the clench off. And like, hey, you're afraid. I'm not afraid. Yes, you are. And they're just yelling at each other. Uh, but, yeah, they're trying to figure out what the plan is. And, you know, they're they're starting to remember stuff. They're starting to figure out some things. But they need to pretty much it all leads to they need to find April. That that is the key. Yeah. The key is to getting That's April. The, and I think that the next number item one, on the checklist here. Yeah, and it's it's like the key maybe to all their memories coming back. It's the key to getting her involved because she's such a huge thing with the turtles. In the meantime, Bruce It's these redheads, Iris West, yeah, April O'Neill, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Shea. He doesn't have redheads. <laughs> uh, so you end up having the turtle Batmobile uh driving. And I love this because what happened is Batman needs needs to jar some memories. He needs to see how things are. So he's going to go back to his old house, Wayne Manor. And I only can think is yep. like, 
Thomas and Martha died, right? He ended up jumping down the sewer. That's fine and dandy, but pretty much you're living in a sewer. You go to the mansion, take all the turtles and splinter, live in the mansion. It's dilapidated here. It's run yeah. down. There's, but there's, you, you it doesn't fixed look like it there's up. any mortgage involved. You know what no. I'm saying? Like nobody's no, going to care. You're squatting really, You can right tell now. me that it's really bad. And even if he is squatting, he is, you know, Bruce. I, I don't, and it's a family estate. I, I don't know what's going on. It has to be better than living in a sewer. So he goes back <laughs> and he goes into the manor. In the meantime, we do see April. And April's going in. And like we said, the turtles are going to find April because this is the key. Whoever gets it's almost like, you know, she is the key to this multiversal war. She looks like she's got war. a Lois Lane job right now. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. April, it goes back and forth. In the cartoon, she was a reporter. But most of, a lot of times in the current comic, she's kind of like a scientist and, and, and something along those lines, kind of yeah, tech yeah. girl. Yeah, so she's, she's uh, probably yeah, the she tech Yeah, she seems to deal. be her classic reporter role yeah. here, I think. and she likes her pizza, so that's good. She's trying to order pizza <laughs> on her app, and that's where you get. And it's a really good page turn because you get her saying, oh, and you think it's the turtles. And really, there's April turning the corner, and there's a bunch of, you know, big turtle ninjas. But if you look back to the page before turning, you do see at the end of the alley you see that yeah. joker is waiting that joker, joker is waiting yeah. so he's like hello miss o'neill and he has the smile clan which is awesome it really is it, it makes me smile and with it it's even like a batman who laughs type of deal with the crows and things like that he's got all his smile ninjas and you know they're gonna take her and she's trying to get away. I mean, he looks hideous. He doesn't need that. And what happens, <laughs> though, is, you know, that she's going to get saved, or at least they're going to attempt, because the turtles are there. They jump down. Yep. Now, again, they don't All have five. Batman. It's just the turtles and Raphael, you know, prime. And they come down, and they're like, come on, you know, let's go with me, uh, you know, April. And you end up where they grab her. Donatello grabs her. And when they do touch... She remembers him. She says, Don, yeah, Donnie, the is that you? Moment. Yeah. And, and you have Donnie's like, oh, wow. You know, all this stuff. So things are opening up as they're opening up at the manor for Bruce because he's gone in. And you have just hobo uh, Alfred. Uh, I mean, this is dead Alfred. Yeah. It, it's basically <laughs> the Alfred has been squatting in this mansion this whole time and he hasn't yeah. shaven. He looks awful. No. He even mentions later that he needs to shave. But as Bruce sees him, he realizes he's like, Alfred, I, and I just, you know, they end up hugging and you do have a little bit of like electricity. It looks like going around them yep. as well. And he remembers, he remembers that yeah, his real origin, his old origin is yeah. Joe chill shooting his parents. He remembers even the father. I'll become the, the bat, bat moment. The yeah. Window. Yep. So, yeah. So that's really cool. And it's a really neat thing because you end up, how many times have we seen this origin? I mean, really yeah, it's know, in a, a trillion deal. Freddie Williams art, I, I think that it makes it a little different for me to see it. And it's just one page. You know, it's a bunch of panels, one yeah. page. I liked it. I thought it was really cool just to show you what he's remembering. I think that that yeah, is really it, it neat. It basically just highlights the four or five differences you'd see between what we already yeah. saw in the beginning of the book yep. and what the standard standard and, one really and is. And I'm telling you, at that point... You you really think that, and you do, when Batman shows up, this isn't a Batman that has the goofy eyes anymore. Or it looks like yeah. he's the, the no, fun-loving Batman, no. the scared Batman. The No, no, no. 
This is the strong Batman that they need, who is now he's got his fence. Remembers uh, all his karate moves. Remembers all this. Remembers everything. (laughs) Remembers why he's fighting, why all this is going down. And while that's going on, you do have, you know, the Joker fighting the turtles. And the big thing is him, you know, yelling and fighting the original Raphael, which he ends up kind of dissolving. It kind of makes him poof away. Yeah, he, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like a transporter back to where yeah. he, he came from yeah. and escaped from originally. Yeah. yeah. So he's back to the OG thing. And that's the problem is the turtles are relying on everything that they've done. Everything that they needed to know was based on this Raphael OG's plan. And now he's gone. They even say the guy who knows how to win is gone. And Raphael, our Raphael here, he's just like, this is ridiculous. This stinks. But they kind of, they have April as well though. And she kind of thinks that she remembers some things. And she says, I think I know where, you have to go next. And again, it is like a checklist. Like you said, you have a Batman being Batman, but there is another crisis type sky going on at the mansion. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And they realize we have it's to go down like in things the back. They're reverting back. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, you have Alfred setting the clock to open up the back cave things. And it's even like, what are we going to do? You know, now. And I was like, I, I think I should shave first. He looks awful. <laughs> uh, he looks like he Gandalf. But yeah, they're yeah, going down looks, the back cave. He looks cave. like a male nurse, Jerry Garcia. He seriously yeah, does. Yeah. 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 And he looks awful. And so did Jerry Garcia. <laughs> and I don't think I ever saw a malnourished Jerry Garcia, by the way. But you end up there where as he's going down the back cave, you did have April say, I think we have to go. I think I know where we're going to go to next. And and if you're sitting here thinking of all the different characters and all the people that are there, we have just seen Joker Shredder. So you're like, okay, well, Joker Shredder, and where's the real Shredder? You know, where yeah. is this? And they do go to him. He is just himself. You know, Oroko Sakai, he's just training up in his loft. kicking yeah. things. Yeah, Saki. And uh, he, they end up going to him and they say to him, listen, hey, you are pretty much our biggest, biggest enemy. Y- you know, the, you are the leader of the Foot Clan. Uh, all this stuff, I, it, it won't make sense to you, but I hate your guts. But you know what? We need your help. He's like, yep. what do you want from Come me? With your help. And so this is one of those where it, it's a really cool cliffhanger and a really cool twist because of the idea that we've now seen Batman get his memories back. We saw the turtles getting their memories back. You see all that. So they need to go to their worst enemy who's bound to start getting his memories back as yeah. this goes on. So yeah, well, when is it going to be? Fight, yes. When is it going to be at that what, he remembers everything and just yeah. turns on him? Or I don't think that'll happen. I think that this is going to be, you know, the one story where he ends up, you know, teaming up with them overall and going. And I think that the main thing that he'll probably be more pissed off if he, you know, when and if he gets his memories back is the idea that Joker's this wannabe shredder and he's not going to go for that. So yeah, I think that what they'll have, yeah, they'll fake. have, you know, we're going to go after the enemy of my enemy. And when this is all over, we'll go back to being enemies and we'll go back to hating each other. But let's wait until that comes. Let's fix the universe yeah. first and we'll get back. So. Yeah, th- this is real fun. I, I really yeah, like it. it. It's it's not it, too wonky 
a lot of times these stories will get so wonky that they get convoluted and twist and turn. You don't know where you're going and which way is up. And it's not gotten there that yet because no. Tynan's keeping it pretty simple. He's keeping the characters. And again, this is where when I do talk about JLD and I get upset, a lot of times that I say he has too many characters. He has too many stories going. This is a six-issue mini. It has a focused story. And you see that he can write that way. He can write a focused story with a set amount of characters, even as he adds more characters. But when he adds them, they make sense and we get more of them. So I I like that. I want to see more of April, though. I want to see, obviously, more uh, of Shredder here because he he looks so cool. And I just want to see them fighting with him against. Oh, my God. He he does. He 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 hasn't been fighting the turtles. He's just been doing push-ups, pull-ups and karate to prepare for whatever comes what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, he's jacked. (laughs) He actually looks like a a version of a Bruce Wayne shredder kind of deal. I think it's really cool. I I really like this. Uh, what What did you give this one? I think I gave this one just a little bit of a lower score. Just just basically because some of the pacing, like I wish we were a little further along as far as the story goes in, in this series, yeah. but it's still everything I enjoy about it is, uh, is the same as the second issue. I like when Raphael kind of notes, uh, and you know that uh, it eventually leads to this cliffhanger, but he's like, you know, we the smile clan is the key make it the foot clan and and you know everything yeah, else yeah. Will, will fall yeah, into place yeah they're basically so. and we kind of didn't say the full deal basically what they need to do is just get this back to being the real universe and yeah. uh with that i wonder if that means you know pretty much getting batman the heck out so but they kind of seem like this is both of their worlds but they're different you know ways they are we'll we'll have to see yeah, how I it, it does they work say, out or, or kind of like in this crossover universe anyway if yeah Batman that's what i'm saying Turtles yeah it's, it's a weird deal combined yeah, in this I, un- yeah version. i like it though i i really like it uh what did you give yeah, it i, I don't too. think I, I gave it an eight five a little under I the think second I'm gonna issue go eight, but eight. still overall very good now it is and this is one of those things where we get these side books that always you know a lot of them seem to be freddie williams art uh you know with the thundercats crossover and things like that as well uh that these are pretty cool things to enjoy you know side story side things it's real fun and really i'm not a turtles historian i like the turtles i think they're cool i never read much until last night uh but i still enjoy it you know what i mean i think that if you like the turtles and even love the turtles this that you should love this i can't see anybody not liking this that are turtle fans more so than if you're a batman fan and go into this you may be thrown off a little bit but like i said i wasn't i actually and if you start from the first volume you know the first series that they did and both the first two series are on the dc app so if you want to if you have the dc app you can go and read those yeah Yeah. no i get the marvel one right now i go back and forth between yeah yeah so yeah you can go back (laughs) if anybody's out there and they're like hey you know this sounds pretty cool you can start from the beginning and the, it's all good they are really good yeah. and i'd suggest you do that yeah, I have and this even them. current one is going back and forth between who it focuses on like this was a batman yeah. heavy issue we got a Raphael heavy issue last issue so yep and yeah the only thing that i think is off like you said the the progression and the pacing and i think it's because you're not getting any krang 
He, he Krang yeah. shows up. He's the big he's the bad. Big bad. He's barely but he in gets it. pushed yeah. aside. So you, you need to have at least. I'm surprised we didn't have like it right in the middle three pages or two pages of Krang yeah. doing his Just thing. Just remind you. So we, I know. yeah, and remind you, and also see that they have to speed things up. Oh my God, it's the tension of of a timing thing or Krang's yeah. watching. I mean, really, wouldn't it be funny? Is at the end they're like, hey. You know, you used to be Shredder of the Foot Clan, and you were our worst enemy. What do you need from me? We need your help. And then one more panel. That's a great cliffhanger. But you have one more panel where Krang, all of a sudden, he's like, ha, they think they're winning. They're they're right into what I planned all along. And then you're like, oh, crap. That's what he really wanted. And then that would have been cool. Or you see him finishing his giant, quote, unquote, bomb or whatever the bad guys are always making. At least you need a little of Krang. You, You need a tiny bit. But- you did get some cool things in this, but yeah, that's that. We're caught up now, so when the next one comes out, we can get yeah, right we'll be up to, to that. All right, we're going to go off to me talking about the Tom King Superman book, Up in the Sky. Superman Up in the Sky, number one. It is written by Tom King, pencils by Andy Kubert, inks by Sandra Hope, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by Clayton Cowles. And this is one of the books that are being reprinted now from the Walmart DC initiative exclusive books that ended up coming out, those 100-page giant issues that were coming out at Walmart. And it's a pretty cool thing that these are now going to be in regular comic shops. Not that I'm going to make a stance against Walmart that some people do. I just was upset that not a lot of people could get. I myself was collecting them at first and ended up going to Walmart. And eventually what happened was it seemed that somebody did not really care about these books and ended up putting them on a bottom shelf. And then somebody came and kicked it over. And pretty much that's how it remained for weeks to months. And this is one of the bigger ones. When they were first announced, one of the big things would be this Tom King Superman. And then what comes out next week is is the Batman Universe book by Brian Michael Bendis. So you ended up having the Batman writer on Superman, the Superman writer on Batman. So a lot of people were wondering, oh man, you know, how is Tom King going to write Superman? Now, of course, you heard some people, maybe by the name of Jim, saying, oh great, he's going to grab Superman and make it depressing. He's going to, you know, throw in death and destruction and children dying. And it kind of does happen. But that it doesn't taint it completely. This is an okay start to a book. It is collecting the first two chapters, and it does start out with Superman doing Superman things. He is punching a robot, it looks like, over the skies of Metropolis, and he gets a call from Batman. He's like, Clark, I need you. Uh, and that's where Superman's like, yeah, that's his boy. So he flies over to Gotham. He's like, hey, what's going on? And this is where Batman says, last night, Home invasion on West Conway. Nothing taken. Older couple murdered. They had four foster children. Girls, ages five to ten. Two of the girls are dead. One's missing. One was found. Shot but alive. She's at Gotham Mercy. He he has a lot to say here. He just doesn't like to say it in drawn out sentence. And Superman's, I'm sorry. And then Batman's, a girl in the hospital. Go talk to her. And goes off. And I want Superman like, the hell you you don't run my life there batman really but he does go this is the thing it ends up being that superman is going to find this kidnapped girl that's what this all is going to be about his quest and and tom king plays with the idea of when your superman is one little girl's kidnapping worth 
going off into outer space, leaving your family behind, leaving all the troubles that Earth has just for one girl? And of course, the answer is yes. When you're Superman, you want to try to save everybody. Um, But Tom King, he has to force the issue and he forces the issue with having this death and this misery because when he ends up going to the hospital to talk to this little girl. Now, this little girl has been shot. Uh, Spoiler alert. This little girl is going to die in a day or so from her wounds, but yet she's in the hospital jumping around, gritting her teeth. She's getting all excited. She's yelling. Doesn't make sense for a little girl who's been shot. Also, the dialogue. It just is over the top, trying to talk like uh, what he thinks a five-year-old would talk like, but it comes off sounding silly at points. We were in the basement, and then we heard these really loud noises. The noises were like big noises, and they shook things. And like right away, I'm like, really? Just just get to the point. I, I know what he's trying to do, but there's not in a point. You don't have to push That this five-year-old is a cute little five-year-old that when she dies, I get upset. I I don't know about everybody listening. I'd be upset if any five-year-old girl dies. So he's really trying to push this cuteness like, oh, man, like she can't pronounce words or she says things differently. There was another big noise and I got so hurt. I was crying. Alice was yelling and then she wasn't yelling. A man was there in a spacesuit. I couldn't see because I was hiding, but I saw a little. He reached in and closed my eyes and Alice screamed so loud. I was hurt and like wet and red and he took her yeah wet and red she was shot so that's his way of a little girl being cute it's almost like she was shot with a bullet and she said she was wet and red oh my this she wears alfonso so she uh, the kids say the darndest things on this episode a girl gets shot and then explains it in a cute and funny way but yeah and so this is going on and the whole thing the joke that he has is i had a superhero figure of you superman and alice liked it so she took it but it was mine but it's you and it just goes on and on it goes over a couple times i want the doctor to show up because at this point her ekg all these things have to be spiking he has riling her up so much with this that I want a doctor to come in and just like, Superman, get the heck out of here. You're going to kill this little girl. And in the meantime, since we don't see her after this, I am blaming Superman for her death. She got too excited. You know, and and this is the girl's been shot and and nobody's there. There's no doctor. She's just there yelling and screaming. But he's like, "Where, where did they go? Where did they take her up in the skies? And she points up in the sky, obviously, that is the title of the book. And with that, you have this thing where it is in Gotham. This is a Gotham thing. Now, are we led to believe that Batman went and talked to her? Because she's not talking like, I already told Batman. Give us some inkling that Batman went and found out this story first. And then when she said to him, hey, where where'd they take her up in the sky? Then he's like, okay, well, I'll call the Green Lantern Corps. That's really their jurisdiction. Well, nah, man. Maybe I'll call Clark. He seems like he's not up to much. Even though in this issue, you have the coolest parts are Andy Kubert making these kind of spread pages of Superman kicking various villains' butts throughout this. But we go off then, and now Clark thinks to himself, okay, I got to get involved in this mystery. So I'm going to go and I'm going to tell Perry. What, what I like to do as Superman, this is Clark, what I like to do as Superman is I like to go investigate things, but I like to do it on the Daily Planet's dime. I like to be paid for Superman stuff. So he goes to Perry and says, hey, there's this big murder going on in Gotham. I think maybe I'll take a look into it. I think it's a cool story. And this is where you get Tom 
King is is one of the things that I'll say all the time. Tom King is big on fan service wow moments. So he has a checklist. And Perry checklist fan service is definitely Great Caesar's Ghost is is one or two of that. You know, if if it is two, number one is get pissed often and, and yell. And then number two, yell, great Caesar's ghost. Number three is go to number one. And you just keep going in a loop because Clark's there with Lois. And he's like, hey, uh, Perry, you know, I want to go to Gotham. You know, there was this murder of a family. And and you have Perry. And and again, it's a setup of a joke. This whole scene goes on a little bit too long where Perry's like, oh, I see a murder. And uh, what city was that? Oh, it, it was Gotham, chief. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gotham. All right. Great Caesar's ghost. What damn paper do you think you work for? This is the planet, the Metropolis planet. There's plenty here. We're not going to go to every murder in Gotham. He's yelling and screaming. He's losing his mind. People are outside of the room and they are stopping, looking through the door. This is something that he does all the time. So you're led to believe he has not freaked out like this in quite some time. And he says another fan service type deal. We got alien attacks, monster attacks, Luther attacks, supervillains, Andrew. Androids, gorillas, supervillain, android, gorillas. We, we have everything here. What are you going? You're not going up there. What are you in Kansas? Kansas isn't in Kansas anymore. Ah! And he screams and yells. And then this does nothing for the issue because Clark gets up and pretty much must say, all right, that's over with. I'm going to go investigate this anyway. So you have a Perry who is yelling that there is no way that Clark's allowed to go to Gotham for a day. And then he spells out later to Lois, he's leaving for a while. He says he's going into space. So so what does he tell Perry then? Is he like, oh, yeah, by the way, Perry, I'm not going to go to Gotham, but I'll be back in two months. I'll smell you later there, buddy. Hey, by the way, I just saw Caesar. Great Caesar's ghost. You know, you end up setting up this whole deal where Perry is furious because of this. And then you realize at the end, it's fan service. It means nothing for anything going on because Clark doesn't listen. Now, he does go off. And he goes and talks to Hal Jordan. He gets a hold of Hal Jordan, which I think Batman probably should have right away. You end up where Hal Jordan goes. And in the start of the mystery, the start of the detective work, it's just like Superman must have been like, go and look at the space above Gotham. And Hal comes back and like, yeah, seems like somebody was there. I got some readings. Seems like it was one of those counterfeit Zeta beams we've all been talking about at the water cooler at the Hall of Justice. You know, the ones that we talk about all the time how's like yeah yeah you know i traced them a little it's tough i tried to reach out to the ronians but you know them they know zeta beams but they also are kind of jerks right now and won't talk to us they stonewalled me so they don't talk to anyone anymore i don't know and then superman says yeah And then it continues. I did put an APB out. They have a picture of the little girl. If they find the girl, they find her. But you know, as Superman is fighting, and this whole time they're fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex, Superman barely says a word. And now he heads off. And you do have this whole deal where you see him fighting and saving people. He's fighting villains. He's saving people. And this is really good. There's three pages worth of this where he's stopping an asteroid that is going to hit Earth. Right. He's doing that. And in the meantime, the narration over this is, you know, him telling Bruce saying this isn't easy. This is a mystery. It's pretty crazy. 
And also, I have a lot going on on Earth. I don't know if you realize this, but I'm Superman, and I I save the planet all the time. And I think that that's a well-played-out bit. It's a well-played-out bit art-wise and also the story-wise to get that thing where you have to realize that Superman, even if he wants to help this one little girl, we see him saving millions of people, it seems, at this point, that what's going to happen if he does leave? So it is set up well. You have where Batman pretty much says, I'm going to stay here. That's why I can't go. He's making excuses, but he's like, I can't go either. But there's a difference between you and me. You're Superman. And it's a good line. It's a really good line. And Tom King does have some good things in this. It's just some of the wraparound stuff and the stuff that it seems like he thinks he wants to throw in there to prove that he should be able to write Superman. This is a, it is kind of a hurdle that a lot of these writers end up facing. I would think that this would be less of a stressful thing for Tom King because it is for these hundred page giant issues at Walmart. But also I think that this is him thinking to himself, these people who even like my Batman, I want them to realize that I can write Superman too. This might set up jobs in the future, but it's also something that he can say, Hey, I've been on Batman forever, but look, I can write other things. So I do think that he's trying his best, but he ends up going a little too far sometimes with the great Caesar's ghost and stuff like that, where it just seems silly and you you can almost look past the comic and think to yourself boy he's really trying to convince us that he knows these characters but only doing it through catchphrases and you know things like that instead of actual real character work but that's something that I find that he does a lot uh, through his writing and all the books he does but that's just me but yeah you end up seeing Superman then go off and he's fighting Atomic Skull who I love but it's funny I love this art but he is punching Atomic Skull one way and it looks like Atomic Skull Head's going the other and then he's Stopping a tidal wave with his Frost breath then he's saving a Jet but as this is going on He is repeating The dialogue from the little girl In the hospital and we we Just had that three pages ago I understand that Tom King Loves to repeat things ad Nauseum but boy we, we Already know what the little girl said y- You don't have to remind us already I mean we have some attention span I don't have A great attention span but I have a little better one than that after he ends up saving a family it looks like from it might be black mask actually but it's just a a gloved hand shooting bullets at a family poor family i don't know what they did but superman stops the bullets then he's fighting metallo and then a little funny aside on the bottom of this page he is saving a little kid who looks like he ran out into the street to get a cat and a truck a tractor trailer was going to run over him superman stopped that by literally crushing the entire tractor trailer and then you know we don't get any progression from this i hope he just didn't leave i mean this is these guys you know livelihood and all in all from the scene well what we see nothing of this was their fault you you know what i mean they're just driving a tractor trailer this kid ran out i want to know who's going to pay for that tractor trailer it's a visual thing here and it's kind of a piece of crap thing if he didn't hook him up but he goes off to smallville and he's going to go talk to Pa Kent, Jonathan Kent. And this is where you get the thing where I had a little bit of a problem with this because you ended up having these Walmart comics. Obviously, they're no longer the Walmart comics, but when they were, and this was debuted there, you had the thing where people were saying these Walmart comics are great. They're going to get kids into comics. And it was really stressed, the idea that these were going to be kids that would be reading them. And that would be the greatest thing because little kids, they can't go by themselves to the comic store or, oh, those kids, they're too 
intimidated to go to the comic store. Their moms don't want to go to the comic store. So putting these books in Walmart, this is the gateway drug to make new comic readers. And that's basically really what you need to continue this hobby. You need younger kids to get involved as well. So you're going to have a comic where... The, the kids are going to read it. I wish that it was a little more in continuity. And I'm not just the continuity kid with this. The more thing I worry about is they're going to read this and like, oh, man, I really like this. And boy, I love and then go off and get, you know, an action comics. And then they're reading it and like, man, what's going on? I got to look this up. Well, why isn't Pa Kent in this? Oh, he died years ago? Well, I just read a book. And and so I know this and, and you know this. And so if you read this, you're like, oh, this is just, you know, out of continuity, Elseworlds type deal. It's a side story. It could have taken place whenever. We understand that. So when we go and we read and this, there's Pa and then he's dead in the other books, that's fine. It's hard to explain to a new reader something like that. Like, oh, well, you're going to see that a lot of writers do it different. They don't do that, this and the other thing. It's just going to confuse people. People. And really, all it is is here for Superman to go to talk to a Pa and Pa with his, you know, homespun wisdom, the way he does it, gives the advice of few words. And it's it's one of those tropes of there's Superman, you know. I really don't, I really can't go, uh, you know, somebody else will say, I know I'm Superman, but really I have a lot on my plate right now. I do a lot of things for this planet. You know, what, what do they expect from me? But yeah, somebody will save the girl. They'll find her. Green Lantern Corps is on it. And then Pa's like, yeah, I suppose they will. Unless they don't, that is. And there's the wisdom of a Pa Kent, the just that. And he's like, and then, well, they won't just, uh, the little girl just won't be found. And she'll be up there all alone, hurt, maybe scared, waiting and waiting. Little kids always got hope. That lesson you gave me, son. You had every problem, but you always had hope. And that's what that girl's going to be left with. Just, uh, you know, unfounded hope. And then that's where Superman's like, all right, I guess I got to go. Why, why do I keep going back to Smallville? But I, I think this is one of those where you, you think that Superman wants to go. He really does. He is kind of looking for somebody to agree. He doesn't want to be the jerk that doesn't save the girl. But boy, if Green Arrow shows up and says, you know what, Superman, I wouldn't go. Then it's all on Green Arrow. Then he could be like, oh, man, that Ollie, he's a piece of crap. He convinced me. And really, I got other things to do and go off. It's almost like one of those things when you you end up working out and you have a workout partner and, and you end up you don't want to work out. So you end up either calling the guy or girl or going over and like, hey. Hey, uh, you know, if you don't really want to work out, yeah, I, I wouldn't be that mad tonight. And then the other person's like, no, no, I, I want to go. We'll go. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you don't want to go, I'd be okay with that. This one time, you will never do it again. And then the other person's like, oh, well, and the other person's thinking like, boy, Jim doesn't want to go work out. So they agree then. They, they really want to go, but they agree. And they're like, all right, Jim, we won't go tonight. And then I walk out the door. What a piece of crap. I thought that was a workout partner I had here. Really ditched me. It, that's not what happens. And Pa is not going to do that. So that's where Superman is off to go. And before that, though, he has to get some things settled. He has to go talk to his wife, Lois, but also get a call from Batman again. Hey, uh, Clark, it's Bruce. Hey, just got word. You know that little girl, that cute little girl that everybody loves from that first couple of pages? Yeah, she dead. She died you know, last night. She passed. So, oh, my, you, you better get there and find out what's going on. And Superman's freaking out. It's he's saving this bridge as a train it's going over a collapsed bridge. He's holding it up so that the tr train pretty much can ride on his hands. And he's screaming ah, as it's going on. 
He's pissed. He goes off to talk to Lois. They are on the top of the Daily Planet, the big globe. Again, a fan service moment. She says, how long will you be? He's like, I don't know, a while. And then she's like, hey, you know, maybe Lex will do something and Brainiac, Toyman, Zod. That's what's going to happen when you go. You know this. But I'll probably fall off a couple buildings as well. That's kind of my thing. And then Superman's like, her name's Alice. Uh, And then Lois basically says, and and all this other nonsense. Again, it's the joke of her falling off buildings and who's going to save her. But when Tom King gets down to it, there are some moments here is when, you know, she's trying to joke around. You know that she'll miss him when he goes into space. And he just says, her name's Alice. And Lois says, you can't save everyone. And then Superman says, no, I can't, but maybe I can save her. Again, that's a really, really good moment. And then we get back to the whole deal. Hey, I might fall off those buildings. I I, I want Superman before he leaves says, listen, I'm going to go save this girl. I'm Superman. That's what I do. I, I am a kick ass superhero i do things like that now what i need you to do don't go on rooftops there's no reason for you to be on rooftops i'm not gonna be around please if anybody calls you and says meet me on the rooftop say no 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 let's meet in the lobby get as far away from the rooftops as you can get because i will not be there to catch you if john is at home flying a kite and the kite goes into a tree. I don't want you climbing up to that branch even. It's not a rooftop, but it's still up. I'm not going to be there to catch you. I, I just want to stress this. Lois, you you don't get this through your head. I'm not going to be here. And they're like, all right, well, I'll make the effort. And he's like, oh, thanks about that. You end this issue then with Superman deciding he's going to go off and he runs off to take off. And there's a three panel progression where he's looking up in the sky and somebody off panels. Hey, hey. And Superman lifts off one leg up a little as classic superman taking off this little kid's trying to catch superman superman and then where are you going by then superman is way in the space and i this kid he probably is just like man you know what a jerk what a jerk superman is i i need to you know all i wanted to ask him was where he was going i'm being a nice kid here i'm a cute kid why is he going up to save this one girl and he won't even have anything to say to me i i actually would have wished superman would have stopped and just came down again and then said oh i'm going to the space to save a girl and then the kid's like all right go get him superman and then you go off but yeah that's the end of the first chapter and this this review is going way longer than i thought um but yeah in this chapter the thing that worried me or or bothered me the most is the idea of this murder and i just want to mention right before we get into the second part you have this murder you have the girl getting shot you have the other kids being killed you have a girl being kidnapped you take out of the equation take out that murder and you still have the same story he's still going to save this girl in space because the family that we never knew got killed uh, that means nothing and we only knew this girl from this one page and again she had just been shot but tom king has to try to make her the spunky kid who's yelling and screaming gritting her teeth and making fists about all this but we hardly knew her anyway why couldn't it have just been that this family was there they had four little girls and they find out there's been a kidnapping up in space they took her to space and the family's upset and you have the little girls crying that they missed their sister you still could have had that because all i can think of is what's going to happen to this girl when she comes back she doesn't have a family now it's so depressing everything that comes around and is part of these stories by tom king that yeah even if they he saves this girl she's coming back to her three sisters you know being murdered 
and her parents dead. So I, I just wish that you, you didn't need that. That's just an extra thing that it's not needed. It's one of those where I do think that Tom King in his stories, he goes by that idea that he doesn't think or want to spend enough time to get character moments to make you care about these stories to go forward, where he has to have this big, giant, awful thing happen so that we're convinced that the story has to happen. And it is the old trope. It's, you know, a villain showing up punching a baby and kicking a dog that that's what it is and that, that's kind of a joke to have to do that that's basically silent movie stuff that that we've long gone past we're in the talkie age now i don't know if you realize these moving pictures they, they have sound now and the people talk so you don't have to have the villain twirling the mustache punching the baby and then grabbing a dog and throwing it in the traffic we don't need that anymore give me a story give me progression give me something that i can get behind so that when superman does go off the find this Alice. I'm really emotionally invested in it, not just told he has to go because there's been murders. And that's just me. That's a little rant going with that. Uh, but with that, we're going to go now to chapter two, which is a little more quick moving uh, chapter than that first one. All right, we're going to start the second part with Superman appearing to be on Ran. Uh, it doesn't really spell that out, but from everything you can see around and what they're talking about must be. And it's funny that Hal Jordan had spelled out that the Ranians don't want to talk. They're stonewalling everybody. They And there's Superman just walking around with a scientist talking about all this. So that seemed to be brushed aside. Now, I wish that it was one of those things where it was spelled out that we've had in other books that... They don't like to talk to people, but anybody will talk to Superman. Superman's a guy who's well-respected throughout the universe. That would have been a nice call. It's not here. Um, but we're going to continue an odd thing, and an odd thing of a misery thing that's that's robot suicide pretty much because the Ronian scientist is like, listen, you know, we're trying to track these so-called counterfeit Zeta beams as well. These criminals are using them. Uh, we think that it's ridiculous, but it's been impossible. We can't get the data and really it's not that we can't get any data it's that there's too much data and says an active zeta beam exists everywhere at once tracking it is like trying to contain the universe in the thought now you say that i've seen some issues of comics where they have tracked zeta beams so that's a little odd to force the idea that it's not so easy and this is one of those things where it, it, tom king's giving you a mystery and the roadblocks that he's setting up are kind of just made by him to be roadblocks where you usually probably could come to this and say, hey, I got this counterfeit Zeta beam. Oh, yeah, we know about that. Where did it go? It goes here. And then we go off uh, throughout this whole issue. It's just him trying to figure out where they took Alice. By the end, he does find out, but in a crazier way than just tracking a Zeta beam. It is kind of tracking, but it's more of tracking of the mind. It's very odd, but this is where the Iranian scientist says, and it's another thing is where when Tom King's writing a book, nobody's safe, not even a computer, because this computer, Computo 3, was brought in to sort out info from one Zeta beam. And as Computo 1 is used to build stars, a 3 is beyond your understanding anyway, which is Goobly Gook's speech to say, Computo 3 is real awesome. It's an awesome computer. It does everything. I mean, it can play chess while making a turkey pot pie while also writing three scripts for the next three Fast and the Furious movies. 
It's that good, Superman. And what happened, though? Something that awesome ended up committing robot suicide because after two minutes of trying to sort that data from a Zeta beam, Computo self-destructed. And it, a digital autopsy, because, you know, you're not just going to check the heart. A digital autopsy, he says, revealed all of its code had been self-erased. It blew its own mind, and not in the way that John Lennon sung in A Day in the Life. It did it robot ways, and it, it, it erased everything but one line. I can't. Basically, it... It says everything that when Tanya comes to me and says, can you mow the lawn? I just really what I do is I reach inside and I grab my inner Computo 3 and say, I can't. Doesn't work for me. It worked for Computo 3, though. And this is just set up to have Superman say, listen, I don't need the talk of awesome robot. Is this awesome? Oh, is it? Is it awesome? Because awesome is really just a fat kid in a bunch of boxes. It's not real robot, but if it isn't, even so awesome. Uh, I'm more awesome. I'm the most awesome thing ever. I am Superman. Strap me in. I'm going in, baby. And they end up strapping him into the Zeta Beam interpretation device that really, if you're going to have this device, if you're going to have something where you physically can put a man or woman in, you're going to put human, alien, whoever, you're going to strap them in. Make it a little more comfortable. I mean, this is what this whole thing is set up to do is for you to enter and and computate the Zeta beam. Don't make it look like an Iron Maiden from medieval times. You know, make it a lounge chair that you can kind of you know, have somebody feeding you grapes while this is going on. I mean, really, I want to have a Julius Caesar set up for this. Not this crazy deal that looks worse than anything that a dentist would even do. And nobody likes going to the dentist. But he says, okay, this your mind's going to be blown by the Zeta beam. The way that these are, and given your limitations in this, you know, I know you're Superman, but you, you ain't no Zeta beam Superman. It's a mathematically certain thing that you will go insane and then you'll die. I want him to continue. Then you'll go insane when you're dead. Then you'll resurrect, but insane, then die again. I mean, he's really pushing this deal. The best is he's saying this, and you know that he loves all of this because he's not stopping. He, he's pressing buttons and, and revving the engines as this is going on. I just think he's one of those. He's like Willy Wonka when Willy Wonka is telling Augustus to stop. He, uh, stop, don't. Stop. Keep. Stop going. He's he's saying this. He doesn't mean it. And so you do end up then with him going in and says, you know, hey, Alice, she's waiting on me. I want this guy to I don't know who this Alice is. I just want to see your mind scramble like eggs is why I'm here. I'm here for the show. And you end up him clicking like goodbye, Superman. Click. And that's where you go in the Superman of the mind. It's not fully spelled out here of what it is, but it's obvious because of things happening on earth and things like that, that this is in the mind of Superman. And, and again, you know, it, it's Tom King as well. The mind of Tom King only works one way. So you have to start with what appears to possibly be that kid that ran up to Superman at the end of chapter one. Hey, where are you going? Never got an answer. Now he is on his roof with his Superman cape, his Superman shirt, and he's going to fly off. The, oh no. Now he's in a coma. 
He's in a coma, you know, because he loves Superman and he wanted to be Superman. This affects Superman in his mind here. Uh, Before that, though, we go to see Lois and Clark working at the Daily Planet. This also brings you the idea, okay, this is of the mind. This isn't really happening. It is the trope. Again, you want fan service trope. The fan service trope with Lois at the planet is that she can't spell. She's the worst speller. There is a good joke here where she says to Clark, hey, why don't they make a machine that, that corrects spelling? He's like, yeah, I think you're on that machine right now. They, they have plenty of these machines. Um, but I, I think that this is one of those things that if somebody would play with this, eventually Lois will discover that newfangled thing, uh, you know, of spell correct. You know, that's where it, it's new. I don't know that she is hip enough to get this, but I think it'd be something that would really upset Clark because this is one of their things together where he does end up, you know, spelling things with that. And and here's the deal, too. You want to have some kind of subtle but not so subtle political talk. What she needs to spell is corrupt politician impeach. You know, you would guess the idea. And I've seen Tom King's Twitter. He does kind of rail a little on Trump. I, I don't need that, but it's subtle enough. But when Lois asked how many M's are in impeach, I know she can't spell, but please, is she going to have her eyes rain next? I mean, really? Uh, so she gets a call and the call something happened. And it is this kid that jumped off of the roof dressed as Superman now in a coma. Superman sees this. And ends up getting upset again. Superman's upset, but this is of the mind he goes. He ends up punching Doomsday in the face as you get the background of this kid. You know, Kenny, Logan Kenny was seven years old. He loved football and books and his older sister, Amelia. He didn't have a lot of friends, but his father says he didn't mind that. He liked playing by himself, playing pretend. He was an avid reader, especially of fact books. You know, those special fact books that all the kids like nowadays he loved reading some strange fact and telling his family about it but more than anything he loves superheroes and it goes on as he's fighting and he loves superman the most now in this again a lot of people are telling me how much they like this issue and saying oh it's awesome because you get to see superman doing all these things you get to see him fight atomic skull then he's fighting doomsday that you know all these things going on are all art Because everything on top of that art is nonsense. Us finding out ad nauseum about this Logan Kinney really doesn't serve us anything except that we find out that his favorite superhero was Superman. Well, we saw that when he jumped off the building, uh, jumped off the top of his house, he had a Superman cape and a Superman shirt. I kind of guessed that his favorite hero was not firestorm that was just an inkling of that but i i kind of got that um so you're really pushing this fact of this kid now as i when i was a kid i ended up jumping off the roof of our garage where i lived while i was growing up because i thought i was peter pan and this was when i was about five or six and yeah i i didn't go into a coma I got a severe concussion, but back in those days, they just said, he got his bell rung, and I go along, Sonny, you know, and also with that, I broke my nose and lost two teeth. So yeah, it took a, you know, I got clobbered, I faceplant right on the deal. 
And uh, I don't know. I don't think Peter Pan quit being Peter Pan as far as I've heard. I've not got word that he quit because of this. But Superman now because of this thing. Now, in his mind, and again, this is of the mind. And where this is going, you go back to Computo 3, who was working in, the, you know, with the same data that ended up making him quit and saying, I can't erase himself. So whatever's going on in the Zeta Beam and counterfeit Zeta Beam, this, this all thing going on, it is really trying to push whoever gets in there to pretty much probably kill themselves or at least quit what's going on because you get this progression then. And it, you go now through these series of you know, panels and things. He goes to Wonder Woman, they're fighting a monster and like the whole deal. Hey, Wonder Woman, I'm quitting. I'm inspiring these people to do bad things. Wonder Woman's like, you know what? You do inspire things, but they love you for this. And if you leave, they're still going to do this stuff anyway. So you shouldn't quit. Then he goes. And now as he goes off to the fortress, he's hobo Superman. I wish you could see this more, but he's got this crazy beard suddenly. And he's in there and he's talking to the holographic image of Jarrell and at the statues in there. It's very classic looking. You even have, you know, again, these fan service moments. You have the big giant key that he must have used to get in there. You have an old, you know, Silver Age looking computer there. And, you know, basically Jarrell is saying, you know, 10 years away, I could, I could list their sufferings in that time, their devastation, the men and women you might have saved. But would you listen, Cal-El? And, you know, he's there, I always listen, Father. And then, you know, Cal-El is pretty much, again, he's saying, if you quit, you're going to die. And I, I, I like this little subtle thing of in the Zeta Beam machine of all this that is supposed to be trying to get you to quit, to get you to kill yourself, to give up. Superman still has these people in his life that inspire him. You know, even a Wonder Woman that went. You had Lois at the beginning. So you're not, you know, Computo 3 is just a, a robot. I mean, like I learned in Small Wonder back the TV show, it doesn't have a soul. Vicky did not have a soul. And Vicky wouldn't be, but Superman isn't a computer. So Superman in here is being inspired by the people of his life, even his dead parents, to kind of continue on, even at this point where he seems to still want to quit, but he's not quitting yet. And he says even to them, you know, if I if you help them, you die. If you don't help them, they die. It's very much like we've seen where he's punching all these bad guys as well. It's pretty much Mr. Incredible saying, you know, I need a maid. Every time I clean up the city, you know, they come back and destroy it again. And everybody wants me to do this. And so you are getting this little deal with a Superman that is He's got the strain on him for everything going on, all this. So he might give up. So he ends up then, which is funny to think. It looks like he's on top of maybe the Smallville house. Uh, and he's going to, or it could be this kid's house that uh, jumped off. They don't really spell it out. But he looks like he's going to jump to his death. But, but he's Superman. But he's there and he's like, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's, and then this girl comes up behind him and says, hey, are you going to jump? And he's like, yes. And she says, me too. But when I do, you will save me. Now, right away, there's a bell that dings. You know, you end up knowing that this is Alice. This is Alice in his mind, uh, and eventually becoming more and more real to the point where she does give him his first clue of where they've taken her. Uh, because really, he's not the world's greatest detective. He needs the kidnapped victim to pretty much point the way. Uh, but she's like, I'm going to jump too, but you'll save me, right? And he's like, I don't know if I can. 
And she's like, oh, that's good. I thought you were going to say I can't. And that's the big trigger where Superman's like, and he looks like he's an old guy who puts his glasses down so he can see. I'm like, you're getting old, Superman. But then all of a sudden you switch off and he's with the same girl. Again, pretty much push that it's Alice. They're feeding the pigeons in the park. And I just want to, as a PSA, don't ever feed the pigeons. They are rats with wings. You don't need that. This is why the pigeons won't leave anybody alone in New York because these people keep feeding them. But as they're doing this, She's just talking. She's like, we were on the way to the Botus Galaxy. We stopped at this museum to use the bathroom, the Space Museum. It was so scary. Now she's a little girl. I'm guessing there's something more to that that he'll figure out. And But she says right in the middle, they had a big exhibit on Krypton on the end of it. And this little baby who flew away. Uh, spoiler alert. That's Superman. And I don't know if it ends up not being a museum. If it's a museum, I might actually chuckle. But it seems like maybe they stopped somewhere that they were like somebody who's obsessed with killing Superman and has all this stuff. I don't know how it'll play out if it even does. But then I started thinking about that baby, about growing up somewhere else, not knowing anything, having to learn everything, a whole universe. And that was scary. No one could do that. They'd be stuck. And so this is this little girl who's been kidnapped and she is inspiring Superman in this weird way. And then she says, but I thought then, no, I wouldn't or it couldn't. That's all of us. We were all born into a strange land. We all have uh, to know a whole universe. And so now you're getting back to kids say the darndest things. And the baby in the rocket isn't different or scary. It's just us. It's me. And that's where Superman's like, by the way, what's your name? And then she's like, oh, yikes, Superman, I should have told you earlier, I'm Alice. And as the Alice, you have Superman waking up, ripping the cords out. He's waking up from the whole Thanagarian, uh, you know, machine, the, the are not Thanagarian, the Ronian machine that he's in the Zeta beam. And then he's just like, that's it, Zeta beam. It went to Botus Galaxy. And I went to scientists like, darn it, I wanted to see scrambled brains. I didn't get it. But he's like, I still don't understand. We've tried everything. How? And then the explanation of how Superman can get in this machine, which he even says they've tried everything and never been able to do this. Well, why do they have that machine then? Why do they have a machine that you can strap a humanoid and whatever you got? Why do they have that if they didn't? And you can't tell me that a computer ended up getting in that machine the way that they did. So, again, where is the reality based? I know this is a comic book. I know comic books aren't based on our reality. I'm well aware of that. But there has to be a reality within the comic that makes some sense. And every time this happens, it's just after a moment is done, it's just pushed aside. And Superman, though, with this explanation of how this is possible, and, and, you know, it's going to get real deep, too. This is going to blow your mind. This is one of these explanations that is so clever and so, you know, it's it's mind-blowing. He says, just luck, really, circumstance. Oh, great. That, that's what you get. I want this guy to look at him and be like, go to hell. You know, basically something that I've spent my entire life trying to figure out and do. You have just done it. And I just want a little bit of information. Maybe this could end up where we can get rid of the counterfeit Zeta beams now. Nobody else will ever be kidnapped. Superman says, just luck, really, and circumstance. And I want this scientist, the Iranian scientist, to go over the computer and start typing in the computers. Like, and it's more of a robotic thing because they're, they're advanced. So it's, what do you need me to program in? 
uh, well, first put in a pinch of luck and then two cups of circumstance. That does not compute. Damn you, Superman, you got me again. So, yeah, you end up with Superman. And it's one of those. It's very similar to that end of the first chapter. This guy wants information. Superman just flies away. It's like, you jerk. And he says, I was like anyone would be. I was stuck. Some other day, though, I might have stayed that way. But right now, I don't have time for that. Someone's waiting on me. What do you need to program again? Uh, Can you program somebody's waiting for me? Will that work? No. Damn you, Superman. But that's the end of the first issue in two parts. Um, I saw a lot of people saying that this was incredible. And and you do have some people. I I don't know if everybody's aware of this, but uh, there are some people that are down on Tom King and down on his Batman. So when this was announced, people were in two camps pretty much saying, oh, right. Maybe Tom King can put the doldrums aside because Superman isn't a depressed guy. He's a guy of hope and a guy, you know, you can have a lot of fun with Superman. And since these are kind of geared towards younger readers and things, maybe Tom King can put aside these misery, dark stories and have a real fun story and, and prove to a lot of us out there that he can do that, that he can write a story that's not based on murder. It's not based on misery and people being depressed and not being what they want to be and things like that and and have some fun. Now, other people are like, oh, man, I'll read anything Tom King does. He has uh, very loyal fans. Uh, I obviously, if you know me, I'm in the former group where I said, all right, I want to see what he can do with Superman. I want to see if he can have some fun. He's writing this Batman that's getting Eisner's and acclaim. And it's it's done in a very particular way and, and in a way that's driving some people nuts. But it's this dark, misery, Batman can't be happy type of story. And so you would think that he would want to expand and say, okay, I can do this story with Batman. But look, I can do the opposite as well. Or I can do something different with Superman This seems very similar. It's very similar based on death and misery and things like that. Yes, you still have Superman fighting his way through this to go and save this girl. But even so, you have page after page of him saying, well, I don't know if I want to go. If I go, a lot of things will happen here. I better go talk to Pa. He better talk to me. All right. I'm going to go to Ron. Then I, I finally convince myself. And, and then when I'm in Ron, I hook up to my, a machine that recently a robot committed suicide. I'm going to go in here. Oh, no. In my mind, I see a kid jumping off. Now he's in a coma. I'm feeding pigeons. Everybody knows they're rats with wings, stuff like that. And yeah, it feels very similar. And It's got to get to the point where people will really want Tom King to give him something different. He's got to get past this one phase of his storytelling. And it seems to me that he's playing this safe by going with that. I really would have liked a more fun book where he shows that he can just have fun and and tell a story that way. But that's me. But overall, I'm still fairly positive on this. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. All right, we're back, Eric, and we're going to finish up the podcast with one book, Me and You Against the World, Female Furies number six, written by Cecil Castellucci, who will be jumping on Batgirl next issue. And I did see she was saying like, hey, everybody, you know, I'm going to be on Batgirl. Give me a chance. It seemed like she's already maybe getting a little worried that people were upset Marguerite Scott was leaving. And then Marguerite Scott was nice and got on. 
well, and Marguerite Scott got on and, you know, said, yeah, give it a shot. It's going to be really good. And I'm like, you are yeah. a class act, Marguerite. Female Furies, art by Adriana Mello, uh, Hi-Fi, and Sal Cipriano. And when I hey. see Adriana Mello, I think of Mellow Yellow, one of my least favorite knockoff sodas of all time. I'm not a Mellow Yellow fan. Is that I a think that in soda? my mind, well, it kind of is. It, it's Mountain Dew. And and but it's Mountain Dew, and in my mind, it feels or tastes like it's flat all the time when I drink. <laughs> Listen, I I don't mind like an RC cola. I don't mind slumming it a bit in the soda world, but I don't like the mellow yellow. Yeah, it's, you know, according to them, it is. It's certainly not the king of cola. Royal and, and with Crown, that, cola. you know, I think that I'm fancy drinking Royal Crown. You're over there. Why don't you you and your Fago? That's what you drink. You freaking. Is juggalo. it? Yeah, juggalo, <laughs> jerk off. Female what what else did I eat and end. drink 20 years ago? Oh, with that, I uh, also, what you're going to eat now is my fist, is what <gasps> you're going to do. Extra oh knuckles. My. Female Furies comes to an end and maybe taste a little blood coming out your nose. You Goodness. want that? A little, a little wash down the knuckles with that nose blood of yours, possibly. I I'll do what they did to Zach and the pills. Marines. I'll spit on your face. That's the you thing. Do. You can come over tonight, Eric. I'm on the pill. Female Furies comes to an end, and after five uneven issues, this one is just par for the course. If you like that, that's a golf reference, not a Frisbee golf reference, manship. If you like the series, you probably didn't. Uh, you, you probably like this. If you didn't, you're not oh, going to yeah. love it. It's one of those. I don't know what I, I wrote. <laughs> if you like the series, Take that, you manship. probably did love, didn't the ending. I'm telling you, Dang. they were kicking in then. I was up and down with the series as a whole and thought this finale felt like a spoof of an after-school special. And here's my big, you know, this is my big statement, Eric. And I, I do think that there's a possibility oh, shit, take a seat. that maybe you can pick me up as Ralphie and walk me around while I celebrate. I'm going to say this. You know, I am tired of worrying that my criticism of this book will somehow reflect on the type of person I am. And so I can honestly say this series looked good, About was time. not well written. And yes, indeed, I'm a piece of shit is what I'm going to tell you. There you go. I, I know that I'm a piece well, of shit. But piece I, of shit. I don't like this book, but it's not because <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. I don't like this so. book you, now. That's it's fine. Not you good. don't have to still be a piece of shit. No, I'm saying this is what you see online. People will basically tell you if you don't like this book, it's because you think that women should be subjugated. Well, those people are stupid. Yeah, that's not how it goes here. I mean, you can end up, you know, you can make me a a shit pie and say that you're selling it to support the Girl Scouts because I don't eat your shit pie doesn't mean I don't like the Girl Scouts. I don't like your shit pie. And really, stop making shit pies. They hassle me too many times. They do, though. I, I was going to tell these girls the other day. On the street looking for my these money. People, these people – no, that, that's your, your realtor. The, the oh. idea that you end realtor. up going off – yeah, I couldn't think of landlord. Landlord. <laughs> really. As you go, we, we see these people outside of Walmart. And I, it's like I to just, imagine you the, bought your house like 20 years ago. Your realtor's still heckling you about getting some money. That's right, heckling me. Tanya came downstairs and she's like, they sold our mortgage to some other company. I'm going to have to do this. I'm like, that is not a gym problem. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, when they, the girls are out, the Girl Scouts are outside of the Walmart and they, they set up their table and they got their yeah, little yeah. cupcakes the that they do. made that they're like, hey, so buy this cupcake that you could buy for two cents, but give us five bucks. I'm like, no, no, no. 
I'm not going that way. But the thing is, I want to stop them. Good prices here, lady. I want to stop them and tell them, listen, you do not set up that table on the side of where people go in. Don't set it up at the entrance. Nobody is going to give you money before they shop. Get on the other side, girls. Pretty Before they shop, you ain't getting after I shop. That is basic begging 101. Get over to the other side. You got to get them on the exit. And then when Jimmy Werner goes out and says, oh, they're there, I just go out the entrance and get the hell out of there. Eric. I make no eye contact to get the hell out of there. So do I. I, I like also there's the one I'm, I'm sitting there. I go in and I'll read the signs as I'm going. I won't eye yeah. contact, but I see this one. It's like, uh, you know, Quakertown High School Travel Club. Please help us pay for our trip to France. I'm like, you fucking assholes. Really? I never went to France. Why are you giving me money to go? I'm going to fund you to a travel club. The hell is that? Really angry. You want to join a travel club, Jim? No, I was yeah, on a traveling either. club and a bunch of sports, but I didn't get to go to France. I don't even know where that is. Isn't that in Canada? Because the team sucked. Yeah, well, I don't know why we would go to France. Maybe the soccer team. You know, I international don't think we're, I don't think we're playing why the, the international baseball tournament in, in Paris because they play baseball. We're not going to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> like baseball. Ah, uh, yes. Here it is. We're at that the birthing center. That was the movie center. that nobody got to see. Bad News Bears in France. This is funny, too. We're at the birthing center in the lowly sector it starts out with. And this week, Cecil Katsalucci ended up having a bunch of tweets and, and explaining the concept of this book. And a lot of people did say in the Slack... Uh, I wish that, you know, she would have said this beforehand because when the the series was going to come out, she explained what it was going to be about and when she pitched the idea. And it pretty much had a Handmaid's Tale concept to it, which we finally get in this first deal with the birthing center and stuff like that. It's more of a Me Too movement thing than a full out Handmaid's Tale. But this ended up being more of a Handmaid's Tale type of thing. Well. It's. I thought it was about people who like scrub floors and things. I, I was very mistaken. Uh, but Tanya explained it to me. But yeah, you you end up having it where the Furies go down into the birthing center, Eric, and they're also Get with the other the women lowlies, the lowlies, and saying, "Come on, girls, we're doing it. We're fighting back. We're sticking Fuck it to you. the man." And it's so great. It's like we're we're sticking it to the man, and we don't mean that as just a phrase. We're really sticking it to the man. We're gonna do it. Let's go. We're hey, the girls, Furies. You, who's you got fall the behind. Ready for it? What anybody would put a speech bill and, up and over yeah, here? Yeah, really. I, I would love the idea that they're like, "Listen, we hate you so much." I hope you realize the three tomatoes that we throw at you right now are That's our dinner have for the next six <laughs> months. We are throwing – yeah, we might end up making it into spaghetti sauce. We don't got the spaghettis, so we're just going to have the sauce. But we're going to throw them at you. This here, right at this point, you have the first three pages, I would say, and the credits page, so about four pages. I actually don't mind. I love this idea where I think a lot of the things were forced in this book. I, I'm not going to yeah. you know, pretend that they weren't. I love the idea, though. But uh, yeah, later, though, because this part, I think, is really on the nose of the idea where it goes beyond the concept to me. And now it's getting to the point where things are being thought out. It's kind of pushing it towards more of an apocalypse thing than just a I want to have Handmaid's Tale meet the Me Too movement, things like that, because they think that they're the be all end all of the strong women on, you know, apocalypse. So when they they end up deciding. 
yeah, they end up deciding we're going to stick it to the man. They think that's number one, their decision. And they think, oh, everybody, they admire us. You know, we're way up there and they're these lowlies. They have to think we're the greatest thing I ever. Hate you all. They hate them so much. You, you they and go your privileges down. trying to and tell even us the to get idea, rid of ours. I, I love it where, you know, there's Barda who is the character that we do all love. I mean, not many people hate Barda. So she's there and she's giving this rousing speech. Women of apocalypse, lend me your ear. The death of Willick was justice, but more than justice. We must change. Apart, we are held back from our true potential. United, we're unstoppable. Let's go, ladies. And she's screaming this. And they have their fists. This one lady looks like she's about to. I actually do the like the progression here, where they are all yeah. looking at her as she begins the speech. But then they all start coming, like you know, looking at each other, yeah. just thinking. And then the they start passing the fruit towards. The fruit That's the best thing. They're passing the fruit up, and they hit her. And this is such. I can't really. This is such a light bulb moment for the Furies. Of wait a second, we, we thought that we were your, you know, your idols. We thought we were the icon of strong women on the planet. And you basically hate us as much as we hate the men because we're pretty much them as well to you. They, they haven't done anything to help the lowlies. Look, look at these ladies. They're there. They, they only have tomatoes. They, they don't even have eggs to throw while they go. And, and this really is something that's upset them at the amateur comedy night. Open mic night is not great down there with the lowlies. They just throw the tomatoes. But I love the idea that they, uh, you know, you get this really not wow moment but like i said a light bulb moment of i man i thought moment. that yeah 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 i thought that this these fight ladies is more than just for the furies us. it's for all of yeah. them yeah and and even though the furies think that they are pure of heart for this and have everybody in mind now they realize that they're kind of looked at as piece of shit Uh-oh. too and if this was the second issue where the you know the whole thing just starts with uh you know RLI dying and then that's the furies that's enough we're going to go with this because really a lot of the other issues it was just the same thing over and over i mean how many times now do we have to see that will it gets fancy yeah so if you would have started one issue and then this was the second issue and we went with the idea that the furies now realize that they have to kind of you know think things more globally and try to work they this think out they have a things. bad but I think it people who better. have it worse who hate yeah, they them have for a little bit that they have achieved. Say, yeah, they say, well, what do you know? You're up there. You, you get all these things. I mean, even with that, I think it's played out really well with Adriana Mello doing the art here, Is that, and especially the colors. I, it's more of a color thing of hi-fi, where there's Barta just talking, and look at that fancy outfit she's got on. She's got her chain mail. It's blue and red and gold. She's got a golden helmet. She even looks like a pharaoh. And these ladies... The rest of the women are dressed like Lex Luthor. Yeah. in shower curtains but also it's grayed (laughs) out it's grayed out to a way that makes it really press the issue that the furies are like you're fancy we're not fancy and I like it too that they just they just run because I'm telling you if Stampa got mad enough Oh, Stompa, they would have fought the, back. Break, yeah, I know. Scum. I'm telling you, they stopped. Stompa would have gotten them all. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where they're like, oh my God, we're not as, you know, accepted. And this fight, we think we're fighting it for them, but they don't really want us. But then it's just kind of dropped. But we do get the best part. But it, again, something that is, it's the last issue. So we can't go with it. 
if this was the second or third issue, oh my, the fun that we would have had with Barthlow would have been the best thing. He is wrong turn. This, this guy looks great. like a Garth Ennis created character from Preacher for how inbred he oh, looks. But he, he also oh looks like he's goodness. he's a, a wooden dummy for Glorious Godfrey yeah. here too for the yeah, way he's standing. That's pretty, yeah, really. And so that's Granny and you Granny's can't see Godfrey's doing, other hand. Granny's doing, and this is where I'm telling you, it seems like a parody of an after-school special. This is where Granny's doing any sort of show that you'll have, you know, going all the way back to the Honeymooners had an episode like this where Ralph thought that he was getting the raise. So he was bragging, and he walks in oh, the yeah. day that it's going to be announced. Uh, he's Classic walking episode. tall, you know, telling everybody that he's taking like him out that episode. night. Yeah, yeah, and it ends up not being him. And even to the point where it's a joke that it's not him. This has happened in many, many sitcoms. So it happens here. Granny really is out of touch in, in this issue, especially where I think that Granny, even though, you know, all the men hate her, she still has, you know, ears around and things like that, that it, she doesn't have any idea. I just hit my mic and hurt my hand. And she comes Good. walking in open Good. arms. I'm here. I'm so honored to be given this job. Well, Granny, you have been sh- shut down every this step of the way in this book. My nephew. And so, Let me take yeah. orders from him now. Yeah, he's what now. What a great job, yours. man. Can you dig it? <laughs> man, can you dig it? And I love the idea that this must be Cecil Castellucci's idea of what a moron douchebag guy would say. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, so what a great like, job, man. man. Can you dig it? Um, can you dig it? What are we wrestling here? Can what are you, you gonna do? Dig it? Yeah, yeah, really. What are you gonna do? The spinorama or anything? So you're there, and he's. She's like this buffoon. You know he can't be this. I'm well above him. I should get this. And you know you have uh, Godfrey's like no, no, no. Don't you know? Oh my, the no. Furies who have screwed you, and it's like again the sweet talking guy saying that it's always the woman's fault. Now this is what I'm telling you. Up until this point, I'm laughing. Maybe it's not supposed to be, <laughs> but I am. Can you dig it? I need more dialogue, though. I need to because that isn't the, you know, crazy, slow dialogue that I needed. I needed them and to sit there. And then we have like, a new book entitled The Special Sons with yes, Jelly Bean and Barthlow. Spe- that'd be awesome. I-, I need him when Granny comes in. What's wrong with her hairs? Like something weird, but he ends up he's, he's going to be in charge. She's mad. She purdy. I got the mind mind movies going to make my eyes rain. And so you're <laughs> going there, and then you go off to the fire pit bar. And now you are going to go through at least six pages that mean nothing, nothing at all. Going only back to get to beautiful, beautiful dreamer, dreamer to have this out thing. That's I'm only you, that there thing to get her to back. Go back to this whole thing to say, oh, we need to do this. I can't help you. I guess we can't do this. And I'm like, why did we even bother yeah. with this whole subplot of going back and to beautiful even dreamer? Even them at the not bar. Important to change people's minds, but before she no. was, not now though. Yeah, while they're at the bar, even it's just. This dialogue that it, it goes nowhere, it does nothing. It gets to the point where these guys are over on the side laughing. The one looks like Lex Luthor, uh, but they're laughing it up. And like, oh man, I want to punch them. Leave them be. Scott clued me into what goes on the minds of that lot. It, it looks like they're just telling jokes. I mean, these these guys are just Locker workers. Room talk. They're there. They're laughing, you know. And that's where I think it is. It's supposed to be. Yeah, the, me too. The, but it's not like they're even paying attention to them or sneering no. at them. I mean, the one guy said, man, did you just see that last issue of Handmaid's Tale? And they're just laughing it up. They, they think issue. it's a comedy. 
Yeah, I don't know. The episodes. Like, Did you see that movie Puppet Master? And the one guy's the guy's really Puppet Master? Who watches that shit? And then How they're laughing. You. It's just a fun laugh. But yeah, they end up deciding the only way that we that. can change this is to go and and get beautiful dreamers. So what we're going to do is we're going to fall asleep and dream and then we'll we're find, gonna find her, her in the hall of and, the old gods with the source yeah. energy and we'll become dream warriors. Dream warriors. I'm there with my kid that doesn't exist. There's my part Just of dream the warriors. This entire time when they go to find beautiful dreamer and Bardis is holding on to this newborn yeah. baby. I'm like, this isn't a real dream. This? this is a nightmare. I'm smashing through the window with my newborn kid. There's the dream warrior. She's going in. I just wonder why they have to have the, you know, the kid there. It's just another you, dream you know, callback. Yeah. If the dream warriors go to fight Freddy and Freddy says, no, I'm not really feeling it today. Yeah. The end. Hey, uh, Freddy, we came in here to fight you. Uh, actually, it would be like one of those. It's a new Freddy versus Jason. And Jason is just wrecking house. And they're like, the only yes, way we does. can fix this is to get into the dreams and get Freddy to help us. And they go and he's like, not today, bitch. That's all he says. He's always saying bitch. He's not appropriate, Freddy. Game over, bitch, is what he says to them. And then they leave. But yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, the whole deal. I, I can't help you. You got to do that stuff in the real world. Oh, man. Huh. Where's Puck? Do, do I have to do confessionals in the real world? <laughs> so they have to go do that. And yeah, and, and it's not even one of those where Barda's in there and like really like, hey, I really love this this dream world with my son. What a beautiful mm. dream. It is. It, it almost is even a that, dreamer this beautiful, pa- Eric, we if, have if these you know what I mean. of this plan that doesn't work, that's all a dream, only to wake up and go and find out the grannies <laughs> replaced them with new furies, yeah. which they didn't have to fight until they realized, hey, it turns out that granny's not for us either. Let's all yeah. work together for no reason. I love, I love the idea, too. It's like, hey, uh, granny, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get this position because, boy, those furies, they really disappointed you. They're really a shameful bunch of uh, girls with that. And, and Granny Look how should quickly say, these new Furies switch sides. Yeah, so I'm telling you, Granny, years years. Granny should be like, you know what? I think I might shut down this Fury project. I, and, and really, in my mind, what Granny should do is like, okay, because she's still one of the advisors. She's not as high up as she wants to be or, or deserves to be. Um, but she's still right. At some point, she goes off to the, you know, the nursery, you know, that whole yeah. thing. And, and But even with that, wouldn't you say to yourself, well, these Furies, they've been a real pain into my ass for a while i don't think i need furies anymore they're causing me a lot of trouble no no she just recruits a new team you know the the a team now they got the b team and yeah these girls are not as committed they they really and and also with the idea of granny there hearing you know barda and lashina all them saying listen don't trust granny she's gonna treat you like crap she always does and granny's like yeah Hold my beer and start screaming at them right away. She's not even giving them the opportunity to even like her and to stick. But what when they go back, though, one of the other things it, that I love is that suddenly there's a curfew for the ladies. And if you're going to have a curfew for the ladies on Apocalypse here, show me that. Show me the repercussions of this where the lowlies are now even more mad or show me how. This doesn't work out. Show me that Bart at least says, oh, no, this is going to affect the lowly so much. We screw them again. No, she ends up saying, 
we're going to use this to our advantage, girls. I don't even know what that <laughs> means at one point. Like, we're going to use this uh, curfew. But why? It just doesn't do anything. Because with the curfew, you have drones going around, and, and it's being announced over the loudspeakers. You Granny just punches curfew. loudspeakers. She punches <laughs> the, the loudspeaker control panel. Not on my watch, buddy. And then the, the Furies are fighting while these drones are coming. You must go inside. Curfew. Curfew. And it does exterminate. It doesn't do anything. It does nothing except let them kind of team up against something else. But it's so ridiculous at the last issue in the last five pages, you're going to introduce a new team of furies and think that we're going to think that they mean anything. And then it, Granny's going to turn on you. She turns on him three panels later, even before that, like, don't listen to Dark Side. And then they're like, oh, man, I thought we served Dark Side. You sound like you're treason. I love to where, where you have Granny walking around, too. And she is badass. She's punching glass without looking. That's one of my badass moves. You know, she's and it, it ends up being a fire hose that she's getting so that she can shoot at the drones, but then it appears to be electric. I, I don't know. I'm these telling you, drones right now, need to be a little more thing, waterproof. I was trying to figure out this one thing with these new female Furies that have replaced our team. I'm like, oh my god, I think the one with Sweet Lilani that we had in the OMAC New 52 that uh, Dan DiDio created. I oh, think yeah? that was the one caveat of freaking Cecil Kessel yeah. doing this female. You gotta do that one no, female Fury that I created. Thing. There are some things in here that she does point out that there was one issue with Lorelai that we didn't know was in it. And this takes place like between these two issues. She came out and said all this stuff and it, it seemed really neat. It's just that this writing is not good. And, no, and not. here is another – people have to go and when they announce these books, when they get hired, there has to be a separate editor. And this editor is called uh, – I'll give him a crazy name. He's called – Explain to these writers really how many issues they have, because because it seems like all of these people are shocked when it comes to the end. This was not an ongoing that was stopped. This is a six issue mini. You get to the end. and Oh, my God, I got to finish this. I better rush to the end. And that's what happens all the time with these. We ended up Adventures of Super Sons this week. Seems like Tomasi never was told that was 12 issues <laughs> until it was issue 11, where they said, you know what? So I'm going to offer my assistance. And basically, I will go and I'll say, you know, you get hired and you have a 12 issue maxi series for right. uh, Firestorm. It's going to be a Firestorm deal. And I'm, I get to go, and I'm I'm the first one. I'm like, hey, congratulations! Here, let me shake your hand. You're gonna make get me you use a little more uncomfortable than you are. Yeah. And uh, no, I'm not. And listen, hey, I'm not here for continuity. I'm not here for stories. What I'm telling you is, this is twelve issues, and you'll go, okay. yeah, I, I know that. No, 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 twelve issues. Do you understand what asshole. I'm saying? And I'm saying, hey, um, you know, what's your standard way uh, of writing? Do you do you like the six panel page? I mean, I know that this is kind of just thrown out there. You're like, well, I actually like the the four panel, possibly six. Go back and forth. Okay, let me average that out. We're gonna go five panel. All right, I got okay. This is how many panels you have as well. I'm gonna spell this come twelve, and then I'm gonna make you count to twelve frontwards and backwards, and then touch your nose, and then I'll be satisfied whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's the that possibly here? you know what's going on. 
It's just you, art and writer here. You're full out. But yeah, so we go on because this just seems like a rush. Uh, But yeah, you go off and the Furies, now they're joining up. Granny just, whoo, she scrams. They're like, eh, don't worry about her. My plan C that I had with the lump, and I'm going to use the lump to attack Darkseid. It's like, you know, finally have lump do something, which really is nothing in the long run. And Tigra, you know, she's kind of – and this is where I said, what, what's up with that box on the bottom here? It, there is a box that looks like it's supposed to be something there, and it's just there. It's very odd. It's just thrown in there. Uh, yeah, you, you end up with Tigra or Tigra, wherever you want to pronounce I it. I say Tigra. Uh, you know, they are having the tug of war. It's like Battle of the Network Stars, Chachi, possibly versus, I don't know, Captain Stooping there. <laughs> uh, and Granny ends up punch Chachi will win that. Uh, you have Granny right. then punching Tigra going off, but then you go to the lowly sector, and now we're going to have the the Fury show up again, and now they're going to demand that we're going to have a you know we're going to have a standoff, we're going to have a strike, and and you see they're dressing a little less fancy. They go down and basically, hey. Everybody and and really to me it's the Ten Commandments of now the women of Apocalypse where they're going through lie with no man then bring no food to any table let Tell no information flow they're just yelling at these women who are chained up and made to do this now I really want to see now things go crazy on apocalypse but at this point they're pretty much probably signing the death warrants to at least 90 percent of these women and unfortunately the way it goes yeah it's great to make a stand and all that that's what this book is about but yeah they're they're in big trouble and it's no, seen that all they the just, take off the, the furies just end up leaving anyway <laughs> but yeah then everybody's happy and like ha, ha, oh man you guys are great you know and you have you end up having lashina like hey in, a, in an old continuity uh you know a past life i know that there's these protocols to save apocalypse all right let's go bart is having fun the She's yelling grid and screaming. has not been working yeah and this is where the planet is falling apart they have a gravity Once grid dark that side they know leaves, of that is dark side it. is yeah, apocalypse dark side yeah and dark side needs to uh get the hell out at this one point but i love it too they're about to blast off you know they're pretty much there they're abandoning hoth Right now, they got to get out, Eric. So they're banging on all these prison doors. You see the women seem to be imprisoned, possibly. You know, unless you're working, you're in this room. And they're banging on the doors. Hey, ladies, come on. The escape ships are going. Ladies, we need you. We need the cooks and the nurses. Let's go. And as they're doing this, Barda jumps up in the building and peeps through the window and yells, Stand your ground, women! And up until this point, though, we still are left to believe that nobody likes them. We never yeah. had, you know, they, they, this is just forced on there. Now they're listening. These women well, be like, they had the, they the, hell the hell off of this The cover of night after that curfew, it's like, lie with no man. This really got everybody on the bandwagon. Yeah. Oh, Bring this got no it all. food like, to any man, table. They're, they're know, singing my, my tune now. Why would they listen to them now when they weren't listening before? And yeah, hey. Stand your ground, ladies, yelling in the window. <laughs> what the guy, who's that? Uh, but then every, all the men are running and they're like, where are the women? Now, why won't they leave with us? Forget them. Save yourself. And then it's just like, all right, we're all free. We're done. And, and then you, you still have Granny with Lomp. You have all that going on with Dark Side. Dark Side's fighting, you know, Lomp and things like that. But then it ends up with Dark Side just like, I'm going to get the heck out of here. Oh, now, boom, too. Uh, yeah, and even that, they're like, they're fighting, you know, Lump's going after Darkseid, and then just, Darkseid's just like, we're not finished, Granny, boom, Dark going, Side and then Granny, leaving. no, yeah, 
Yeah, really. He's like, no, Granny's like, no, we almost had him. And then that's where Tigger's like, oh, we have to go. We can conquer him tomorrow. His biggest secret is he's a coward, Eric. That's my final answer. I think his biggest secret is he, he can kick some ass and he's an asshole is what his deal. But yeah, they have everything. All the men are gone. The gravity thing is up. They got, Bart has gotten everybody into safe places. They're all great. Now you have together united. We, the women of new apocalypse will thrive. Well, what happened with these people who were throwing the tomatoes yesterday? They're and not, now they're all They're not happy. freaking, you know, in the birthing center anymore. They're oh yeah, happy. that's fine they now. Privileges. That's fine. I want to know where you're saying this. What does happen when these women do give birth and they're boys? Are we going to have some uh, Themyscira nonsense that we had before where they were throwing them off a cliff? Yeah, we can have uh, boys I want to see what fine. happens. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they're all like, uh, you know, and then you have the whole thing. Bart is not there, but you, you end up having this big celebration and the Fury standing there, you know, in their hero pose and talking about the idea of we control Apocalypse now. The ladies These terrible, have won. terrible monsters. Dark side will probably their be hero back. Pose. Well, yeah, we'll have to fight them later. And then the best line ever, because they're they're celebrating. But Cecil Castellucci has to remind us that she didn't forget. You know, the person who started the war, Eric, where she says you have uh, Lashina go in the end, except for Arali, we all got what we wanted. I got everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's oh, kind of Arlai, a downer. No. <laughs> now you made me think of her. Now I'm sad. And then a new way of life that we can all fight for. And I want people to be there. And you have the lowlies, you have the furies and like, all right, now. I understand this thing. These men, they were kind of pieces of crap, but some of them weren't. And, you know, my husband, he kind of was nice to me a little. He's gone. So what am I going to do with having a man? No man allowed. All right, let's go. Hey, where's Barda? Oh, she's with Scott. Oh, uh, okay. So she gets a man. I get it, you jerks. And then you just, I wish Barda was here to see this with us. And she's just there. Kissing Scott, just laying around. And then it says the end. I'm like, please, please. Uh, I got some goofs out of it. I actually giggled to myself while I was reading some of this. But this isn't a book that's Barthlow. supposed to make you giggle. Yeah, Barthlow is good. But even some of the things that happen with it and, you know, the, just this forced ending. Just we got to go to the beautiful dreamer deal and dream of a new world. I can't do that. All right. All That's right. a bummer, but at least I got some sleep. I mean, I really wanted to take a nap anyway, and I got to visit my son. And really, it's the best dream son ever. I don't have to do shit. And and if this is the dream world of Mr. Miracle, I really don't because I just keep sending Scott out on errands while I sit around. So this is the best. But yeah, that's the end. That's the end. What would you give this? I would end up giving this a 5 out of 10, even though I really enjoy the art. It's just this finale was just really forced to get it to where it needed to go. And by the end, I'm yeah. like... This whole message before story thing really worked against this book because that's all I yeah. had to go for. And when I actually had to tell a story, it didn't have anything there. No, no. And and it's it spent too much time trying to push the message and forgetting to write a convincing story with, you know, characters that I can get behind. They just end it. But that's why I said that beginning where they end up and learning that lesson that maybe, you know, they're not as great as they thought. Not everybody is on board with them. I thought that that was some of the best character work and some of the best story work in this whole series. But then you turn the page and that's all forgotten later. That never comes up again. That never ends up. You didn't even have the hokey thing where, and and you did have it actually in this issue where, 
you know, one of the Furies saves a lowly and they're like, oh, man, we threw tomatoes at you. Why would you save us? We did have that. That was the convincing moment with the Furies versus the, the old Furies, what you did have. And it was like, ladies first, baby. You know, didn't you hear that Queen Latifah joint? That's the thing. Ladies first. And they go with that. And by the end, like I said, I don't want it to seem like this is a book that I hate because I think that women shouldn't be this or that. It's not the case. I I agree with the message wholeheartedly. I just don't think it was played out as a comic book story very well. And that's just the be all end all in my mind of I'm rating a comic book, not a message. So I'm going to give it a five as well. Uh, And it could be any variety that you choose because I do like the art, though. So it's probably just normal five what is your book of the week my book of the week is justice league yeah my book of the week is actually i believe a tie between justice league and batgirl i think i gave the justice league an eight or an eight five but it's about the same deal but i really like batgirl this week i like that finale and i'm gonna i'm sad that marguerite scott's off the book so and we'll have cecil castellucci i'm gonna give her a chance you know, this, this whole deal with, well, this whole deal with female furies, it, that was like her little thing that she came with a, like you said, an idea and a message. Uh, she's just going on a Batgirl. That's that's a book that maybe she'll just go with the flow with Batgirl. And I, I like strong women characters. So I know that that's something that's a joke oh, yeah. that I don't like. Uh, but I do like Batgirl. It's one of my favorites. So I hope that it's good. But next week, we're going to talk about all these books that I'm going to now mention, except two of them will be on the Patreon-only spotlight. And if you want to get involved with that, go over to Patreon, sign up, patreon.com slash weirdscience, reminding everybody that at the end of the month, we have another annuals month in July. So we will have Patreon a exclusive show. the Patreon exclusive show that ends up having some bigger books. Again, it seems like there are kind of backloading some of these, uh, especially like The Last Night on Earth, I know, comes out and that's pretty cool. But next week we have Batman and the Outsiders number three. We have Batman number 74. Maybe we'll find out how Thomas Wayne came back from the Flashpoint universe, Eric. Maybe we will. No, Catwoman no, number 13. We'll never find out. I know. Yeah, Detective Comics number 1007. Event Leviathan number two. It's funny because Batman and the Outsiders, I was going to say, seems like forever since we talked about that. Event Leviathan, I swear to God, we had a podcast of that last week, if not this morning. Hawkman number 14. Uh, maybe Justice League Odyssey number 11. We'll see what's going on with that. We have the ending of Naomi, Naomi number six. Red Hood Outlaw number 36. I will say that I'm looking at the review copies and finally DC is on the trolley and naming their PDF Red Hood Outlaw number 36. Supergirl number 32. Superman number 13. Flash number 74. Wonder Twins number six. And that was extended to 12 for some people. Not this podcast. We will we will be finishing up if we even get to that. Wonder Woman number 74 as well. And Young Justice number seven. So that's continuing on. And it was just announced. I don't know if you saw. Brian Michael Bendis has said that Naomi will be joining the book at number 10. I actually thought yeah. she was going to be joining earlier than that. But yeah, there you go. That's the podcast. I do want to mention that I have started uh, kind of putting our... YouTube channel together with some videos. I've made two video reviews. They're actually 
reviews from the podcast condensed and added some cutaways and pictures and things like that. But if you want to go and check out our YouTube channel and subscribe it as Weird Science DC Comics, I think that every couple weeks or maybe once a week, I'll have to see how the time permitting, I probably will try to put up a video exclusive review that I just do on my own as well. Some of these, I, I think that I'm, I'm going to do the Tom King Superman book as one this week. Up, so up some things that wouldn't be some things that wouldn't be on the podcast in any way, but I can put them on the YouTube channel. Uh, so there's some exclusive stuff on there as well. But also we have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. All that jazz. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And that is it. That is it. You're off to a wedding. I, I hope you enjoy yourself. You get a suit. Are you wearing, not. you know, your khaki pants and a button up? Is that that's I the am wearing Shea a button and a, and a nice, you know, they're not khaki pants, but a nice formal pair of pants because my okay. brother's getting married in one of the hottest months of the year. I'm not wearing a jacket and a suit and tie. Yeah. You had all these plans you wanted to get in shape because you were afraid of being the ugliest brother and the most yep. out of shape, and then you didn't yep. do it. Huh? You Things did not work lazy. out for me at all. No, they did not. But uh, it worked out for us tonight, me and you getting together. Uh, we're there. Is that your final answer? What do we say at the end of this podcast? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird, weird. and we'll see weird. you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!